All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard and um, back from Florida. So uh, we should be, uh, we're starting late tonight. Uh, but So we'll do like the full Tuesday stream with the clip show next Tuesday. Uh, but as far as the rest of the week, actually it'll be a little different. We'll do a normal Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, tomorrow I will cover the Trump interview with... Um, Tucker Carlson and the Republican debate, right? That's tomorrow, right? Wednesday. Today's Tuesday. I believe I'm correct. So yeah, we'll be doing that. So we'll probably go this week. It'll be Tuesday. Uh, well, now regular stream, uh, and then Wednesday debate coverage, and then Thursday regular stream, then Saturday regular stream. Probably do a stream on Sunday. So we're pretty much back to normal. Okay, let's start here uh, with polling. Trump crushes DeSantis by 34 points in South Carolina in the latest Trafalgar poll. A new poll has found that um, the 2024 GOP frontrunner Donald Trump holds a nearly 35-point lead over his next closest competitors in the state of South Carolina. The poll conducted by the Trafalgar Group found 47.9% of the likely GOP primary voters would vote Trump in the election if the election was held that day. Trump's next closest competitor, Ron DeSantis, is sitting at 13.8%. Well, at least he's in second place in this poll. There's other polls where he's in third place. There was one poll that had Vivek and big fat gross hog Chris Christie ahead of him, which is that's even crazier. But anyway, <clears throat> And then also Tim Scott, I think he's from yeah, South Carolina, he's 13.6. So Tim Scott is almost catching DeSantis in South Carolina. Then you got Nikki Haley at 8.4, Christie 6.6, Ramaswamy 6.4%, uh, Pence at 1.6. It was 1,054 um, likely GOP primary voters. It was conducted between... August 17th and 19th, and has a margin of error of 2.9%. And it just goes into the bullshit related to Georgia, which we will get into right now. Uh, Trump to be arrested tomorrow by uh, Ass Willis. On Monday evening, former President Trump announced that he will turn himself in to authorities in Georgia on Thursday, August 24th, after being indicted by a Fulton County grand jury on racketeering charges related to his alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election. He says, can you believe it? I'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested by radical left district attorney S. Willis, who is overseeing one of the greatest murder and violent crime disasters in American history. Well, they want that. They want people dead. <clears throat> they want as many people dead as possible. Earlier in the day, Trump agreed to a $200,000 bond and other release conditions after his legal team met with Ass Willis's office. Trump consented to the bond order that includes 13 counts of charges, including criminal conspiracy and solicitation, making false statements and a violation of the RICO Act. The frontrunner also mocked the judge for setting his bond so high. Good, mock all of them. Quote, the failed district attorney of Fulton County, Atlanta, S. Willis insisted on a $200,000 bond for me. I assumed, therefore, that she thought I was a flight risk. 
might fly far away, maybe Russia, 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 to share a gold dome suite with Vladimir, never to be seen or heard from again. Would I be able to take my very understated airplane with the gold Trump affixed for all to see? Probably not. I'd be much better off flying commercial. I'm sure nobody would recognize me. Uh, yeah, she's a retard. But this is what they're doing. This is We're in a communist country. We're in the, in the midst of a communist takeover. They are clearly rigging the 2024 election. And they are arresting Trump, Trump supporters, Trump advisors, Trump lawyers. And I'm waiting any day for a couple of commentators to be arrested as well. So uh, it's wild. It is completely wild. Uh, and again, Joe Biden, now look, he has dementia, but they, they want these people dead and they don't care. They think it's funny. So Joe Biden goes to Maui and just gaslights the victims because they want this. And I think some of this is deliberate, uh, the fires. I think it's, uh, some of it's deliberate. Biden, speaking to the Maui fire victims, compares the wildfires to his small kitchen fire. The pedophile-in-chief Joe Biden... Uh, speaking to victims of the Lahana fires in Maui, compared the situation to a small fire in his home nearly two decades ago that was contained to his kitchen. The Maui wildfires earlier this month killed well over 100 people, with more than 1,000 still unaccounted for. There's a ton of missing kids, okay? They, they, won't, they won't say how many are missing, it's probably because some of them are probably some of them are dead. Some of them are probably being trafficked. So that's that's why it's Democrats. So they're definitely look all the shit that they did with trafficking in Haiti after a tragedy. I'm sure they're doing that in in Maui. I would not be surprised. But uh, I was I think it was the mayor, a person in the media said, so how many children are missing? And he's like, oh, I guess we're going to shut this down now. So that's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, Biden, who faced intense criticism early on for vacationing and seemingly not taking a personal interest in the tragedy, visited the island on Monday and generated more controversy with his remarks. He also fell asleep during a ceremony for the victims. So the pedophile-in-chief says, I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and it hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning ducts. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters the way they responded. Biden said firefighters ran into the flames in his home to save my wife and save my family, not a joke. The smoke, and the firefighters here can tell you, sometimes smoke is so thick from the windows out, it was that thick inside the home, and we were insured. We did not have any problem, but being out of our home for a better part of a year was difficult. I can only imagine what it's like to lose your home completely burned to the ground. However, uh, a report from the AP at the time said the fire was small and contained in the kitchen. Delaware fire chief said they got home quickly. They got to the home quickly, and the situation was under control in a matter of minutes. Yeah, this is like probably like the fire I had when I was a kid. It was very... It, it was because the fire department was phenomenal. They weren't far away. <clears throat> Burgers were cooking in the oven. Grease caught on fire. It was a grease fire. 
parents uh, called nine one one. It seemed. I mean, it seems like a long couple of minutes. Fire department came, put out the fire, and we still. And that's it. And it was. You know, it was great. They did a great job. To compare that with what happened in Mount, this is on purpose. I think it's on purpose. Look, you can argue, yeah, he has dementia. That's probably part of it, absolutely. But this is on purpose. So then people were, were killing him online. <clears throat> you almost lost your cat. Go fuck yourself. After the pedophile-in-chief traveled to Maui uh, and then insulted everyone, um, he said, uh, so then we have, who, who do we have? Um, this person says, hearing you talk about your house that had a little fire, you almost lost your house in your Corvette. There were children that were incinerated to ash, you fucking old man. You vile human being. This was one of the people there in the, in the video. Yeah, he is a vile human being. Correct. You're correct. He says, you're so out of touch with the common man, you don't even know how to speak to them. Well, well he hates the common man. He wants to kill them all. The only way you think you can establish commonality with them is to lie. The same thing that happened to you no matter what the tragedy is. He referenced Biden attempting to commiserate with Gold Star moms who lost their son in action by citing his son's Bo, his son Bo's death from brain cancer. Your son wasn't killed in action, by the way. Your house didn't burn down. Your children weren't burned to death. How dare you get up there and speak this way? Your job is to go there and assuage them in a way that you talk to them about their loss, that you can't imagine what it's like, that you can't imagine what it's like to never find the bodies of the poor children who were sent home from schools. They died alone, in fear, without their parents or guardian. The most abhorrent thing happened. You're a disgusting, despicable bastard. That's true. He is. He's, he's horrible. Then he says, you almost lost your cat. Go fuck yourself. Good for you. Good for you. Then uh, Jenna Ellis was talking some shit. Who cares about Jenna Ellis? Um, this person says, This is so gross, it's not even comparable. There are still a thousand people missing, including children. This guy says Joe Biden shows zero empathy, compares the pain and suffering of Maui victims to the time he had a small kitchen fire. I almost lost my 67 Corvette and my cat. This man gets more disgraceful by the day. Of course he does. So what does that mean, CNN? Uh, does well. They say, look at how empathetic Joe Biden is. Signature empathy. Incredible. CNN White House correspondent Jeremy Diamond touted Joe Biden's visit to Maui as a prime opportunity for the consoler-in-chief to put his signature empathy on display. They fucking love to gaslight. They really do. It's one of their key uh, tactics. They love gaslighting. You know, all the time. You, you have, whether it's the vaccine deaths, whether it's whatever, the ballot fraud. Oh, oh, there's no evidence at all. No evidence at all. Oh, there's absolutely no evidence of that. Amazing. They love gaslighting. So here's, here's more gaslighting. Diamond made the comments just prior to Biden's arrival in Maui, which came nearly two weeks after the fire swept through the historic village of Lahania and skirted the fact that the president had previously offered no comment on the disaster and had bookended his trip uh, to the island with vacation days in Lake Tahoe. Um, Diamond quoted Biden as saying, I will do everything in my power to help 
Maui recover and rebuild from this tragedy. And throughout our efforts, we're focused on respecting uh, the sacred lands, cultures, and traditions. He went on to note that Biden was likely to receive some criticism of the federal government's response, explaining that some Maui residents were saying the reaction was too slow and the Republicans had complained about Biden's failure to address the situation. So, uh, incredible. But not surprising. This is the media. They hate you and want you dead. So, it is really not surprising at all. Give me, uh, give me 30 seconds here. Alrighty. All right. Now, we got another Republican. There's not many, but we got another Republican that's seeking to impeach Ass Willis. That's great. Second Georgia lawmaker. On Monday, Georgia State Senator um, Clint Dixon announced that he intended to file a complaint against Fulton County District Attorney Ass Willis in hopes of impeaching her. The move comes just days after fellow Senator Colton Moore called for an emergency session to review Willis's actions. Willis has become a prime target for Republicans both in the state and across the nation following her indictment of Trump and 18 of his associates. Uh, Dixon said, I am frustrated by the Fulton County indictments handed down last week. This is clearly all about ass Willis and her unabashed goal to become some sort of leftist celebrity. Apparently she has a reputation for being a whore. And it's just, uh, you know, banging rappers and shit. And I, I just, I'm like, Why? really? Have you seen her? She's really not attractive at all. If I was a rapper and she was hanging around backstage, I would be like, oh, is this the cleaning lady? What the hell's going on? <clears throat> Nothing against cleaning ladies. There are a couple smash cleaning ladies uh, at the hotels I was staying at. But uh, she's just not, uh, you know, she's no good. Anyway, he pointed out that Moore's call for an emergency session was uh, uh, not a legitimate option to hold her accountable since the legislature does not have legal control over her office and suggested instead that Republicans should make use of a law recently passed by Brian Kemp to hold rogue district attorneys accountable. Yeah, but uh, Kemp is, he's in on it, so he's not going to do anything. But good for this guy. I'm, I'm happy to see that. Another Republican, I don't think they have any chance of getting anything done, but it's, it's worth a shot. Do whatever is in your power, do that, and then see what happens. Uh, so, very interesting. So, now, let's have a look at how it was handled when a leftist uh, talked a lot of shit online. Did the FBI raid their house and murder them? Oh, no. Believe it or not, the FBI didn't even handle it. Secret Service arrests Chicago public school history teacher who threatened to kill Trump and Barron. No pre-dawn raid. A Chicago former social studies teacher woman was arrested by federal agents on Monday after she allegedly threatened to shoot uh, President Trump and his youngest son, Barron. 
According to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Chicago, 41-year-old Tracy Marie Forenzia was arrested on Monday morning on the charge of transmitting threats to kill or injure, the Daily Mail reported. Uh, I will state, so this is what the whore wrote, quote, I will state that I will shoot Donald Trump Sr. and Barron Trump straight in the face at any opportunity I get, unquote. Forenzia wrote in a May 21st email, which federal agents say she admitted to sending. The email was reportedly sent to the head of a Palm Beach area educational institution. In a similar email, Forenzia allegedly wrote on June 5th that she would slam a bullet into Barron Trump with his father in self-defense, the affidavit submitted by a Secret Service agent reportedly said. Agents reportedly interviewed Forenzia on June 14th at the agency's Chicago field office, during which time she was shown copies on the emails and admitted to sending them. The affidavit says that Forenzia lives in Plainfield, Illinois, a Chicago suburb. According to CBS News Chicago, Forenzia made her first court appearance on Monday afternoon, where a judge said that her case must be heard in Florida, where the charges were filed. She's scheduled to appear back in Chicago's federal court on Wednesday, where the judge will decide how she'll be transported. Um, she has called for the arrest of Trump and family and Hollywood pedophile ring in the arts. What? Okay, well, that's... Yeah, I think you, you, you just... Uh, you kind of mixed up with your facts, but, uh, you know, you want the pedophiles to be arrested. That's good. That's unusual for a leftist. This is see. I think this is how you can tell this person is probably mentally ill. Okay, so she, she 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 hates Trump and wants to do bad things to him, but also wants pedophiles arrested. That's not a that's not a clear thinking leftist. A clear thinking leftist. Most of them again. Well, AIDS commie. I'll go AIDS commie. Not every leftist, but there is a solid contingent of people on the left that are explicitly pro pedophile. So when I see one that's saying crazy shit but is anti-pedophile, that's a person who's probably mentally ill. Which, by the way, I'll take the mentally ill person over the AIDS commie all day, every day. Of course, they're, they're mentally ill. How would you even make the distinction? Ah, well, let's just deport them all. Who's got, who's got time to sort it all out? You just got to get out. Got to go. Anyway, so uh, in one post, Forenzia wrote, Trump family Hollywood pedophile ring in the arts followed home staff and students. What are you talking about? The Trump family Hollywood pedophile ring. What are you even talking about? In the arts. In the arts. The pedophile ring in the arts? Followed home staff and students from Oxbridge Academy and St. Andrew's Episcopal School in Maryland. Baron Trump was enrolled in classes at both educational institutions, but never physically attended a single day of classes or was seen in person, although Baron Trump is branded with a genius IQ. In reality, he's performing significantly below grade level. Okay, I'd never heard of that, but that's uh, fine. In another post, Florenzia once again called for the arrest of the Trump family Hollywood pedophile ring in the arts, adding that most of the contact is through electronic means and psych... Oh, this is a schizophrenic. Psychotronic weaponry and advanced technologies such as V2K. All right, so you have a, you have a schizophrenic leftist. That's, that's what happens. Uh, Sunday... Also saw Florencia post a uh, Trump effigy hanging from a noose in a tree. So anyway, did the FBI execute this person? Nope. They were apprehended by the Secret Service. 
So if it's a Trump supporter saying wild shit, they get executed. If it's a leftist, uh, they get arrested, if that, if that. Now, we got some things being said by Vivek. My goodness, Vivek Ramaswamy. U.S. presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy calls for cutting military aid to Israel. Oy vey. Woo. Yeah. Former ambassador to the United Nations and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley recently called out Vivek Ramaswamy for his suggestion that the U.S. should slash military aid to Israel. Haley says Vivek is completely wrong to call for ending America's special bond with Israel. Oh, I got to watch out for the, those special bonds. Mm, very special. Support for Israel is both the morally right and strategically smart thing to do. Both countries are stronger and safer because of our ironclad friendship. As president, I will never abandon Israel. Israel protects us, do they? How do they do that? Could you get into that? You're not allowed to ask those questions. You are not allowed to. You are not. You just, you have to obey. This is all you're allowed to do. Israel is our greatest ally. That's it. And and if they sense hesitation in that sentence, or if you're saying it to them in person and they don't like your face, you're in trouble for being a rabid anti-Semite. <clears throat> in a recent interview with British actor Russell Brand, Ramaswamy said he would only be committed to U.S. interests only. He says, There is no North Star commitment to any one country other than the United States of America. That said, Ramaswamy conceded that relations with Israel have benefited the U.S. In addition, he did he go? Can you give me? Can I have some examples? I'm, by the way, I'm not opposed to the idea. I just want the conversation to happen, and I'm tired of people getting shut down who ask questions. I'd like to see this all debated. That would be phenomenal. That's never happening, but I'd like to see it. I'd be interested. As I've said this before, I'm open-minded. Uh, on, any, on all of these things, aid to Israel, totally open-minded. If you can explain to me how it benefits us as a country, I'm on board. I don't give a shit. I know people don't like Israel. That's fine. Whatever. Who cares? If it's in our best interest, I'm on board. But I've not been sold on that. And, and then you're called an anti-Semite. Taking the position that you're open-minded, I just need to be convinced of your argument, that's anti-Semitism. Isn't that fascinating? Oh, that's really... Nothing going on there. Nothing going on there at all. Okay. Anyway, um, he, he said, uh, in addition, he stressed that he'd continue to push more Arab and Muslim countries to recognize Israel as part of the U.S. national security state's normalization campaign, which he believes will render U.S. aid to Israel unnecessary. <clears throat> By the way, I know people that have gone to Israel, and they have... Uh, hung out with like the right-wing Israelis and a lot of them like Trump and they sound like nice people. And uh, it's great. So I'm not, I'm just, I, I would like, here's the thing. Actually, let me make a point about that because what, what they described to me were like people that were nice. They liked Trump. They were very like into the military. So they thanked um, people that I was talking to, you know, did military service. So they were like, thank you for your military service. And in America, you know, American military. And I was like, well, that's nice. Why can't we get that attitude when it comes to asking questions? Wouldn't it be better? I mean, it's just so fascinating. 
demonizing people for asking questions, that's just a bad tactic overall, no matter what you're asking about. It, it, it makes it seem like you're hiding something. That's not a good strategy. But, you know, it's, it's your strategy. Do, whatever, do it however you want. But you're not winning the information war on the Internet. <laughs> it's not even close. Anyway, whatever. Um, before Russia launched its military incursion into Ukraine, Israel was uh, leading uh, was the leading recipient to foreign aid, despite enjoying enjoying first world living standards and being one of the wealthiest countries in the Middle East. Yeah, like so, I've heard it said, well, you can use our base if you have to go to war with Iran or something. Okay, now there's value to that. I will I will agree. There's value to that. Okay. So what is the value of that? And then can we now continue to go down uh, the list? Like, what else are we getting? Okay. Is it worth the... Uh, of course, this has gone total back burner since Ukraine. Because, you, you know, it's funny. The, the Israel aid people, <laughs> they can just go, you're complaining about aid to Israel. Look at Ukraine. That's a, that's a solid argument. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. So I guess we'll get back to you. Once this Ukraine shit is resolved, then 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 maybe we can have the conversation. It's uh, who knew there would be a, a, a an aid situation, an aid situation that would make the aid to Israel look like nothing. It's really what? How do you? What do you? It's just we're just sacrificing what the next twenty five generations future. We're just giving our money to everyone else but our own people. Is that what's going on here? You're going to have bridges collapsing. But, but, Zelensky will be able to buy coke and uh, male prostitutes. So it's going to be fine. Anyway. No amount of deviancy on the Israel issue will be tolerated by the GOP establishment. That's true. At some point, America First nationalists must rise up and take control of the GOP in order to steer it in a truly nationalist direction. That means no foreign aid should be sent to Israel or any other foreign country, for that matter. In a nationalist context, foreign policy dollars should be focused on securing the U.S. southern border with Mexico and securing the Western Hemisphere from external threats and other actors that could potentially disrupt peaceful commerce in the region. Also, the whole expecting it, you know, if it wasn't for uh, the American military and the American money, Iran would probably have removed Israel off the map many years ago. And I'm not saying that Israel has to suck our dick over that, but like, how about being a little nicer? <laughs> Could you, like, instead of expecting, or like, how about chill out with the greatest ally? I don't know who our greatest ally is. I don't even know if any of these countries are actual allies. Uh, I mean, they say it, but you know, it's whatever. The expectation, you need us. I'm not saying you have to bring that up every time, but just maybe chill the fuck out a little bit. I don't know. Anyway. It's a hell of a thing. Uh, yeah, so it looks like they're bringing COVID back, and uh, I hope it doesn't work. And I will even say, in even even some of the based parts of the South I was in, got one person, got one or two people wearing the fucking masks. Now, obviously, I saw more as I got up here, but even down there, that is that's no good at all. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Um, Alex Jones called it. It looks like it's happening. Uh, and then after Jones called it, do not comply, trended on Twitter, which is good. The phrase, do not comply, trended on Twitter. Over the weekend, following InfoWars host Alex Jones' warning 
the Biden administration is planning to implement new lockdown COVID-19 protocols. Jones sounded the alarm after TSA and Border Patrol whistleblowers contacted him saying the Biden administration is slowly rolling out a new mass guidance, social distancing rules, and lockdown measures, starting with federal workers, total insanity. Jones' warnings were soon thereafter corroborated by scores of media reports claiming COVID is making a comeback, with reporters recommending audiences begin dusting off their COVID-era face masks and should consider taking another COVID booster. Yeah, go, go, hey, why don't you go poison yourself, bigot? Go poison yourself. Give yourself myocarditis. That's a great idea. Meanwhile, countless Twitter users took to the platform to declare they will not comply with any future lockdown measures or vaccine or mask mandates, especially considering the harm inflicted worldwide by similar prior orders. I didn't do it last time. Not doing it this time. Simple as that. Fuck all this shit. I don't care what it is. I'm going to... Whatever store I go in, if someone gives me a hard time, I'm completely ignoring it. And if they escort me out, then I'll go to a different store not filled with AIDS. Who cares? Um, but yeah, do not comply. Good to see a lot of people saying that. I, I, I am skeptical that they're going to be able to pull this off again. I don't think they're going to be able to. Certainly, it comes down to state and municipality. Um, blue states, you know, blue counties, uh, I think, could probably do something. But uh, yeah, it's completely crazy. So the Biden administration buys COVID safety supplies in a ramp up for new variants. The federal government has signed recent contracts to purchase COVID supplies and equipment following health officials warnings that about an alleged spike in COVID cases. See, this is what happens when you don't put these people in jail. They, they do it again. That's why I am so focused and consistent about the necessity for these people to go to prison at minimum, at minimum. Okay, so yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. This comes after speculation that the Biden administration will reinstate pandemic era mandates, according to War Room. The White House signed contracts to purchase COVID testing and equipment. Uh, in addition, the Biden administration signed a contract for uh, safety protocols. The DOD signed a $1.5 million contract for COVID testing. Um, Department of Veterans Affairs uh, did $2 million for testing uh, services. VA also signed a contract for $1.3 million for uh, testing regents and equipment. The Department of Veterans Affairs signed an additional $3.3 million contract uh, to be advised on adequate COVID-19 safety protocols. That's the war room smash. <clears throat> the revelation comes amid speculation the Biden White House will reinstate COVID mandates and lockdowns as health officials warn about a spike in cases and alleged new variant. Universities and businesses have started reinstating mask mandates. Let's get into that. Now we have this college Georgia College has zero cases of COVID. They're bringing the mass mandate back anyway. The case metric is total bullshit anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, one Georgia College is taking no chances with reporting of a, reports of a new variant of COVID opting to bring back a campus-wide mass mandate despite no reported cases. Uh, Morris Brown College 
and Atlanta has advised students, faculty, and staff that face masks must be worn for the next 14 days. The school's Instagram account shared a, an email saying you're not allowed, you have to physically distance, no large gatherings, you have to do isolation and quarantine, contact tracing, symptom monitoring, regular hand washing, sanitation. So this reminds me of a Minecraft mod that's coming out in a couple weeks. It's the uh, uh, Burn the School to the Ground Minecraft mod. And I, I don't know, you know, it, it just made me think of this. And I don't know what that is, why it made me think of that. But it was just, yeah, you know, Minecraft's a video game. It's not a real thing. No school is being burned to the ground. It's pixels, okay, so it's blocks, relax. But yeah, it's, I, I, you know, you wonder in Minecraft, uh, you know, if you, like, for example, if you brutalize the villagers enough, like, if you force the villagers, let's say you build a school in Minecraft, and then you had a bunch of villagers, and you tried to force the villagers to wear masks, and you injected them and their children with the most dangerous vaccine in history. And then, after that was all done, and he tried to reinstate it again, would the villagers burn down your school? I don't know. It's a question I have. We'll find out. Minecraft mod out in two weeks, follow the rules and regulations of your municipality. But it's a question that I have. Okay, how far can you push people before they do things? I don't know, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Oh, it's fascinating. It's all so fascinating. Rutgers, Rutgers University enforces COVID vaccine mandate for all returning students. If you wanna go to Rutgers, you have to poison yourself. Oh, baby, holy shit. Students attending New Jersey's Rutgers University this year will be required to get the literal most dangerous vaccine in human history in order to attend in-person classes and live on campus. The university has decided to continue with its vaccine mandate for the upcoming school year uh, over two years after it was first implemented. Rutgers states that while students can submit exemptions for medical or religious reasons, Exemption requests are evalu evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis, and they're not automatically granted, which, which means they're going to decline you no matter what. If given an exemption on campus, yeah, so if they even if you catch a miracle and you get an exemption, they humiliate you, they make your life miserable. Again, again, again. This is why people have to go to jail when they violate other people's rights in such a severe way. It's this is like society 101, because if you don't do it, then they ratchet it up. They feel emboldened and then it gets worse. And so, we, yeah, this is going to be all very interesting. Students that are granted exemptions from the mandate will not be allowed to live on campus. Unbelievable. So there you go. Sick fuckers. Sick fuckers. Hopefully the kids rebel and they don't do any of this, especially the vaccine. Good luck. Now, Lionsgate. California-based film company Lionsgate implements a mass mandate, contact tracing amid new COVID scare. It's not a scare. It's bullshit. It's totally manufactured bullshit. The California-based film studio Lionsgate has re-implemented a mass mandate for some employees at its Santa Monica flagship office after several employees tested positive for COVID. Imagine you're taking, you're still doing the PCR tests. <laughs> oh, what a racket. What a racket. Amazing. Anyway, that's that. Just a bunch of retards. What can you do? Um, 
So this is an interesting report. You get out of the cities, ladies and gentlemen. Report reveals globalist climate organizations' goal to ban meat, dairy, and private vehicles in U.S. cities by 2030 in 14 U.S. cities. An exclusive report revealed that the global ringmasters and their Democrat allies are embarking on an expedited Marxist scheme to ensure you will have no choice but to enjoy bugs and public transportation in less than a decade. The Federalists on Saturday dropped this explosive story. 14 prominent American cities are part of a far-left climate organization headed by billionaire globalist Mike Bloomberg that aims to abolish private vehicle ownership and wean their constituents off of meat and dairy by 2030. I'm going to increase the meat and dairy that I eat. I want to be eating maximum meat and dairy by 2030. The Federalist astutely notes that fully adopting these measures will lead to the deaths of innocent people. Mankind cannot survive on insects and vegetables alone. As the Federalist reports, the particular project has already begun in earnest. New York City commie mayor Eric Adams, who has about a 7 IQ, back in April announced the Big Apple will place caps on the amount of meat and dairy served by city institutions, including prisons and schools. The UK, which is headed by a quote-unquote conservative government, has banned all gas-powered vehicles by 2030. France in May banned short-haul commercial flights to reduce carbon emissions, while, of course, leaving private jets untouched. This is all part of the Great Reset, uh, the Great Reset, which was warmly introduced at the 2020 World Economic Forum meeting, which the Federalist notes promotes the C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group on its website. The WEF has used the so-called climate crisis as a cover to justify why dramatic malevolent actions such as lockdowns, banning fossil fuels, and massive taxes are necessary to save the planet from destruction. As the Gateway Pundit reported, however, the primary aim of the Great Reset was to utilize the Ching Chong AIDS pandemic to unleash systemic changes in society to ensure the serfs live in poverty and misery while they enjoy the greatest, while the rich enjoy the greatest fruits life has to offer. If you live in one of these 14 American cities involved in this climate organization, you might want to consider moving unless you love mealworms and taxis. The globalist elites and their Democrat comrades, of course, will have no such worries. Yeah, I'm beginning to lean uh, towards the, the nomad life. I will still stream, uh, but I think that that might be the best move. To just live in different places, get a trailer. You got to have, you know, I guess you get Starlink, right? I mean, I think Starlink's pretty good. I think that's the move. Because you can just go, there's a lot of places you can go. And you go one place, and then you stay there, and then you go to another place. And then you just, and you're all over the place. I think it's the move. I don't know. I think I had an epiphany the other day, and I'm like, yeah, why the fuck would I do that? That's way better. Isn't that better? That's way better. Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, this, this is this is great. Who do you who would you guess is behind all the indictments? Normizen. Of course it's Normizen. Normizen, the man behind the phony steel dossier wrote the script for the indictments of Donald Trump. Special counsel Jack Smith was appointed by Joe Biden late last year to lead two separate investigations into Trump 
each of the four indictments to which Trump has been subjected. Uh, Jack Smith's two federal indictments, in addition to the state-level indictments from uh, fat retard Alvin Bragg and Ass Willis of Georgia, are based on legal theories that were cobbled together from the findings of the January 6th committee. The committee's findings helped tailor the specific legal arguments and recommendations featured in the model prosecution memorandum spearheaded by Norm Eisen of the Brookings Institution, who previously served on the House Judiciary Committee, where he oversaw the impeachment and trial of Trump. Jack Smith's indictments, as well as the indictments of Ass Willis, are arguably even Alvin Bragg, albeit to a lesser extent, are deeply indebted to the legal theories in Norm Eisen's memorandum, which were based on the January 6th committee's fabricated narrative. So, not surprised at all. Next thing you're going to tell me is Mary McCord is also involved. These are the string pullers. Uh, Revolver's done lots of reporting. Norm Eisen, if you've been watching the channel for a, uh, a while, this is him right here. You will recall his, his involvement with the color revolution uh, um, in America, uh, where the, uh, the outlet Revolver did a multi-part series explaining exactly what they were going to do which they did to a T. And then what was funny about that is like a year after they pulled off their color revolution using massive ballot fraud, um, Time Magazine actually came out with an article that admitted to everything except for the ballot fraud. Um, so there are other things that they did that were illegal. You know, changing uh, uh, laws in a way that's unconstitutional, for example bypassing the state legislature, things like that. And that is cheating, and, that, and, and they should be put in prison for that. But it gave people like Tim Poole an out, not, like, not a real out, but they think they have an out, to be like, oh, yeah, so there wasn't ballot fraud, but this is how they did it, and they got outmaneuvered. No, I mean, partly there was outmaneuvering, but there was ballot fraud. Ballot fraud, whatever you want to call it, fake ballots, illegal ballots, fraudulent ballots, however you want to put it. I don't know what they were made of. That's kind of a straw man they bring up. Oh, they're made of bamboo. I don't give a fuck what they were made of. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they cheated. It is what it is. Um, this is this is good. A federal court sided with a Catholic farmer who was booted from a farmer's market because he um, liked regular marriage. A federal district court sided with a Michigan farmer on Monday ruling that he is free to participate in a city-run farmer's market after he was booted over his Catholic views on marriage. If this was near me, I would go to that farmer's market and buy a bunch of his shit. Steve Tennis, who owns uh, Country Mills Farm, was banned in 2017 from the East Lansing Farmer's Market by city officials after he posted on Facebook that he follows the Catholic Church's teachings on marriage which includes opposing same-sex weddings at his family's orchard. East Lansing officials reacted by using a discretionary system of individual assessments to ban him and his farm from participating in the seasonal market, despite him never receiving any complaints from customers. Tennis and his farm sued the city in 2017. On Monday, U.S. District Court Judge Paul Mahoney ruled the city's ban on tennis constituted a burden on the plaintiff's religious beliefs. Tennis and his farm were forced to choose between following their religious beliefs and a government benefit for which they were otherwise qualified, violating his right to exercise 
his religion freely. The reason is simple. Denying a person an equal share of the rights, benefits, and privileges enjoyed by other citizens because of their faith discourages religious activity. His farm is also 22 miles away from East Lansing, which his legal team noted is outside the city's jurisdiction. When he first sued the city in 2017, the same judge issued a preliminary injunction ordering the city to allow him to participate in the farmer's market while his litigation proceeded. He has not had any issues with his farm's participation in the farmer's market. Since then, his legal team said he serves and welcomes everyone to his stand. No one has ever turned away. Tennis was represented by Alliance De uh, Defending Freedom. Okay, great. That's, uh, that's, that's good news. So hopefully that's that, and they'll leave him alone. Probably not. They'll probably still fuck with him. This is also good news. Alabama is allowed to enforce the ban on child mutilation. Fantastic. An Alabama law banning child mutilation um, can take effect after a federal appeals court ruling. The ruling from the 11th, to be specific, this one is cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. It's not, I mean, whatever. I, it's under the umbrella of mutilation, and that's how I describe it. The ruling uh, from the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals comes as over 20 states have passed laws banning uh, child mutilation. The court ruled that there was no constitutional right for children to be given sex change procedures and that state legislatures had the right to make laws governing the procedures. Leftists are incredible. Okay, They will argue a woman has a right to murder her baby and that children have a constitutional right uh, to uh, change their sex. But they will argue that you somehow don't have a First Amendment or a Second Amendment right. Even though, even though those are they're right there, they're, they're the first two. They're the first two. They're right there. What are you talking about? They don't care. They don't care. Um, so, good. They said the plaintiffs did not present any authority that supports the existence of a constitutional right to treat one's children with transitioning medication subject to medically accepted standards, said one of the, the judges. So, that is absolutely fantastic news. So, good for Alabama. Um... This is pretty funny. So, um, AIDS, excuse me, not AIDS commie, AIDS faggot, the AIDS faggot of Canada. I believe that's the official title. Now, I'm not, I might be wrong. I don't, I don't know a lot about Canada. Some believe that the official title is prime minister. That just doesn't feel right to me. I just, I think it's AIDS, AIDS faggot. I think it's AIDS faggot. AIDS, the AIDS faggot of Canada, Justin Trudeau. So what's interesting about this is he was, um, he comes out, and he's like, oh, uh, and and the fucking, the, the what is it? is it parliament up there? Whatever you call it up there. They're warned, if you pass this law, the social media companies are just going to fucking black out all the Canadian news. Okay? They did it anyway. That's exactly what happened. The, uh, Justin Trudeau's Online News Act has caused... A news blackouts as wildfires rage. Oh, you know what's interesting? So they wanted to do a 15-minute city in this place in Hawaii that burned to the ground. There's also a fire raging in Canada in this town where they also were, are going to do a 15-minute city. So that's an interesting coincidence. We'll see if that continues. In an age where digital platforms are primary sources of real-time information, AIDS faggot Justin Trudeau his clash with Mark Zuckerberg has become more poignant than ever. With wildfires raging across the country, the stakes are high. Earlier this summer, Facebook and Instagram made a controversial move in response to the Online News Act 
introduced by Trudeau's administration, legislation that forced tech companies to pay failing legacy news publishers. Facebook blocked access to news stories for all Canadian-based users. Hilarious. This meant that Canadians couldn't click on news stories from any local outlets, a restriction not just limited to Facebook, but extended to Instagram as well. At the heart of the debate lies a challenging question. Who truly benefits from news content shared on social media? Zuckerberg argues, Meta does not gain unfairly from the news shared on its platforms, suggesting the narrative is reversed. In fact, it's Facebook that sends news publishers traffic, which they can then monetize. In contrast, the Canadian government believes the Online News Act to be justified. But with wildfires threatening the safety and homes of tens of thousands, this standoff has become a matter of life and death. Trudeau says in an emergency situation, up-to-date local information is more important than ever. Well, you shouldn't have done it. This is your fault, fucker. This is what you get. <clears throat> While the ban is effective in Canada, links shared by Canadian news outlets remain accessible to users abroad. This geographical limitation further exacerbates the sense of isolation felt by many Canadians amidst the crisis. Ironically, as the fires inch close to Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories, Facebook launched a safety check feature allowing users to notify loved ones of their safety, yet the broader, more comprehensive news about the fires and evacuation details remain inaccessible. Google, too, has expressed discontent over the Online News Act, hinting at a similar news blackout in Canada. This impending blackout poses an alarming threat to information access in a country already grappling with the Facebook news ban. And there's a lot of fires, and it gets into all the fires in Canada. Well, uh, hopefully they are organic, because if they're not, it means that leftists are... They, it looks like they have a new tactics. Let's just burn shit to the ground and blame climate change and then force people to do what we want. Hopefully that's not what's happening. I think there's a chance that's what's happening, though. The UN is building a digital army to fight deadly disinformation. The UN is tripling down on its role as an important global player in the fight against online misinformation and amplification of the narrative of a supposedly serious threat this allegedly new phenomenon brings to humankind. Thus, UN peacekeepers are adding another task to the duties. Oh, so in addition to raping children, you're going to be doing this as well? Got it, got it. Um, to the duties the member states fund when they approve their missions meant to help people in countries devastated by war and other disasters. Oh yeah, they help. They help themselves to the children. That's what they do. They are also now building a digital army. And according to a write-up on the UN website, misinformation is viewed by, of course, you know, misinformation is true things that they don't like is viewed by the World Organization in exceedingly alarmist terms as deadly and posing existential risk to such core building blocks of modern societies and democratic institutions and fundamental human rights. What bullshit. They really do make the connection verbatim and now they use the term war and battlefield to describe misinformation and other goings on in the media too. We've heard this before, of course, from the Biden administration regarding COVID vaccines, but the identical wording may or may not be a coincidence. In order to justify as much as it can this considerable shift in policy and focus from UN's traditional operations and purpose, the UN article doesn't talk only about things like undermining epidemic-containing efforts, protecting scientific truths and facts 
And as recent experience has shown, facts as well and the like, no, yeah, quote unquote facts. To prop up the argument, it is claimed that the peacekeeping work itself and the safety and lives of peacekeepers are also falling victim to large scale misinformation. The UN solution effectively testing proactive approaches to the problem they defined and doing this in a number of war-torn African countries. Leading the charge seems to be the UN mission in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. There's something called the UN Verified Initiative, which offers a course free of charge to educate people in these physically dangerous places on how to keep themselves safe from online misinformation. Oh, hey, and your buddy, I have something to tell you, okay? I'm a peacekeeper. I want to tell you, listen closely. I know warlords are going around stabbing you, but I have something very important to tell you. Listen, never say faggot or nigger on the internet, okay? And if you see anyone saying it, you better report it, okay? This is life or death. I'm a UN peacekeeper. Now, give me your children. Okay, anyway. Um, this effort expands on several basic topics, including how to recognize disinformation. And the UN will also tell you why it's being spread. Another one's being able to discern emotional, dramatic, and provocative content. Amazing. Yeah, like the climate change bullshit. Incredible. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it looks like t Twitter is going full-blown AIDS. Uh, full-blown AIDS, especially for the election. They, they have a whole election disinformation thing going. They're going to rig the election on Twitter, too. So I don't know what the fuck Elon Musk is doing. He sucks. I think it's pretty much over. Twitter has distributed a call for applicants to fill new roles tasked with combating disinformation amidst an approaching election. This move will raise eyebrows among advocates of free speech, particularly considering what happened when this was done with the 2020 election and since Elon Musk famously bought Twitter with the pledge to honor the values of free speech. That's out the window. And had initiated the, initiated the release of the Twitter files detailing instances of election censorship from the past. The development uh, was first quote tweeted by Kristen Ruby, raised the question of hapless users being coerced by external forces, state authorities, or big tech uh, corporations. Critics like Mike Benz, Mike Benz is a great follow for internet censorship, absolutely fantastic. His Twitter handle is at Mike Benz, B E N Z, cyber, absolutely fantastic. Um, who and what's funny is he, I, he lives in Grand Theft Auto Five, so he's he'll like he'll take videos of him walking down the street and and it's I'm like oh you're near Franklin's house, it's hilarious he lives like right in that area, you know you got Franklin's house and you go there's like the you know there's like the mountains and you're like I'm telling you he he like walks in places like that it looks just like that it's a hell of a thing I think I could probably navigate that area I'm never going there I want to be clear but uh, if I went there. I could probably figure out how to... Like, if you drop me in the middle of wherever the... What is it, Los Angeles? Again, I'm never going here, but if you drop me in the middle of there and you told me to get to, you know, wherever the fuck, the biker bar, I could probably figure it out. I could, if, if, if there's at least some... Yeah, I could probably figure it out. It's crazy. Same with Liberty City. Well, I don't know. Actually, it's been a while. Anyway, who cares? All right, moving on here. Um, oh, yeah, I read a thing. They're like, oh... Uh, 
the people that run Rockstar or whoever the fuck on an earnings call indicated that Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out in 2025. Who gives a fuck? This, there is no way this game is going to be good. There is no way. I am ignoring it. I don't give a shit. The, the only way, if it comes out and it's the shit, then I'll buy it, I'll play it, and I'll say I was wrong. But I am not anticipating it, not even 1%. Fuck that. It's going to suck. They're going to, I'm telling you, they're going to make fun. It's going to be mostly white people being made fun of and conservatives, which, by the way, I don't care about that. But it's not even going to be funny. It's going to be like leftists, they can't, they're not able to be humorous. So it's not going to be like funny shit like it was in the previous ones when you had the guy with the knee brace and you had the Alex Jones, what, who, whatever the fucking, the Alex Jones guy, and then they got the guy from the baseball show, whatever the fuck that guy's name was. He was like the radio host. That shit was funny. That was making fun of conservatives, but it was funny. This shit, I'm telling you, it's not going to be funny. It's going to be total AIDS. The only positive that I've seen so far in the leaked gameplay is they at least made the woman's ass big and round, which they'll probably change because you're not allowed to do that anymore. Because, you know, I've said this before. If I have to look at a third-person avatar when I'm playing a video game, I would rather have a woman's ass in front of me than a man's ass. But that's just me. I don't, you know. I'm not saying you're a homosexual if you choose a male avatar. I'm just saying that my preference, I would like a nice giant round ass there. Anyway, we're off track. So back to this, uh, the channels being tapped for recruitment further spur speculation about the true motives behind these positions. The roles encompass the safeguarding of information integrity and the nurturing of civic conversations. All commie speak. The nurturing of civic conversations. Shut the fuck up. Preferences being given to candidate adept in Europe or European Union languages for the position which promises to deal with high impact issues at a substantial scale. What is particularly unsettling is freedom of speech supporters is the conduit used for promoting the John the, the job postings disinfo docket, a site backed by anti-disinformation groups having uh, allegiances with federal cybersecurity agencies. No, Musk is now in bed with all these people. This was this was all I think this was all a scam. I think it was all a scam. Uh, it's it's no good. I have the past month at Twitter has been an F for Elon Musk. Uh, Rumble, I I definitely criticized them for censoring Fuentes. It was clearly protected speech. It was a bullshit move. Uh, since then, they've been fine. So hopefully, they don't do shit like that again. But yeah, Twitter's been total AIDS. So yeah, it's not looking good. Not looking good at all. Okay, let's get into some videos here. I'm going to start here by uh, this garbage pale kid, Boney Joni, <clears throat> also known as Nicole Wallace, who's doesn't look a day above 90. Anyway, I mean, actually, what do you expect from Nicole Wallace? All Nicole Wallace does is talk about how dangerous you are because you disagree with her. Oh, you're a Trump supporter. You like Donald Trump. Oh, you're real dangerous. Is this hot? This looks like it's kind of hot. Let me lower the uh, mic here. I saw red when I went up there. Okay. All right, we'll do that. Hopefully that's that's fine. All right, here we go. Regular viewers of this program know that we say around here we are living through extraordinary times. It goes without saying that not everything that makes it extraordinary is good. Most of it isn't. The disgraced twice impeached, now four times indicted ex-president continues to cast a long and dark and often dangerous shadow over American 
politics and it extends into American civic life. And that is not hyperbole. It's not me saying that. It's very real. Consider the Texas woman who's been charged with threatening to kill Judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge. There is just a leftist charge, too. We're seeing Donald Trump's election interference case or the flurry of threats against grand jurors in the case facing Donald Trump out of Fulton County, Georgia. And that's just today, right? Like this news cycle on any given day. There are countless threats against civil servants. Election. Yeah, as it's always been workers, judges, secretaries of state, jurors, anyone tasked with doing their civic duty and maybe tangentially having a part of holding people to account during these extraordinary times when violent rhetoric and violent actions have become more and more socialized and normalized than ever before. No one has lived that or knows that better than Judge Esther Salas, who suffered an unimaginable, unthinkable tragedy and loss three years ago when her private tragedy became national and international news. So I think that the goal here is to uh, argue for Trump to be put in jail so he can't campaign. I don't think it's going to work, but I think that's the idea. Two weeks ago, my life as I knew it changed in an instant, and my family will never be the same. A madman who I believe was targeting me because of my position as a federal judge, came to my house. Our family had just finished a weekend celebration in honor of our son, Daniel Mark, his 20th birthday. Daniel and I went downstairs to the basement and we were chatting as we always do. And Daniel said, mom, let's keep talking. Okay, what the fuck does this have to do with Donald Trump or Trump supporters? A Trump supporter didn't do this? I love talking to you, Mom. And it was at that exact moment that the doorbell rang. And Daniel looked at me and said, who is that? And before I could say a word, he sprinted upstairs. Within seconds, I heard the sound of bullets and someone screaming, no. I later learned that uh, this monster who had a FedEx package in his hand opened fire. But Daniel, being Daniel, protected his father. And he took the shooter's first bullet directly to the chest. My family has experienced a pain that no one should ever have to endure. So it's very sick that what they're doing and i think this woman gets interviewed on here so it's not like they're just exploiting her she's exploiting her own tragedy and her own family to to make a fuck trump point which is just incredible but again none of this has anything to do with donald trump and i am here asking everyone to help me ensure that no one ever has to experience this kind of thing and how can you assure this poor woman and no one ever goes through something like this again? Well, obey, Democrats. It's time to obey. Vote for Joe Biden and obey and do everything they tell you. Let them win. We may not be able to stop something like this from happening again, but we can make it hard for those who target us to track us down.
<clears throat> we can make it hard, right? Maybe that's the best we can do. We can make it harder. So that display of strength and grace and courage in the face of any one of us could imagine what we'd be feeling if we were going through the same takes my breath away. In the three years since her son's murder, Judge Salas has turned her personal tragedy into a very specific mission. It's fueled by a mother's love and a judge's sense of justice. Her call for action is impossible to turn away from and at this very moment, desperately needed. Joining me on set, U.S. District Court Judge for the District of New Jersey, Esther Salas, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, how did you do that? A whole lot of faith, a whole lot of love, and a whole lot of support from everyone, from my family on out, and people all over the United States and beyond. The love that was just expressed through prayers, through thoughts, through cards, um, was just amazing. And it brought me back. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was in a dark place uh, when, I, when they said that uh, Danny didn't make it uh, that Sunday on July 19, 2020. And um, I remember screaming in the waiting room, will somebody tell me whether I'm planning two funerals or one? And uh, Mark was fighting for his life. It's your husband. Yeah, my husband, Mark, of 28 years, just past July 28. We, we've been married 28 years now. And um, I, I remember just going dark. And I tell people that it felt like uh, a light switch just turned off. And... This is your beautiful boy. These are pictures you share with us. I, oh my gosh, I just, uh, I, I started reminiscing again today when I was pulling them all out. That was his junior prom. <laughs> so handsome, yet so goofy. He was Rangers he, fan. <laughs> here's, there's my husband, Mark, and they, that was his, you know, buddy. And Danny was just, love life, Nicole. He just loved life, every moment of it. You know, I, I always think about, like, his senseless death made sense of his life because when he was saddest is when he was alone in his room with nothing to do yeah you um have talked about his murderer and you were targeted for assassination casing your house yeah. and I, I read this speech that you gave on his birthday this year right yeah. for your anniversary um you think that you locked eyes with him, that you saw him on your block. Can I you did. tell us about that day? Yeah, so it was Daniel's weekend celebration. Right. And um, I love that. I, too, don't have a birthday. It's like a week-long <laughs> celebration. So my a day is not long say, enough. <laughs> my husband likes to say, every day is your birthday. Correct. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, uh, we, were, we had decided to invite friends over on the 17th. It was a Friday night, and he was so excited. He was jumping out of his skin. Um, when the doorbell rang, he would run and, and, and go get the door and introduce us and look at my mom. She ordered food for us. He was so excited. And all the while, this, the man was outside our door watching his friends one by one come in. And then, you know, it was COVID, so we were worried. We tried to separate everyone as much mm -hmm. as we could. And the next morning, you know, I kissed a lot of Danny's friends goodbye, but the ones that stayed were headed to the beach. 
-hmm. And I had made breakfast for them that morning, and I'll never forget it, because I put too much parsley in the eggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Parsley in their eggs and salad. <laughs> yeah, I should have noticed to self that eggs don't want anything yeah, green no. in there. So, uh, but I remember wanting to give them his privacy. So I grabbed our two dogs, and I walked down the street to this grassy area by our house. And as I, as I was walking, just something didn't feel right. And I noticed the car was sort of out of place. And I remember looking, and he looked. We locked eyes for a second, and then he just Ugh. looked away. And I would later find out that uh, that would be the man that would come the next day at 5 o'clock, ring our doorbell, and take my only child. And he was looking for you. Yeah, he wanted me. Why? It, he was angry with me. He felt I wasn't moving his case fast enough, but truth be told, he was a self-proclaimed anti-feminist. Ah, there it is. See? See? If you, you just have to obey, otherwise you're responsible for these tragedies. You're not a feminist? Well, you're guilty. Leave a racist. Based oh, on what and of course he's a racist. Told it that he wrote about me in the manifesto, yes. which I haven't read. Oh, um, well, that's, that's a great argument. And, you know, I think he was angry with the world. And he decided uh, to take it out on me. One of the things that I found out during an FBI debriefing after the murder was that that day, Sunday, he went down to the desk and paid for three more nights. He was staying in a hotel about less than a mile. So he wasn't going to leave till he... he... Oh, no. And I remember saying to the agent, why, why do you think he did that? And he looked at me stone cold and he said, ma'am, he was going to kill you and stay long enough to get the job done. And, um, and then I remember, because I was, I was, at the time, I didn't know whether it was my job that did this or whether it was, you know, something else. And mm -hmm. I remember asking the special agent in charge, why didn't he come in to get me? I mean, he must have heard me by that time screaming, screaming. Mm -hmm. you know, what is happening? And I remember running up the stairs. And when I got up the stairs, some no mother should ever see. Mm -hmm. There's Danny perpendicular to the door, holding his chest, just silent, like softly moaning. And my husband was at the porch. He had dragged himself to the porch, trying just to get a license plate of this guy. And, uh, and then I remember kneeling down and I lifted up Danny's shirt and I saw the, the bullet hole. And then Mark, managed to get himself right back to where we were, and we were flanking him. And I tell everybody that, you know, I always think of Sally Fields and, you know, that movie uh, that she played, I think it was uh, Steel Magnolias, and she's talking at, the, you know, she's saying, I was there when that beautiful baby came into the world. And I was there when he went out. So, you know, it's sort of like, uh, a blessing that he knew his parents were right there. And, uh, you know, uh, it was the worst day of my life. But I have to stay in the light. You know, I have to, you know, I have to honor him. My son expects Mark and I to thrive in this world. Not just survive, to thrive. And I, I always tell people that when Daniel was in his human form, he gave our life purpose. He still gives my life purpose. It's just now it's shining on other people.
I can't imagine that. And I, I said this to you yesterday. I can't imagine finding the strength to do the same thing in your shoes. But I wonder, I wonder if you ever were scared before this or if you had sort of like the bliss of, of ignorance, right, of not knowing. You know, they do, they do a good job in telling us, like, you know, how to take precautions. And we were very precautious, you know. We, we, um, we talked to Danny about not accepting packages, don't bring them into the house. Mm. And not was, opening things that are Right, marked. right. And, but it was COVID. Right. And so we were ordering he, every day. Every day. <laughs> and my son, I love him to death, and he loved my cooking, but he, <laughs> he did love himself some Uber Eats. And so he would order like his whatever he wanted, burritos, and they were coming constantly. Um, and I think it, our, our, I think our, our defenses kind of are yeah. just, you know, loosened up a bit. And we all got a little, but I got to tell you, I mean, again, you know I'm a very spiritual person, and I, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I always say, Danny's friends from Catholic University said, Mrs. Anderl, there's no such thing as coincidences. There's God incidences, they tell me. Um, Danny was in the basement with me that, that day. We were cleaning up right before the doorbell rang. And we were having one of those deep conversations mm -hmm. that, you know, him and I had often. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me all his worries with his friends and everything. Yeah. And I remember he was swinging a wiffle ball back. Always, right? Yes. <laughs> always swinging and a always sports swinging stick. Always swinging something. <laughs> and he just, he just, you know, Mark had come down for a second. And Mark, I tell everyone, that, that was his buddy his sports buddy, his, you know, but I was his confidant. And so he was pouring his heart out to me about some stuff. And he looked at his dad and he was like, mom and I are talking. Yeah. And so Mark bolted up the stairs and um, Danny turned around and he said, mom, keep talking to me. Mm -hmm. I love talking to you. And it was at that very moment that the doorbell rang. And he said, his face changed, Nicole, from calm and serene to like, anxious and concerned like alert in a second and that wasn't Danny and he said and he, before I could say don't don't get it dad'll get it again ran up those stairs to meet his fate and you know a lot of people say you know we don't know what Danny and this man because Marquette was coming around the living room door like he was it's our foyer and and in really to the right of the foyer if you're staring out onto the street was the living room and Mark was coming around and he heard stuff, but you know, he can't, t can't tell us what it was. Mm -hmm. And this man had killed a week earlier, same M.O. Right. With an, a lawyer that he was in angry. California? Yeah. And when he shot that lawyer, he made the lawyer come to the, he played, did the same thing, posed as a delivery guy. Mm -hmm. He needs to sign for it. When the lawyer came, he, um, he started shooting and stepped into the foyer to finish the job. They did all the forensics in my house. That man's footprint was nowhere to be found. Son my son out of your house. kept him out of our house. Away from you. Away from us, away from me, and away from his father, who he knew was right there. So in my mind, you know, that, that was an intentional act of my son's, a sign of bravery and courage. So how can I not be brave and courage, well, courageous I mean, as well? No, I mean, when you've, and you've, <laughs> All right, and so then what they do, so, okay, they bring this woman on, it's just like 40 minutes, okay, they bring her on, they obviously tie all this into Donald Trump and him criticizing judges, 
So if you are a, uh, a Trump supporter, or as she pointed out, if you're a racist, uh, uh, if you're anti-feminist, you are also guilty and responsible. You're also responsible for a story that happened where they claim dark. a woman was shot over an LGBT flag, but there's one part of the story. Let's see if they, if they, because a lot of the coverage of this is omitting the fact that this was a family member of the woman. It was her brother. And a lot of the stories are, are omitting that, but we'll see. Maybe they'll tell the truth. Climate. Three years since her son was killed by a gunman who was targeting her, who in her Fuse was doing so because of her gender and her race. It comes as we learn about another tragedy. This one happened on Friday in California. A woman, a mother of nine, was shot and murdered outside of her store, according to the sheriff's department, by a man who made, quote, disparaging remarks about the shop's rainbow pride flag. At an all day. A man that made disparaging remarks. Vigil over the weekend, dozens of people arrived at the site of the shooting of the murder leaving flowers and cards and pride flags to pay their respects to Laura or Lori and Carlton. From the New York Times reporting on this story, quote, every time someone ripped down the rainbow pride flag from the Magpie clothing store in the San Bernardino Mountains in California, the store's owner, Laura Ann Carlton, responded by putting up a bigger one. The store is listed as a business ally by Lake Arrowhead LGBTQ+, a community group. Quote, Lori did not identify as LGBTQ+, but spent her time helping and advocating for everyone in the community, the group said on Facebook. She will be truly missed. Joining our really important conversation, three of our favorite friends, <laughs> former McCord. Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General for National Security, Mary McCord. Of course. The former FBI counterintelligence agent, Bring Pete Strzok. Also joining us, award-winning author and professor of African-American studies at Princeton University, Eddie Glott. Eddie, I'm going to start with you because my heart has been broken wide open here on TV. Um, we talk about our kids a lot and the things that threaten them. Um, and in some ways, this targeting of people in the arena and, and of their kids is is among the most harrowing. Yeah, Trump is targeting people's kids now, apparently. Of them. It's amazing to me, though, that it isn't a circuit breaker, right? That they we are the victims now. Look up and say, whoa, this isn't what, what we wanted. This isn't what anyone wanted. Um, but it appears that it isn't. And I, and I wonder if you think we've recalibrated for that sad reality. First of all, that's an extraordinary interview, Nicole, on so many different levels. And second, you know, political violence, extra legal violence has always been a feature of American politics. It's something that we are hesitant or reluctant to admit. Uh, you think about political assassination, you think about uh, the violence of the mid 20th century, we can just go down the line and I can give you more, more historical examples. And so when we find ourselves in a moment when the contradictions of the nation are in full view, uh, when we aren't quite comfortable with who we are and where we are, violence often becomes the default position. And many of us, and, and we need to just say this really quickly, it's not an abstraction. What we just heard from the judge and what we know is that this culture of, of political violence, the rhetoric, right, has consequences. A dire consequences for people's lives um, and we just have to acknowledge it for real if we're going to address it earnestly and honestly. 
Pete, you and I had um, a pretty frank conversation um, about your book and about your, I think you talked about getting off the X when you were under constant, daily, targeted threats mm -hmm. of punishment and humiliation and everything that Trump and his allies wanted to do to you. Um, I can't even totally follow the thread on, on, on so so just if you keep in track here you got a, a, a woman judge whose child was murdered then you have a woman who was murdered over a uh, homosexual flag and now those murders are being compared to the verbal criticism levied at Peter Strzok <laughs> that's amazing in their view, why? Um, but I, I wonder, and you don't talk about it a lot, so I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I wonder if you can just explain what it's like for permission structure to exist to yeah, target you and poor, you poor victim. Yeah. Well, Nicole, the first thing I do is echo Eddie's comments. I mean, what an extraordinary act of bravery from Judge Salas to get up and talk about the extraordinary loss that she and her family experienced, to talk about something, the underlying message through her pain, through what she has gone through, to nevertheless bring a very you know, compelling argument about what needs to be done. But it, it, you know, this unfortunately is not an outlier anymore. This is something we're seeing, whether it's a, a man out in Utah who was killed by the FBI after oh, yeah. he pulled a gun on him oh, for, yeah. for, you know, them approaching him for making threats against President uh -huh. Biden, whether it's a woman under arrest in Texas for threatening Judge Chutkin. You know, you're right. I, I do hesitate to to talk about my experiences. The last thing you want to do is personalize it or, or create some sort of challenge. But, you know, I've had people show up at the house. I've had threatening letters delivered. I mean, my kids still in their home look out the blinds before they walk outside in the morning. It is a change in perspective and behavior that growing up overseas and, you know, certain unstable areas that you're you're accustomed to doing that in fraught. Yeah, places. it's like a war zone overseas, but to be doing that or need to worry about doing that on the streets of America, there's nothing I ever expected seeing. And so, you know, part of the chilling aspect of this is Director Ray's last congressional testimony talked about the FBI has created an entire unit, an entire unit of people just to track threats against FBI personnel. And that, that didn't exist in the days when the FBI oh, yeah. was beginning I'm to sure combat organized crime uh, and Al Capone. Right. Yet here we are in 2020. Yes, Trump supporters are worse than gangsters. Right. The FBI has a unit devoted to protecting FBI personnel from threats of violence. So part of the issue, I think, you know, some of it is access to weapons, which is far too easy. But the other aspect is, you know, we have an entire party who is encouraging this sort of behavior, who is speaking in messianic terms, who is talking about the need to extract vengeance and calling people dogs. and yeah, calling people dogs? You're just like murdering people. ...encouraging this violence. Yes, so it's, I, yes. Calling people dogs is violence. I think a lot of things are coming together. I think it's a very fraught time. I, again, completely agree with Eddie. We should, this is not something that is perhaps happening in the future. This is something that is going on now and has been going on for some time. Mary, I, I think constantly about, um, I won't say, not to make it about us in the media, but, no, but how can we be part not. of the solution? And one of the things I worry about is that we silo it too much, right? Um, I don't know that we know that the rhetoric on the right or Ron DeSantis's don't say gay bills or Fox News's elevation of don't say gay right. bills. Right. Any legis state legislature passing laws that Democrats don't like, that's violence.
For the hysteria around the 100 trans athletes who have to figure out how to compete in a sport they grew up loving um, is directly related to violence that targets LGBTQ individuals or their allies. But no one knows that it isn't. Oh, and, that's a great argument. And I wonder if we fail to tie together the climate and the rhetoric with the acts of violence, because we're so afraid of, well, you know, we all, I, I love my First Amendment rights. I can only have this conversation because of the First Amendment. But I worry that there's a chilling effect on, on, on just putting it on the table, whether all of the hate directed at marginalized communities, which, by the way, are all targeted, the Homeland Security Department says they are all targets for political violence right now. There's no one that isn't, except we can all guess who. But I, I wonder if we keep them two separate, because we just look at, well, everyone's free to say what they want. Yeah, this all this violence is happening because of freedom of speech. So we've got to get rid of the freedom of speech now. Well... You know, I think that it doesn't take very much um, of a stretch to tie many of the acts of violence to the rhetoric in the online spaces and in the offline spaces. Three days a week, um, a research group with whom I work with sends me monitoring notes about what they're seeing. And there is not a single day that goes by that there aren't more attacks on the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, it is yes, stop criticizing the LGBT. It's violence just incessant uh, for the last year. I mean, there's always been attacks, but the volume and it's not just saying mean things or or threatening violence in vague ways. There's a lot of organizing. There are events. Oh, how dare you organize? across the country in big cities and small towns, you know, anti-pride events. Oh, how dare you? Uh, white or uh, um, uh, straight pride events. Oh, that are, that's violence. Are, that are, you know, anti-LGBTQ events. There are uh, outside the LGBTQ plus community, there are White Lives Matter events. Oh, and how dare you think White Lives Matter? And, you know, all kinds of sort of pro-white nationalism. Yeah, you got to watch out for all those white lives matter events. They're happening all across the country. That's not totally made up. And so these things are happening all around the yeah, country. Yeah, guys. Oh, those white lives matter. Driving down to Florida, I saw five of them. I was like, oh, another white lives matter rally. Who would have thought? Amazing. On a daily basis. And oftentimes when you do see an act of violence or an attempted act of violence um, take place, once you trace back that person's yes. social media use, their context, right. the type of media that they're consuming. Especially you, when it's Rashawn and Jamal in Chicago, goes goddamn white supremacists. Often see that that's the kind of thing that they're consuming. Right. So yes. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that there's uh, the rhetoric plays into this very much. And look, look at the direct relationship to the things that Donald Trump says and people who are willing to take yeah. action. Right. You know, we have yes. uh, Donald Trump, you know, when he just, if you talk, think about the Mar-a-Lago search right after that, when he vilified the FBI. We, How dare you criticize the FBI? We had, you know, an attempt in Cincinnati, uh, a shooter uh, who tried to attack the FBI. You know, now we have Judge Chutkin right after Donald Trump excoriates her publicly. This is the judge, the federal judge in the District of Columbia who has the his um, federal indictment for the January 6th related 
conspiracy before her. Right after that, we've had a woman in Texas who's actually been arrested for her threatening phone call. But I think the point you raise about the First Amendment is one, as you know, that I've raised before, which is that the First Amendment is not limitless. It does mm -hmm. not protect threats of imminent violence. It doesn't protect violence itself. And I actually think our law has been interpreted to be even more generous than it should. And I think Wait, we have to start rounding people up for their political speech now. Courts are really going to have to grapple with what is imminent violence when we have social media and the internet and people like Mr. Trump and others who say things publicly, whether it's at a rally, whether it's on Truth Social, or whether it's on you know Fox News or some cable news, they say they 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 portray victimhood and they vilify whoever they perceive as their opponent, even their opponent who is just doing their job. Right. Like so we have to ban all criticism of Democrats, all government criticism and criticism of Democrats has to be banned completely. We have to arrest people who criticize us. A federal judge like Judge Salas, like Judge Chuckin, and very soon that thereafter, almost immediately thereafter, you see online threats, and then often it's not very long before you see other types of threats and sometimes actual action. Mm -hmm. And I think this idea of incitement to imminent violence, uh, we have to really think about what imminent means, and I think we do have to have a we have to really rethink the breadth that that people want to give to the First Amendment. It is not limitless. The Supreme Court's been clear about that. Um, it can be overcome by compelling government interests, and public safety is certainly a compelling government interest. I, I want to press all of you on what that looks like, because um, you know, in, in the zeal of um, restricting women's um, right to health care, they want to track periods. Why not in a zeal to prevent political assassinations? Don't we track the web traffic of illegal guns? I mean, it just seems like there's a bucket of things that people are willing to do around certain instances, but around political violence, it feels very difficult to get the boulder moving, to get the conversation starting, and to even make a bipartisan conversation happen. You don't get the sense that Republicans want to have anything to do with a conversation about... No, Republicans don't want to have anything to do with a conversation that criminalizes their political speech and their ability to compete against you? Shocking. Rising political violence. Judge Salas had not a single um, thing to say that was partisan in nature. Oh, get all, the fuck out of here. Very sort of rational and consensus Bullshit. building. And it would be... Um, it would be news to me if I heard that Republicans wanted to come to the table and be part of the conversation around political violence. So I'll put that question to all of you. I have to sneak in a quick break first. Don't go anywhere. We'll all be right back. I had an interesting a little bit, too, and it's warned as an epidemic in our country. Um, and, and, and maybe putting it on the table for us to talk about it as, as a political dynamic that leads to political extremism, or at least creates a more friendly climate for political extremism to grow. Um, I read a lot of Brene Brown. She talks about the Petri dish. And so if you put, if you put the loneliness in the Petri dish with the extremism, it flourishes. If you connect people back up in their communities, maybe it doesn't. Are we still a country that, that cares enough to do that? I mean, I mean, is there, it, it seems that the problem is so obvious and it's staring us in the face, but 
do all of us sort of band together and say they're 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 coming for people aligned with Democrats? They're coming from shop owners aligned with the LGBTQ plus community. They've been coming for minority communities forever. They're coming for the books. They're coming for the teachers. They're coming for the artists. They're coming for the judges. They're coming for the FBI. I mean, do the rest of us stand up and say enough and do something different, or do we not do that anymore, Eddie? Well uh, it doesn't seem that we do it anymore as much. Um, I think you've been you've been raising such an important point here. Responsibility has been so individualized over the last 50 years, right? Such that the idea that we can be responsible as a culture for producing the context for this sort of uh, these sorts of acts, right, is anathema. Right? This is not us. These are these lone individuals. What, what, what are our responsibility in terms of creating the context? I just uh, put entropy back up. That produces this. And it's not just simply that person in the basement of their mother's house. Right? It's also a political rhetoric that cashes in on hatred and grievance. Just really quickly, think about the Enforcement Act of 1871. That was a decision by the country that it was going to get rid of the violence, the extra legal violence of the KKK. They decided to do it. And the echo of that is in the Jan 6 indictment, right? So we can make that decision if we decide that political violence has no place in our politics, but we have actors who take advantage of it for their own gains, for their own pursuit of power. So it has systemic, questions, systemic issues, Nicole, as well as these individual, individual uh, uh, elements as well. And I think the fingerprints of it are, are all over everyone who said and did nothing. And I go back to 9-11 all the time, and if you say something, see something, was what was asked of citizens. Um, now, you, you know, I mean, when Donald Trump accused um, Andrew McCabe of treason, and I don't remember if he accused you of that, too, um, Republicans didn't say or do anything. They, they, you know, they didn't say, um, no, he didn't, you know, crime punishable by death. They said and did nothing. And, and I wonder what you think, Pete, the, the, the sort of damage done by silence. Is that complicity? Is that danger? Is it undoable? Okay, well, of course, again. Nicole, it's complicit, I think. There, there is, the fact of the matter is that multiple years of the Trump presidency with a large bulk of the federal bureaucracy and leadership doing nothing to push back against his outrageous comments and his outrageous demands created lasting harm. And I think, you know, you mentioned 9-11. I think about 9-11 and the, the work we did on the international terrorism front. And then I think about January 6th and the failures. When I look at the FBI, when I look at law enforcement and kind of thinking about how do we approach this new threat how much do we need to rebalance or rethink the, the level that we want law enforcement looking at these threats? Because there's such a hesitancy leading up to January 6th to look at anything which might be construed as political speech. No matter how violent, I think there's a very real need for a discussion about do we need to rebalance where that line is for federal investigations, given the violence that we're seeing. But we absolutely have to do something. I think we did ourselves a huge disservice as a nation by not saying and doing things more during the Trump presidency, mm -hmm. but it's more than overdue to do that right now. And Mary, how does that start? I mean, where does that happen? Well, I want to go back to your question before the great break about, you know, do Republicans care about political violence? And I would submit that there are many who do, because as a matter of fact, many of the victims of threats and violence have been Republicans, Republican election officials, Republican, ele Republican elected officials. And unfortunately, the, these people, I think right now, are feeling somewhat powerless because those in the party who are 
sucking all the air out of the room, getting all the attention, are using and capitalizing on political violence for their own political gain and political purposes because they think it plays well with the base. And so I actually, because I've been out, you know, doing convenings, meeting with regional officials at every level, Republicans and Democrats, they are coming and sitting down at in closed door sessions with Democrats to talk about combating political violence. But their voice is being drowned out by the voices of others who are either louder or, as you say, are com complicit in their silence. It's such a good point. I mean, Gabe Sterling, um, Republican deputy to Brad Rockford. Gabe Sterling is in on it. Burger, I He's think. He's in on the steal. First put the threat climate after the election and before January 6th on the national radar and inserted it into the national conversation when he stood up in Atlanta, Georgia and said, quote, someone's going to get shot. Um, Mary McCord, Pete Strzok, Eddie Glott. So there we go. We got to ban. We got to ban our political opponent's speech. That's what they're arguing. Total insanity. All right. We have some uh, breaking news from the Internet. This is from Ian's network. Let's have a look to see what's going on here. Okay. One moment. All right. This is uh, InfoWars. Biden administration preparing to bring back full COVID restrictions rollout to begin mid-September. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Whistleblowers from the TSA and Border Patrol have uh, raised the alarm to InfoWars that the Biden administration is setting the stage for full COVID lockdowns that will begin with incremental restrictions like masking TSA employees mid-September. The first source, a high-level TSA official confirmed and known to InfoWars, reached out uh, to InfoWars and cited a Tuesday meeting in which TSA managers were told the new memorandums and policies were being completed that would uh, re-implement masking, starting with TSA and airport employees. One moment. Oh, this is all. Hold on a second. The formatting here is wild. Okay. TSA official also said, <clears throat> next week they will receive new guidelines on how the policy will escalate. By mid-October, mask wearing will be required by pilots, flight staff, passengers, and airport patrons. After hearing from the TSA manager, Infowars reacted or reached out to our trusted Border Patrol source, who's also a manager. This source confirmed the same directives were being given to Border Patrol. They were told it was not a matter of if, but when official COVID numbers will go back up, and they expect by mid-October a return to force masking policies that the Biden administration previously only reluctantly ended after massive pressure. Both whistleblowers were told this rollout will be in tandem with the new COVID variant hysteria that has MSNBC, uh, MSM has been reporting on this week. InfoWars analysts, analysis is clear. This new rollout's timing is perfect for the embattled Biden administration to put the country back in a state of civil emergency and even martial law to further divide and confuse the public and move forward with the greatest election meddling in history. Many times Alex Jones has warned that the system will bring back biomedical tyranny and the launch of this new crisis in September will allow a buildup of that control that will allow the use of mail-in ballots in the next election. 
Remember, mail-in ballots were decisive for Biden's last election. We now know the COVID lockdowns were an international psychological warfare operation run by the Ministry of Defense and the Pentagon. Countries worldwide implemented fear campaigns for political purposes and to push experimental shots. But this time around, the masses have awakened to the globalist playbook of conquest and may not be as receptive to mainstream media hysteria. Simply put, the deep state is getting desperate and is behaving like a cornered animal. Yeah, Um, I am interested to see how many uh, people go along with this bullshit. Hopefully it's not a lot. It'll be some, though. It'll definitely be some. All right, we have some more breaking news from the Internet. This is from Eric Gasse. This is coming out of New Zealand. Nursing Council suspends anti-transgender activist Jennifer Scott. A Dundon anti-transgender and anti-mandate activist had her nursing license suspended. Nursing Council of New Zealand Senior Legal Advisor Claire Pendergrass confirmed Jennifer Scott had her practicing certificate suspended. That meant she was unable to practice nursing at present. We cannot comment on the individual cases, but the council is able to suspend nurses practicing certificates while an investigation is pending. In a Facebook post Wednesday, Scott confirmed the, the suspension. Quote, all because I've openly criticized the jab and state very clearly that a woman is an adult human female. They have not listened to any research I've sent them, she said. Scott recently addressed the Dundon City Council, where her opinion on the use of changing rooms by trannies was criticized by Mayor Aaron Hawkins. Scott addressed the council with concerns about trannies using the female changing room at the Mona Pool. She asked for the council to ensure designated sex-based private areas, such as changing rooms and toilets, would be upheld in all facilities funded or owned by the council. After her submission, Hawkins, who appeared visibly shaken, told Scott her submission was hard to listen to and it was, and it was at the very least distasteful, if not repugnant. Yeah, how dare you not want predators around you and your children? He told her he was proud to be part of an organization which, which supported groups in the community and to be inclusive of who they were. They're talking about pedophiles. Hawkins said Scott's words were harmful to the LGBTQ community. Good, fuck them. Scott had said that she wanted to speak out as a registered nurse, but it is understood she lost her job last year due to the vaccine mandate. Scott did not respond to a request for comment. It is so funny when people, leftists, they decide to be the arbiter of the LGBTQ community. You know, there's plenty of gay people that listen to this show, okay? And uh, there's plenty of gay people that are not retarded when it comes to masks and trannies. Okay? So so uh, if you pretend that all those people agree with you? Get out of here. What a crack of shit. That's manipulation. That is manipulation. All right. Thank you, Eric Gasse and Ian's Network. With that breaking news from the internet, if you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Let me read some of these super chats. We're taking uh, super chats through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. We got Stabbing Joe Scarborough says, hey, uh, hey, HB, welcome back. I get worried when people disappear. Love you, man. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, a few days on the road, driving back, and uh, yeah, good to go. Um, nothing too eventful on the road. Uh, 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 
almost. Uh, I was like 45 minutes away from home. And there was the one of the closest non-accidents I've ever seen. Uh, I, I wasn't involved and I wouldn't have been involved. But this car was like turning slowly off of the... Uh, the highway and this fucking animal in a white Benz was zigzagging. And like, listen, I don't care if you speed, but this guy was driving like an animal. He's he's zigging in and out of traffic, passing people on the right. This guy's coming with zero fucks to give. And I am telling I'm telling you, like a split second is all that uh, stopped that accident from happening. Maybe, like, if a car spun, it would have hit me or something. I think I was far enough away from it where I, I would have been all right. But I was like, holy... It was crazy. These fucking people... Like I said, mostly uneventful. I will say, there was this one instance on my way down that happened. I think this was only the second time this has ever happened to me in my life. So, now, if I'm on the... If I'm in the left lane then what I'm about to explain is totally fine, okay? If I'm in the left lane, like, the way I view it is, uh, like, because I'm not a, I don't speed, okay? I go about, I go about five over the speed limit. So I'm mostly in the right lane. Um, in, in the total AIDS insanity that is, like, the Beltway in Virginia, I'm, like, center lane because there's, like, three and four lanes, so I usually go center lane. But most of the other places, I'm right lane. And this happened in, like, South Carolina. This didn't happen in... Virginia or Maryland, where I would have expected it to happen. Okay, so I'm in the right lane. I'm in, not the left lane, I'm in the right lane. I'm going five over the speed limit. I got a truck in front of me. I got a car behind me. I can go nowhere. Again, I'm in the right lane. And this fucking animal in a truck, not like a, not an 18-wheeler, just in a truck, he pulls all the way up. At first, I was like, oh, he's definitely hitting me. He didn't hit me, pulls all the way up, and starts doing the light flash thing. Have you ever had a motherfucker come up from behind you on the highway and start flicking his lights? Now, if you do that when I'm in the left lane, I don't have a problem with that, because what that is saying is, hey, you're not going fast enough in the left lane. You got to figure this out because I want to go fast. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. What the fuck do you want me to do in the right lane, you fucking retarded monkey? What do you want me to do in the right lane? I literally can't go anywhere. And so this whole time, and I'm a calm motherfucker, so this whole time I'm like, what does this piece of shit want me to do? And I'm looking around, I'm like, I got a truck in front of me, a car beside me. I'm like, I literally can't go anywhere. And I'm like, I'm not doing shit. And so I'm like, well, I'm just going to, you know, maintain my self-control. And of course I'm going to slow down a little now because you're being a fucking bitch. So now I'm going to go slower. So I start going slower because, you know, you fuck with me like that. I'm going to start going slower. Anyway... Then he switches lanes. Still can't go anywhere. It, it's, it, it is what? Like, what are you doing? Doing the light flash in the right lane. I think you should be arrested for that. Anyway, whatever. Other than that, it was a pretty smooth drive. But man, yeah, and in South Carolina, where it's just pretty much easy driving almost the whole time, unless there's construction. You know, that's some shit that, like, if you're driving up to New York, that's some shit I would expect to see. You know, these assholes in the... You, you know when you're starting to hit the north... Because you get these fucking assholes in these BMWs that are like zigzagging, not giving a fuck, passing on the right and left. This one motherfucker, this one motherfucker in Maryland comes up. He go okay, so I, I'm center lane. He, he goes to the right of me, in front of me, 
to the left. It's it, There's tons of cars, right? He's zigging in and out, then proceeds to go middle lane, right lane, and then goes on the side and drives on the side to get ahead. What the? What is going on? Unbelievable. You're driving on the fucking, whatever the fuck that's called, the side of the road? What a bitch. Anyway, that's about it, though. It really wasn't that bad. Uh, Javinus Midas says, Cindy Rochelle and I lived in an RV with three cats for five years. We loved the lifestyle. Now we're just part-time. We would have continued, but we wanted a house before it got too expensive. I thank God every day that I wasn't David Pakman. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, house... I'm just not... I'm just... I don't I don't think I'm a house person. I just really... I, I just... I... I... I just, I don't have enough... I just don't have time. I just don't want to, like... I know people that have houses. One dude was like, oh, yeah, I got to, I had to uh, redo the driveway because a water main broke. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but apparently concrete is insane. He's been quoted like 35 grand, 25 grand for a concrete driveway. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, fuck that shit. Anyway, I don't know what the hell's going on. That's Bidenomics. Mojack420 says, I got sent to Twitter jail for answering a question on how to stop Tiggers from attacking cars. I said, run them over, off to the cell block. Yeah, people were uh, uh, putting it on Twitter and, and had a screenshot. Mojack420 has been banned on Twitter. That's an outrage. That's a goddamn outrage. They need to reinstate that account immediately. Twitter is AIDS right now. Twitter is... Uh, it looks like all of the good that happened is just being reversed every day, just more and more. It's not good. Not good at all. Um, Cooper Sees the Truth says, I could be wrong, but I don't recall this Democrat shill judge standing up and vocally condemning the commie faggot who got caught trying to assassinate Kavanaugh. No, I don't recall that either. I don't recall that either. And, and the other thing is, like, this is not, this is not a Trump supporter. This is a person... It was like a criminal trial or whatever. Like this is just, just ridiculous behavior, to to blame Trump supporters who are not committing any violence for something someone did three years ago that wasn't even related to Trump. Alcove says, "Never forget this AIDS-filled niglet, Eddie Glaude." Again, I'm quoting. Laughed out loud on live TV when describing how few white farmers were murdered in South Africa. I saw that clip. It's disgusting. No quarter for long face cunt. McCord, the rest. Yeah, Eddie Gloud laughed at the white farmers being killed in South Africa. And look, look, here's the thing. Like, I'm not moral fagging here. It's the internet, right? So you're going you're gonna to see every reaction possible. My issue is these are the people who tell you you're the immoral person. You're the immoral person because of your jokes or... Or whatever, but they're laughing at white people being murdered. It's like wild. It's completely wild. It's like um, it's like being. I don't. What would it, I don't even know what the equivalent is. It's like whores calling uh, other whores, or even non-whores calling them whores. Well, who are you to to talk? You're a fucking whore anyway. Cooper sees the truth, says, notice how when they're talking about recalculating the First Amendment, these AIDS faggots are not just saying they need to criminalize people, saying certain things. 
They also included how Republicans aren't standing up and speaking out against things that they don't like. Yeah, they also because they have that whole thing of silence is violence, silence is complicity. I think that they want to ultimately make it mandatory to be. It's not just. It's like the shit with um, who who was the commie that said uh, you, it's not enough to be. Uh, against racism, you have to be explicitly anti-racist or whatever shit. They want, they want proactive effort. They, they want to mandate proactive effort. And if you want an example of this, I forget which company it was, but they're starting to use AI. And what the AI does is it tracks what you've been saying about homosexuals and the LGBT. And if you're quiet, that's also a negative. They want you to be positively affirming the LGBT and all their practices. It's crazy. He also says these goddamn tyrannical lunatics not only want to imprison people for saying things they don't like, but they also want to make it criminal for you to not publicly condemn whatever they demand. You need to condemn. Yeah, I think they would do that. That's why I think mandatory cock is on the way. Which sounds ridiculous, but I, I think that, uh, I, I think that, look, even if they can't arrest you, they would want to make it where, like, whether, you know, you're going to have this, if you, if you have a job in an office that's using a certain type of AI, it's going to be monitoring you. It's going to be incentivizing you or coercing you into saying the things they want you to say. Absolutely. If you want to go real next level... Uh, the World Economic Forum had that segment at one of their conferences where they were out in the open talking about reading people's minds and had even examples of how it would work in the workplace. You know, this one employee started sexually fantasizing about another employee and then they got some sort of jolt from the boss telling them to stop thinking wrong thoughts and get back on task and then they got back on task. Crazy insanity. Crazy insanity. These people are fucking lunatics. All right, what is today's date? The 22nd? Okay, let's see here. All right, so we've got some breaking news there. Kevin S. says, Check out my recording if you have a chance. Good driving shit, by the way. I'll email it to you. All right, I'll check uh, the emails. Thank you. All right, so, yeah, let me, um, let me read these. We'll do a video, and then we'll get to this next breaking news block here. Lorenzo Swing Du Bois says, Shout out to Bazinski for giving Left 4 Dead 2 on Expert a go. The infected hit like a truck. The witch kills you in one shot like a proper soul-sucking woman. And the director acts like you fucked his girl with the special infected spawns. It's wild but fun. Did I play Left 4 Dead 2? Was that the one where the, the, the woman is like crying? When, when you approach her and then she becomes like vicious I don't know I don't remember um, I remember in Red Dead how great the first time because I didn't know I didn't know anything okay so I'm in the swamp and all of a sudden you hear a woman crying and then and it's like real like weird and you're like is there a woman crying and then you like find there's a woman crying and then when you walk over it's actually not a woman it's a tranny it's like a tranny robber and then some other and they're like they have like face paint 
their face is painted white. They look like zombies, and then they come out to rob you. It's fantastic. And then, you, of course, you could just slaughter all of them. Oh, it's a great game. It is a great game. I think I, uh, I need to run through that game again. Oh, let's see. Bazinski says, uh, Israel protects the U.S. like they did to the USS Liberty in Building 7. Vivek better watch his language or else he's going to get a special visit and get shekel shock just like Ahmed did when he was fucking his goat in Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, uh, Vivek might get the call. you got to watch out when you get the call. That is... Uh, those calls change a lot of behavior. Horatio Nelson says, If this capital crumbled to the ground, the one thing that would remain is our commitment to our aid, and I don't even call it aid, our cooperation with Israel. That's fundamental to who we are. That's a quote from Nancy Pelosi 2019. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. By the way, HNN Discord got nuked by Jannies. Rip, four years. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah, I got a couple of emails. Apparently, the unofficial Discord was terminated, um, and everyone in the Discord got a warning. And I didn't know this. This is how it worked on Discord. Even if you're just part of the Discord, you could get in trouble. So let's say you're pro homosexual, okay? And you join the wrong Discord. You're still getting in trouble. That's so wild. Anyway, yeah, apparently, apparently, it. I think the issue, from what I understand, is that um, uh, you're you're too hard on the pedophile homosexuals. That's really that's the impression that I'm getting. Okay, because um, it's funny the leftists that report shit. They don't care about the based homosexuals. They're not interested in the opinions of the based homosexuals. Uh, normal homosexuals, you know, people that might be in your family or who, who are just like regular people, they don't give a fuck about them. They want you to laud the spe specifically the pedophile homosexuals, the grooming homosexuals. Those are the ones. You better stop criticizing them and you better get go along with what they say. Otherwise, they're going to flag all your shit. That's how it works. It's a hell of a thing because they can't really make any arguments. Because, first of all, how are you going to argue? How are you going to argue your position as a leftist? <laughs> you know, society doesn't like pedophiles, so you're really not going to be treated kindly. So you got to censor. That's really your only move. So anyway, it's a, it's a hell of a thing. Um... Horatio also says they've got the same shit happening with wildfires in Greece, but on steroids. Illegals torching historic forests and strategic areas to rush through border control. Violent nationalist vigilantes coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but it looks like... I mean, I'm not 100% on this. I'm leaning towards this. But uh, it does look like they're using fire as, as a means to um, put forward their agenda. Deliberate fires. I hope that's not the case, but I'm really getting that impression that that's what they're doing. And uh, that's sick. That's really sick. Unbelievable. So I guess we'll see. Um, Greek citizen militia and elsewhere have begun arresting illegal aliens by force as the authorities are busy fighting fires set by illegals attempting to force their way into the cities. You break into someone's country and you start burning shit? Bro, what do you expect people to do? That's like... 
bro, I, I don't know what you expect people to do in that situation. You're lucky they're arresting you. I'm not saying they should do something else. I'm just saying that if I read they did something else, I'd go, well, that sounds about right. Okay. All right, let, let's get to another video, and then we will come back uh, for these breaking news links. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll go to... One second. Let's see. Um, we'll start with this one. Chank is really upset because a teacher in Georgia broke the law and got fired, and he doesn't like that. Last fall, a teacher by the name of Karen Luritsen had been selected as Idaho's Teacher of the Year. Now, she's actually planning to leave the state and move to Illinois altogether because of the harassment that that honor has led to. Now, apparently she says that after she won the award, she was attacked by conservatives who claimed that she was trying to indoctrinate their children. Now. I read some of the pieces that were written about her just to make sure we, we're not missing anything here. And let me just say, we're not missing anything here. With that said, let me give you the details on the harassment she was dealing with. So this dream of being named teacher of the year turned into a nightmare for her. She had been teaching for 20 years when she received the teacher of the year award just last September. Now Sherry Yabara, who is Idaho's state superintendent of public instruction said this of the teacher. Karen's talents go beyond a mastery of teaching. She has created tremendous connections with her students and the wider school community. And she excels in the art of building classroom relationships that involve not only her students, but also their educational network from parents to peers. So she sounds lovely. Well, not lovely enough apparently for some members of the right wing. I'm gonna give you an example of a headline that was written about her. I also read this piece to see what they were actually complaining about. So Action Idaho wrote in September of 2022, leftist activist named teacher of the year by Idaho's Department of Education. Now in that piece, they provided some examples of her social media posts that they were concerned about. Namely, her denial that critical race theory was being taught in Idaho's public school system, which is demonstrably true. There was also this image of her that I'm sure was very naughty and very, very dangerous according to some of these right wingers. It's just a profile photo of her, it's her Facebook page. And it has one of those like pre-made filters that says love is love with the um, the rainbow flag, just signaling that she is supportive of the LGBT community, okay? Yep. So the outlets that are criticizing her failed to provide any evidence that she had actually brought her personal political views into the classroom. Um, the only issue that conservatives took with the actual substance of her lessons is that uh, she acknowledged the existence of other cultures apparently, and they didn't like that. So her own global interests often inspired her teaching. But Luritsen said she faced complaints from parents about a lesson on some worldwide cultures who eat insects and even objections to students learning about the United Nations. She said, quote, when it's my kid can't do this, because it's propaganda and my kid can't do this because we don't believe in the United Nations. It's like, what? It's not Santa Claus. What do you mean you don't believe in it? Even if I have certain beliefs myself does not mean that I teach kids, like meaning she's not teaching her personal values to the students. It's not my job to indoctrinate or make kids little versions of myself. 
It's to make kids into the best version of themselves. So Jank, there's more detail, but go off. Yeah, all right, so uh, let's talk about where this started and where we are today. Uh, I remember when we started covering these stories a couple of years back, uh, Republicans said, no, 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 no. This is just for elementary school kids. Correct. And yes, we tricked you just like you tried to trick us, fucker. And, uh, and I was on a right wing show recently and they mm -hmm. showed like this one book they found with like gay oral sex in it. And they're like, can you imagine? And okay, so that's the Patrick Bet David show. They were, they were, they were too nice to Chenk. I, I really, uh, you know, I, I try to be fair. I like Patrick Bet David. I, I listened to his appearance on Rogan. I liked how he was really trying to get Rogan to interview Trump. I appreciate that. Um, I think he's good overall. I do like him overall. I thought a little bit, a little, uh, little light-handed with Chank, unfortunately. And to this day, they're still pretending that that's the issue, right? It is the issue, they've demonstrated it clearly. Then it was like, well, maybe not just elementary school students, maybe all high school students. Yeah, they're like, well, maybe not graphic stuff, but just even the fact that gay people exist. Okay, so that's totally made up, that is a complete lie. And well, maybe not just the fact that uh, critical race theory, since we made that up, it's not being taught in any of the elementary schools. Another absolute blatant lie. School students or the high schools or anywhere else. Again, uh, so maybe just a total blatant made up lie. Maybe it's even teaching that slavery was bad. We don't like that. Maybe Again, totally made up. Just he, as usual, Chenk just makes up bullshit. Teach the upsides of slavery. Now it has morphed into, no, we don't want our kids to know that they exist or that there was anything that was done wrong to them. But we don't even want teachers, even if they're not teaching that, to have that personal opinion in their personal lives. In other words, if you don't hate gay people and you don't hate black people, we don't want you teaching our kids. Totally made up. Why don't you go tell on yourself like this? It's not real, you're just making up bullshit. She didn't teach a single one of those things in school. God forbid she should teach that gay people exist in the world and that black people should be equal. I know you would hate that, right wingers in Idaho. You Look, you proved it, you proved it. Here's a great teacher, teacher of the year in your state. And you guys did a witch hunt against her. She got punished for it. She got punished because you Neanderthals were like. I like how angry that it makes him, that's very pleasing. You must hate gay people, you must hate them. And if you don't hate gay people, we're gonna fire you, okay? Now you tell me, I'm trying to reach out to Republicans. I get a lot of flack from the left uh, for doing it, right? And then you like, so you tell me Republicans, is this who you are? Because these are the laws that you're passing, these are the witch hunts you're on, and these are the good people whose lives you're trying to destroy. So if it's not all of you, Prove it, prove I don't have to prove a goddamn thing to you, retard. Go fuck yourself. I would rather you freak out and give yourself a heart attack. That would bring me pleasure. Prove it, fight back against the Neanderthals. So, so Chenk Uger is gonna make up a bunch of bullshit that didn't happen and then claim that you have to do something about the made up thing. And what is it that you can do about the made up thing? Obey him and do what he says. <laughs> this manipulation is so retarded. These bigots in your party, <laughs> you'll never do it. What are you, Barnes? You're a racist bigot. Just go ahead, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, prove me wrong. No, no, you're not gonna do it. 
So look, because no, it's totally made up, and I'd rather watch you freak out. I'll keep doing what we do. You want to agree with us on corruption? Great. You want to agree no. with us on higher wages? Great. But I'm. I want you in prison. Do you understand the score? I want you in jail, Chank. I want you in jail. That's it. Jail. That's it. Never going to agree to this. I'm never. Ever I don't care. This is what we're doing. They did it. She's gone. You are not in control. They've taken over. They're doing it their way. You have no power here. There's nothing you can do. That's why you're so angry. And that's all. Oh, it's satisfying. It's very satisfying. We're ever going to do it. And you're wrong. And you're hateful. <laughs> Don't teach your kids that hate. You should, you should have a thousand of those teachers in Idaho. It would greatly improve. You probably wouldn't have turned out as backwards as you did if you had better <laughs> teachers. Oh, are you hurt? Are you feeling hurt? Oh, we just wanted to hate gay people and black people. But no, oh, boo hoo, I was criticized. Jen called me a Neanderthal. It's okay when I'm victimizing other people. But if I hurt your feelings, all of a sudden you're gonna cry, right? None of you're these people, none of these conversations happen. He just makes them up in his head. Who cares what Shank Uger thinks? He's a retard. I'm crying right now. Oh, just because we're racist. I can't believe you called us racist. If anyone isn't racist, we fire them. But I'm not racist. Don't hurt my feelings. Show me, Republicans. Show me fighting back against this. <laughs> you won't do it. We Again, you are demanding that we fight, a, fight back against something cartoonishly made up by you in your head fight back against by the way even if what you said was real i wouldn't fight back against it i would watch you self-emoliate and laugh and laugh radicals on our side go ahead show me oh chris christie once said something mean about donald trump and mitt romney once did something reasonable show me you're not going to show it you drove her out of that state you're not going to do anything about these he won't even have conversations with people the radicals these racists, these bigots, you earn those titles, you earn them. So this has happened to other teachers as well. That's um, awesome. I just wanna give you a few other examples. Back in 2020, uh, an educator named Chris Dyer, uh, it, who won the Louisiana Teacher of the Year, uh, told the Boston Globe that he's received death threats from conservatives after yeah, receiving sure that right. honor. Right, yeah. In an interview, Dyer argued that the majority of parents and teachers get along well, but that some politicians and a few loud voices on the right are manufacturing, that's an important word here, manufacturing opposition between the groups. Yeah, whatever you say, Pedro. That they say has created a culture of fear, uh, even among current teachers of the year. And that's the thing, look, Good Faith wanted to investigate what happened to Lauren, um, I'm sorry, Karen Loritzen, wanted to see if there's any, you know, merit to the accusations against her. And these publications, like conservative publications that have written about her, have failed to provide a single shred of evidence of her mm. indoctrinating the students with anything, uh -huh. you know, gender theory, CRT, no evidence of it at all at all the party so, of hate get real yes okay get real. sounds Look, good we call it the it is reasonable and righteous to hate commies so i'm completely on board chank absolutely and like i said even if what you said was true i would still oppose you just because it makes you so angry
Democratic Party every single day on this show. And I say they're not the party of FDR anymore. They're not trying to help the average guy. They're all trying to help their donors. We're honest. Have you ever seen a right wing you media? You are never honest. You are not capable of being honest. Most be honest. Have you ever seen them say, oh no, this is bigotry. This is obvious bigotry. That's her personal opinion. She didn't teach the kids. What, you're not allowed to have the personal opinion that you, we shouldn't hate gay people? That that's like now forbidden? Again, no totally made up. That's not at issue. That's not at issue at all. Not to hate gay people? Let me see you right wing media hosts. Here's how many right wing media hosts will be outraged by this. Zero, zero. None of them will talk about it because they wouldn't want to upset their bigoted racist audience. Ooh, prove me wrong, prove me wrong. None of you will prove me wrong. None of you will do it because you know who your audience is and you wanna feed this monster. I wanna say one thing, look, the United Nations thing is not nearly as important as the others, right? But wait, you- Yeah, who cares about the United no, Nations? No, 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 I care because of two th no, I'm reasons. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Number one, they're like, say that the United Nations doesn't exist. Come on guys, the United Nations exists, you morons, it exists. So you want the teacher to pretend it doesn't exist. And why do they hate the United Nations? Because it's all of humanity working together. That nothing will make a conservative angrier than human beings de being decent to one another and working together. You wanna bring the whole world, all these different ethnicities together? They're not all white, I hate them. The, the world working together, oh, I hate it, I'm a right winger. No, I hate everyone else, circle the wagons. Prove, you prove me wrong, prove me wrong. None of you will prove me wrong. None of you will prove me wrong. Go ahead, I dare you. So let's get to the happy ending here because believe it or not, there were members of the community who rallied in support of this educator. So her town rallied around her because she wasn't doing anything wrong in the classroom and they wanted to show her support. Um, now Jones wants to build a mentorship program for educators in her district to better protect them from bad faith attacks. I love that she's doing that, but I just wanna say, I think it would be better for her to stay in Idaho and avoid fleeing the state. Don't let them win. Don't allow them to run you out of your own state after you won teacher of the year. I know, but it's not on her, man. I don't blame her at all. No, I don't blame I her mean, either. Who, I no, escort them out, escort them out. I totally understand it, but you're letting them win, right? Don't let them win. And look, it's easy for me to say, I know what it's like to deal with dogpiling and endless attacks, it's different for a a private citizen, right? And it becomes overwhelming and super scary. But I hate to see the bigots win. Yeah, okay. Improve. Oh, you're gonna see a lot of the bigots winning. Prove yourselves, uh, state of Idaho, just a couple of years ago. I, I love this new tactic from Chank that s somehow people have an obligation to prove themselves to Chank Uger. <laughs> Ago, I was having a conversation on another <laughs> program that we have about how That's Idaho so could be great. And Idaho could be like Colorado, but less expensive. And maybe people should move to Idaho. I'll never make that mistake again. Good, good. Keep the commies out of Idaho. Until things turn around. Keep Idaho based. Because, I mean, you think I'd send my family to a state filled with bigots? They don't want you, fucker. They don't want anything about you. And racist, good. Who would then drive all of the smart teachers out? Yes, get it, get the commies out and stay out of fucking Idaho. And only have like the worst, the most degraded Neanderthal politicians who did. 
don't believe in education at all? Don't believe in working together? Who the hell would want to live in a toxic dump site like that? But Idaho, I believe it or not, the citizens, I believe in you. I think you can be better than that. I think you are. You defend pedophiles. You have no ability to be a moral arbiter of anyone. Are better than that. But right now, you're not proving it at all. They don't have to prove anything to you, Kami. Everyone is cowering to these radicals. These radicals now run the place. Yes, yes they do. Oh, this is getting good. Because you let them be the Gestapo. Yes. And run all good people out of Idaho. Correct, meaning commies, run all the commies out of Idaho. Is anyone in the right wing or independents ever going to fight back against these monsters? Why would we help you? We want you in prison. Why would we help you? What are you talking about? If we can't get you in prison, we want you out of our fucking neighborhoods and communities. Young Turks. Thanks for watching. <laughs> He's so pissed off. That's fantastic. That was satisfying, man. Well, that was a satisfying video right there. Okay, let's get to some of these uh, breaking news. One moment. Okay, let's see here. Got uh, breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Let's have a look here. Okay, clicking that. Okay, let's see. All right, here is, um, I think this is Army News. Women in Army SOF resorted to buying their own armor study finds. Oh, that's interesting. Nearly half of women in the U.S. Army Special Operations Command have problems with the way their issued gear fits, and some resort to buying their own or borrowing a spouse's to ensure they can operate in comfort and safety. That's according to a wide-ranging internal study on uh, barriers to service for women in special operations obtained by the Military Times through a public records request. Uh, 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 in the study, uh, which included a survey of 5,000 USA SOC members uh, and a small focus group meetings with 198 women throughout the command, uh, access to properly fitting gear uh, and even inexpensive devices allowing for urination in field environments emerged as a major concern. Two years later, many of the recommended solutions remain works in progress as the Army completes wear experiments and fit tests. For some issues, though, officials say the solution comes down to better education and awareness about how to adjust gear or request needed items. The 106-page study found... 44% dealt with equipment fit problems that hindered their ability to perform their essential soldier skills, consequently creating adverse effects on overall lethality and survivability. These issues ranged from body armor designed for men that didn't fit against a woman's body, leaving coverage gaps, mile packs that rubbed shorter women raw, helmets that couldn't be adjusted over hair buns, and left soldiers unable to see in front of them, and lack of bladder relief systems that forced soldiers to hold their urine 
until they develop urinary tract infections or to resort to the dangerous practice of tactical dehydration. Having available gear that fits and meets the needs of female soldiers is more than a practical consideration, the study noted. It's also about acknowledging women as full members of units and teams. Maybe this is a mistake. Have you thought of that? Hmm. Of course not. Over the course of this study, it became evidence that gender bias is deeply embedded into staff processes and equipping uh, at all echelons, thus creating additional barriers, or that women don't belong in this position. How about that? Uh, The majority of these biases are a result of preconceived beliefs that female service members should not receive gender-specific accommodations. A mentality change is necessary to modify the archaic attitude that supplying tools to female service members is an act of accommodation versus simply providing our warfighters with the right tools for the job. Across all ranks and demographics, the study found women in USA SOC are taking matters into their own hands to acquire body armor that can move safe they can move safely in that's despite a US special operations command policy requiring SOF forces to wear only body armor that's been approved by the command one senior enlisted woman said her husband gave her a set of body armor for their anniversary an officer bought her own because i needed it to fit she said in addition to mobility issues associated with poor fitting body armor Many women reported not being issued side plates due to a lack of inventory and very limited availability of extra small and small sizes, the study reported. Well, that, that money probably went to hosting Drag Queen Story Hour. When the results of the study were published at the end of 2021, the Army was in the process of fielding the modular scalable vest, a lighter and more adjustable armored plate carrier that promised to address major fit complaints for women as well as shorter Men fit tests with the MSV continue, and women in USA SOC are set to get the vest at the undetermined date following fielding to the Army's close combat forces, said Lieutenant Colonel Rachel Sepis, the head of USA SOC's, SOC's year-old women in ARSOF initiative. In addition, she said the command was evaluating a wedge armor add-on prototype recently purchased from SOCOM that can be worn worn with existing plate carriers to improve fit and fill gaps between the body and vest. It's not going to be just specific to females. It would be specific to different body types. Fitting with the wedge system are expected in early 24. While problems uh, with how the advanced combat helmet fit over a hair bun were addressed in part by an army regulation allowing for ponytails and braids, The study brings up certain activities critical to special operations, including static line airborne operations and military freefall, in which unsecured hair might be a danger or liability. You can't, but you can't tell them to cut their hair. That's bigotry. Okay. SEPA said another great concept likely to enter testing in February 24 is an adjustable strap for the ACH that can better accommodate hair in a bun. Then what a retarded society. This is wild. Just cut your goddamn hair. You're in the army. What the fuck do you think this is? A game? Just cut your fucking hair. Oh my god. We have to have donkey helmets to make sure these fuck get out of here with this retardation. Oh my god. This is so fucking stupid. Oh my god. All right. Whatever, man. Whatever. Unbelievable. 
For the Molly Ruck system, which can irritate and injure soldiers with smaller stature because of its large frame, Sipa said one solution is better education on how to adjust packs for a better fit. The women in the ARSOF initiative, she said, is working on video tutorials to demonstrate correct adjustment. For instances where the packs can't be adjusted to spec, she encourages soldiers to photograph the issue they're encountering so she can deliver the evidence to developers for better solutions. When the individual is saying, my equipment doesn't fit, that doesn't help someone that's doing the engineering. They need to know where are you having hot spots, where is rubbing, where is it causing muscle tension, and all those types of things. Lack of information also proved a hindrance when it came to devices allowing women to urinate in the field without undressing. The Army remains in a lengthy process of designing a new device that can make the process even easier and more discreet. Seppis said one user assessment involved an in-uniform system that would allow users to relieve themselves literally on the run. This improved system is expected to be provided to aviators as well as ground combat troops once the evaluation is complete. In the meantime, SEPA said USASOC does have a stock of funnel-like field urinary diversion devices which women can request, but the study demonstrated that this is not well known. Multiple respondents said they purchased their own commercially available devices or suffered in silence. If you've never asked a question about a urinary device as a junior soldier, then probably no one's told you. Part of it is creating that kind of awareness and knowledge of things that do exist. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the American military. Incredible. All right. We have more breaking news from the Internet from GunFox. Appreciate the support, sir. Let's have a look here. Uh, down your throat. Biden pushes CCS on polluted places. They like shoving shit down your throat. Got to tell you that much. Environmental justice advocates have long opposed efforts to build carbon capture infrastructure in marginalized communities. Their worries are manifold. Pipelines could burst. Storage sites might leak. Fossil fuel power plants uh, might linger. Their lifespan extended by a technology that captures carbon dioxide, but not smog and soot. Um, but the Biden administration has repeatedly linked carbon capture and storage with environmental justice. It has gone as far as to count some CCS spending towards its Justice 40 initiative to invest in disadvantaged communities against the express wishes of its own hand-picked advisory panel on, on environmental justice. The vibe that we've been getting for a while is like, this is happening whether you like it or not, uh, which is not a great starting point. It feels like there's no room for discussion or flexibility. It's more like we're forcing something down your throat, like with some sugar. Minority and poor communities have suffered the brunt of fossil fuel pollution for decades, now amid a historic effort to tackle climate change. Environmental justice advocates say the government is rushing to embrace solutions that give polluters a lifeline and draw out the suffering of long-burdened communities. 
The Biden administration has gone all in on carbon capture and removal, known collectively as industrial carbon management. Joe Biden has offered lucrative incentives and and demonstration money for the technology through signature bills. And the EPA has used carbon capture and as the linchpin of its climate rule to cut pollution from power plants. Science backs up the strategy. The world's top researchers say countries will have to extract massive amounts of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere in order to prevent catastrophic warming. Totally made up. The UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has found that carbon capture and storage in which CO2 is captured from the smokestack of a factory or power plant and buried underground permanently. This is so fucking retarded. We'll also need to meet global emission goals. It's effectively the only way to make deep cuts in emissions for some sectors like steelmaking. And the panel says CCS may be needed to manage carbon from power derived from fossil fuels, which are projected to stay dominant globally until mid-century. But some environmentalists and advocates for fence-line communities fear that both technologies, direct air capture, and carbon capture could prop up the fossil fuel industry that has burdened marginalized areas for decades. Some oil companies have been uh, quick to take advantage of federal incentives to suck carbon out of the air, with one oil executive describing direct air capture as a way to preserve our industry. I think the administration, in many ways, has bought into the industry pressure to allow fossil fuel industries to continue to thrive during this transition period. Good. Biden came in the office promising uh, to right the environmental wrongs of the past, citing the administration's action on climate change as lifting up the minority and poor communities impacted by generations of pollution and neglect. They do not give a fuck about you. You are a tool. You are a shield that they use for many things, like when they're committing, you know, uh, election fraud or whatever, or they want power. They use black people. They're not, do- not going to help you. One of the first executive orders was to form a panel of outside experts to advise the White House on policies that might impact these communities. But the administration hasn't always heeded its advice. The White House Environmental Justice Advisory Panel asked the administration not to count the Department of Energy's carbon capture and carbon removal program towards the Justice 40 initiative, the signature commitment for Biden. Oh, that was a big one. Mm. You can tell I'm back because you just heard upstairs Negar move. I don't know what that was. That was a big furniture move on that one. The signature commitment from Biden directs 40% of the benefit of climate and energy investment to underserved communities. Counting those programs towards the Justice 40 goal, the panel said, would cut into potential investments in more promising areas like renewable energy. That was two years ago. The White House has not responded to those recommendations, and DOE ended up counting numerous carbon management demonstration programs towards the Justice 40 goal. DOE did not answer a question from E&E News about whether it might uh, revisit that decision, but the department pointed to its Community Benefits Plan framework, which encourages carbon management developers applying for federal funding to outline employment and equity benefits in host communities. 
Those benefits become contractual obligations if the project is awarded funding. Such plans are the best strategy available to the department to ensure that communities are meaningfully engaged in and design and eventual construction of carbon management projects. The White House has also gone out of its way to ensure some direct air capture facilities and uh, that are built in disadvantaged areas despite opposition to them. The administration secured language in the 2021 bipartisan infrastructure law specifying that two of DOE's direct air capture hubs would be located in economically distressed communities that depend on fossil fuels. Environmental justice leaders fear the hubs will end up in minority communities in places like the Louisiana coastline, which they say has long been treated as a petroleum industry sacrifice zone. It's uh, like adding insult to injury, they said. It's like, here's this law that was meant to benefit you with solar panels and green jobs, and instead you get industrial air capture facilities that pollute your local air. But don't worry, they might reduce CO2 globally. Environmental justice advocates have also voiced concerns about the risks of transporting carbon capture dioxide through thousands of miles of pipeline and injecting it deep underground. They point to a pipeline rupture that sent residents of a small town to the hospital. But technology experts say the rupture was due to a landslide. A substantial network of CO2 pipelines has existed in the U.S. for the past 50 years, they say, and it has a better safety track record than natural gas pipelines. A senior research scientist said that it was a serious mistake to keep carbon capture out of communities that have suffered because of fossil fuels. CCS is not heavy industry. It's not oil and gas. It's a cleanup operation, operation, so I don't know why you're protecting people from a cleanup operation. In early June, more than a dozen environmental justice advocates gathered with the Biden administration uh, and advocates of carbon removal at the wide uh, wing spread retreat in Wisconsin. The symposium was held under the Chatham House rule in which participants agree not to share specifics of the discussion with those outside the meeting. The reason advocates attended was a realization that the U.S. was going all in on carbon capture and carbon removal with or without support from the environmental justice community. Three prominent environmental justice groups were billed as the symposium's lead conveners, but it's unclear how involved the environmental justice groups were in organizing it. Simon Nicholson, who co-directs the Institute for Carbon Removal Law and Policy, said in an email, that the goal of the meeting was to provide a useful and open dialogue amongst leaders to better equip disadvantaged and racialized communities to respond to carbon management questions. The event was held at a mansion designed by Frank Lloyd White. Amazing. Other participants who were granted anonymity to discuss private conversations were concerned that sitting down with carbon management supporters would dilute their message that such technologies are false solutions to the climate crisis. In May, the EPA announced it would draft a long-awaited rule limiting the, uh, the power sector pollution. It, des it designed the proposal around using CCS or hydrogen at power plants. Advocates for fence-line communities say the rule could drive a rapid build-out of CO2 pipelines, carbon capture facilities, and underground carbon storage instead of green energy transition. 
If the meeting's goal was to persuade environmental justice advocates to support carbon management, it had the opposite effect. Three administration officials made the trip uh, to Wisconsin. The EPA did not send a representative. The meeting was attended by representatives from carbon removal nonprofit Carbon 180. Uh, the executive director of Clean Air Now Kansas City said the remarks sounded like a sales pitch. We've been in different uh, settings where we've heard the same arguments around the Inflation Reduction Act. <clears throat> in a statement, the department said the U.S. is committed to develop a robust regulatory framework for research and possible future deployment. Several federal agencies have focused on deepening stakeholder input into commercial carbon capture and storage projects with the goal of broader deployment. The department pointed to its launch last month of a $20 million program to support and deepen stakeholder consultation of commercial CCS. The department's press release introducing the program said the initiative would accelerate deployment. Environmental justice groups say the communities aren't guaranteed the right to say no to unwanted projects when the consultation is done. Environmental justice groups plan to flesh out a strategy for keeping industrial carbon management out of their communities. The White House Environmental Justice Advisory Panel <clears throat> is compiling recommendations, excuse me, <clears throat> for White House for the White House on the environmental justice issues associated with carbon capture and removal. It's unclear uh, when those will be released. Both declined to be interviewed for the story. Okay, well, there you go. Biden administration and uh, even pissing off the climate people. That's kind of hilarious. All right, let's see. I think we have one more here from Gun Fox. One second. All right, here's more breaking news from the internet from GunFox about student loan cancellation. Biden's student loan cancellation update. Borrowers now able to apply. So what are they doing this? Uh, again, Biden is like, oh, I'm going to do what I want, right? I'm going to try and end around. You can all sign up. And then at the last minute, right before you're supposed to get the check, they're going to be like, this isn't legal. Joe Biden's student debt plan is officially launched. Beginning on Tuesday, student loan borrowers can begin enrolling in Biden's saving on a valuable education repayment plan, which the administration is billing as the most affordable student loan plan ever. Estimated to benefit 20 million borrowers, the new income-driven repayment program is expected to help participating borrowers cut their payments in half, with some having their balances zeroed out entirely. The launch of the plan comes weeks before millions of Americans are set to receive a loan bill for the first time in more than three years. Since the beginning of the Ching Chong age, student loan payments have been on pause, but the moratorium is set to expire at the end of August. Interest will start accruing again in September. The first due date will come in October. Under the plan, the discretionary income cap will be reduced to 10%, from 10% to 5%, so borrowers won't have to put as much of their available income towards their outstanding loans. That's going to save the typical borrower around 1000 a year. It's going to give borrowers a little more breathing room, Biden said in a video at the White House on Tuesday. Those monthly payments could even be reduced to zero for borrowers with income of less than 30000 because the plan is based on income and not student loan balance. Monthly payments will remain at zero until a low-income borrower begins making above 30000 and that balance will not grow since interest accrual is capped. 
borrowers who participated in the previous iteration of the plan will automatically be enrolled in the new one. Those who are looking to sign up can submit an application at the website. In order to apply, an applicant needs to have a whole bunch of shit listed there. Biden's new plan comes in the wake of the Supreme Court's June ruling, which blocked the president's plan to cancel student loans for for millions of borrowers. Uh, administration officials say Biden had the legal authority to implement this plan because Congress gave the, the Department of Education the power to define the terms of income-driven repayment plans like the one launched on Tuesday. Yes, the terms, but not just Xing out the amount. That's so fucking stupid. So far, the Biden administration has canceled more than $116 billion in student loans for 3.4 million Americans. The pedophile-in-chief says, as long as I'm president, my administration will never stop fighting to deliver relief to borrowers and bring the promise of college to more Americans, and that's a commitment. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, Joe. Anyway, there you go. That's a hell of a thing. Yeah, he's going to do it anyway. And I'm telling you, these people are going to get screwed again. They're going to, I'm telling you, just as they're about to get what they're supposed to get, they're going to be like, all right, we, we can't do this. It's actually illegal. Unbelievable. Okay. That was breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Thank you, sir. Sincerely appreciate your, your support. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. And now we will get to the next video here. Chank launches into an angry tirade over right-wing lunatics. That's what we just saw. That's what we just saw. We have a lunatic fringe right-wingers that are both corrupt and take money from weapons manufacturers and have lost their minds and belong in mental asylums who are like, oh yeah. Well, you belong in a mental asylum. Give a uh, assault rifle to a assault weapon to a 14 year old and have him walk around and see if he, we can agitate him. <laughs> and they think that's normal. No, you belong in an asylum. With every And by the way, passed easily, right? The vote was overwhelming. Let the 14 year olds walk around. Yeah. Hopefully they'll kill a whole bunch of people. It'll be great. Idiots in Missouri, total morons. Every Republican that voted for that is a monster. Well, voted against it <laughs> because voted against the proposal it, yes. was to ban minors from open carry in the state of Missouri. And I do want to give the one Republican who proposed this and voted in favor of it some credit. It's a state representative, again, a Republican, Lane Roberts. He's a former Joplin, Missouri police chief and state public safety director. And he's like, yo, this is not, this is not a good idea. Now, I also want to read a quote from another Republican lawmaker who does not deserve credit and should be shamed at the idiotic statement he made. So this is Missouri State Representative Tony Lavasco who says, well, it may be intuitive that a 14 year old has no legitimate purpose. It doesn't actually mean that they're going to harm someone. We don't know that yet. Generally speaking, we don't charge people with crimes because we think they're going to hurt someone. Okay, great. So uh, why do we have any regulations as it pertains to minors, right? Minors as young as 10 should be able to get behind the wheel. She believes they should be able to fucking get a, a sex change surgery. We don't know that they're going to cause a car accident. We don't know that they're going to drive recklessly. So why have any regulations at all as it pertains to minors? And by the way, on weapons, why stop at an assault weapons? Why not start handing out grenades to 14 year olds? By the way, Republicans in Congress, there's a one lunatic who from Florida who did start handing out grenades. He's like, no, 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 they're inert. They probably won't explode. And uh, luckily he gave it inert. to fellow. Okay. I know, exactly. <laughs> 
So look, guys, we're talk, uh, pointing out the one Republican that voted the right way. I think over 100 voted the wrong way uh, in Missouri. Because whenever we find a Republican legislator in the country that is not insane, like what? Like it's like breaking news. We found one Republican in Missouri that is not a lunatic. Breaking news, breaking news. And by the way, why? Because he's a former police chief. He's like, are you serious? And you know who's complaining about this rule? The cops. Cops are like, you're going to send us out there yep. with heavily armed teenagers yep. that can just roam around. Are you guys nuts? Is this. Is this helping the cops? Does this look like you're in favor of the thin blue line? I don't know anything that endangers cops more than this. How are you gonna disarm these kids? Okay, and by the way, of course, they had to sprinkle in racism, right? They're like, oh yeah, we should be able to carry guns around in the white areas and stuff. But for the black areas, they wanted to have an extra prosecutor. So they're like, now remember, we're supposed to let all the white folks go, okay? But for the black areas, if you see him, you know what to do, extra prosecutor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, here's their coverage. I wonder if they're going to mention that the shop owner's murderer was her brother. I wonder if they're going to mention it. Um, Boney Joni didn't mention it. Let's see if she mentions it. 66-year-old Laura Ann Carleton shot and killed Friday outside the clothing store she owns near Lake Arrowhead. Law enforcement says the suspect made several disparaging remarks about a rainbow flag that stood outside the store. A store owner in Cedar Glen, California was shot and killed by a man who allegedly made several disparaging remarks about a rainbow flag that stood outside of the store. Now the victim, Laura Carleton, was an advocate for the LGBT community and that same flag had been taken down several times before she was violently killed. Now the man apparently, according to the sheriff's report, arrived at the store, mag.py, around 5 p.m. and criticized her <coughs> pride flag before he shot her, according to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Uh, Laura Carleton, 66, was pronounced dead at the scene. And the authorities have yet to identify the gunman. However, uh, authority, although authorities haven't identified him, they have reported that he died following a lethal force encounter with deputies after the shooting, the sheriff's department said in a statement. Uh, they also elaborated on that a little more. So I will, I will give them, even though I shouldn't, I'll give them, no, sh fuck that. Why would I be charitable to them? I'm not gonna be charitable. If you know a person who's reporting on this and they, um, and they, and it was before they knew the identity, no problem. I'm, I, let me find the uh, the article. I think the New York Times uh, admitted the guy was her brother. Give me one moment, I'm gonna look that up. By saying that when authorities confronted him, he was in possession of a gun, which makes a lot of sense. He allegedly shot and killed uh, the shop owner here. Um, now, Matthew Clevenger, who is of the Lake Arrowhead LGBTQ plus uh, organization said that she was a strong ally of the community. 
Carleton also helped create a culture in which the community felt accepted. But some community members uh, tragically were still resistant, he said, and took down the pride flag multiple times. So it's just incredibly heartbreaking. You know, you think of a state like California, deep blue state, but there's still deep bigotry among some people. And uh, it's so extreme that they feel entitled to literally taking someone's life over you know, the tolerance and acceptance that she was promoting um, through her store. So unfortunately, this is a good example of how it started and how it ends, uh, so or how it's going. So uh, theoretically, all this uh, anti-LGBTQ hate began with a concern about groomers and pedophiles and- Right, see this happened because you opposed the pedophiles grooming children, it's your fault. Protecting the children. Uh, and then, as I told you throughout, those were all lies and excuses. It was it was not lies at all. Just to attack people who are LGBT. Total lie. EQ. Yeah. Uh, and now they've dropped a mask entirely, and they're just murdering people for saying that they don't mind gay people existing. Uh, so is it all of them? Of course not. Um, is the this campaign to drive hatred causing this? Yes, obviously. There weren't this many murders of people who are gay or just support gay, uh, supporting uh, gay people before. There are now, there's uh, tons of acts of violence. Uh, people getting also on top of that, people getting canceled, fired as teachers, librarians, on and on. And these are from the same people who say, oh, freedom, freedom. I need to have the freedom to reject gay people and I don't want their care. Yeah, how, how dare you? you? You don't have a right to reject gay people, especially around your kids. You have to allow them to touch your kids and influence your kids and groom your kids. I don't want to make a cake for them. I don't want to take pictures of them. Oh, you have a flag uh, supporting them? Let's kill you. Let's murder you, okay? So now how do I know that it the overall movement or why do I say the movement overall uh, is guilty? Well. If they showed balance and they said, "Oh, look, we were concerned about some books. Look, that one's too graphic, uh, and you can see why it's too graphic. Let's take that one out. That one goes too far in this or that. Let's take that. Out. But the rest of them are totally fine. No, we didn't mean that. We didn't mean like targeting actually LGBTQ people. Yeah, of course you could say gay, and you could acknowledge gay parents in the schools in Florida, etc. If they had done that, then I'd say, guys, whoa, 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 no, no, the left, you're mischaracterizing them." They just were talking about these specific books. They've shown the examples, and I can see how that those books went too far. Did they do that? No, none of them. None of them. Bullshit. They all like ban all the books, ban everything that says about anything bullshit. Anything about LGBTQ? Oh yeah, you got a pride flag. We're gonna attack you. Look, so he happened to murder her, which is of course ten thousand times more egregious. But as Anna explained to you. Several different people ripped down that flag over and over and over again. If you think the right wing in this country or a giant section of it is not driving absolute and utter hatred towards the LGBTQ community, you're burning your head in the sand. And these kind of murders happen and you gotta wake up to that. And it's it's disgusting and yes, it's a movement that's driving it. It's not just one rando who did this. Yeah, look, I, I think that, it is impossible to live freely and safely in a pluralistic society, a pluralistic country like the United States. When you have political parties capitalizing off of culture wars in order to drum up moral panics, to drum up fear and hatred. 
And that is what we have seen, uh, certainly on a state level, not in California, but the discourse, the rhetoric that we've seen in, in the media, uh, the fear mongering and scaremongering about the groomers. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jenk, because if you think like, oh, some portion of the LGBT community, totally fine, no one wants to target them. No, no, every member of that community is is now being targeted, right? You see it happening in this case, when you literally have a straight white shop owner who's just flying a, you know, the rainbow flag outside of her store. And she was also selling, you know, she always made sure to sell, you know, rainbow, rainbow colored products in her store as well in order to show support for the local LGBT community. And San Bernardino, some parts of it definitely do lean a little more red. So when you think of California, it's not all blue. Some counties lean a little more red, but nonetheless, this kind of rhetoric and this kind of moral panic that we're seeing play out over and over again in right-wing media, in the way our politicians talk about, you know, the LGBT community, that has an impact and that unfortunately persuades some people to take matters into their own hands because they think they're doing something positive in responding to what they believe is, you know, a dangerous or toxic element of society. In reality, they're the dangerous and toxic elements of society. People who feel entitled to literally robbing someone of their life because she happened to be supportive of this community and fly a, you know, a rainbow flag outside of her store. And, and this is literal terrorism. First of all, it's obviously based on hatred and a political ideology. They didn't have a fight over you know, the price he was paying on any product, no. he. Uh, picked the fight because of the pride flag and then murdered her uh, because of the pride flag. But the terrorism comes into how it terrorizes the rest of us. So now every time you fly a pride flag, you gotta be worried is some right wing lunatic going to murder me or my family members because of this campaign of terror throughout the country. So I, one of my neighbors is a good old boy from Louisiana uh, and he's a wonderful guy. And he's got a family, he's straight, but sometimes he fly, uh, uh, um, puts up the pride flag because he's a decent, wonderful human being. So now does he have to be worried? Do we all have to be worried that some lunatic right winger is gonna murder all of us? Does somebody put, in the, put up a pride flag in the neighborhood? And the answer is yes, yes, we do have to be worried about that. Right. We don't have to be worried about violent leftists. They, there's no violence on the left. Let alone if you're gay. So. What the hell's going on here? By the way, guys, you think see, do you see what's the lesson for tonight? Stop opposing Democrats, obey them. If you don't obey them in all things, you're responsible for all of these violent acts that are happening. Think about it this way. Can Al-Qaeda... And you're like Al-Qaeda. ...scare the LGBTQ community in this country in a similar way? No, even if they tried, they couldn't scare people in this way. Because they're not surrounding us. Right, you're surrounded. As lunatic right-wingers are surrounding us. But look, guys. Right, because this happens all the time. They've always been here. It's not like that guy didn't exist before. What's the difference? It's the right-wing media egging it on, egging it on. Right, the opposition to Democrats and leftists is what's causing this. We've got to ban it. Politicians like Trump, yeah, and DeSantis. And yeah. obviously Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump are at fault, too. Oh, you should hate them, should hate them. None of them have ever said that. You're completely making that up.
It's their, it's their problem. They're the ones that are changing America. They're the ones. No, it's not the bankers. It's not the powerful. It's not the donors. It's LGBTQ folks, right? And so, look, I'm going to add two layers to that problem. One is also the glorification of gun and violence culture. That's why 41% of Republicans say that it might be time for violence. And by the way, in that same poll, a huge percentage of independents and Democrats said the same thing. Because our politicians and our media talks as, as if violence is optional. Oh Well, sometimes you have to stand up against government tyranny or the tyranny of a lovely 66 year old lady who's just trying to be a decent human being. And then finally, it's the elephant in the room. No one ever acknowledges because we don't you don't want to offend people's offend people and hurt their feelings. But fundamentalist religion is a cancer. It's an ab yeah, Christians definitely at fault absolute utter cancer. It teaches people that there's something wrong with being gay. There's nothing wrong with being gay. That's your opinion. Nothing. Again, that's your opinion. People are entitled to their opinion. I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay. I think it's funny uh, when, when uh, people like Chenk try to enforce that on people. If you think there's something wrong with being gay, there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't. That's fine. It's your opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. Now, I will say this. I do think there's something wrong with being a piss-drinking rabbit homosexual. I will say that. These guys, like the monkeypox homos, yeah, I think there's something wrong with that. That's repugnant to me. I think that's disgusting, okay? Um, and, but I would say the same thing about like a bukkake whore, okay? Um, that's like repugnant behavior. Um, but if you're like a normal person, I don't really give a shit, okay? Um, I'm a live and let live person. Uh, except commies. Commies have to be deported and removed from society. Other than that, though, completely fine. As far as human beings, no problem. Um, but, uh, but you don't get to tell another person, like you don't get to tell a Christian that they're not allowed to have an opinion about gay people, or Cenk's going to pretend here that you as a Christian with your opinion about gay people is somehow violence and somehow leading to all these people being murdered. And what's interesting is it's not just like you know there's different types of christians when it comes to the issue of homosexuality if you have on the one hand you have like the pastor andersons who are vehemently anti-homosexuality like vehemently right um and then you you get some christians that are like you know uh, hate the sin but love the sinner right all of that is still unacceptable to people like Chank. So you could be the most mild Christian who's just like, I love everyone. I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I would welcome them into my church. You're still Al-Qaeda, according to Chank. It's unbelievable. Nothing. No sky god ever said you shouldn't be gay. In fact, God created people that way. It is an absolute insult to God. What religion? First of all, what religion are you talking about? Which religion are you talking about? God, if you believe in God, to say no, that's a sin. Well, some of them believe it's a sin. Some religions believe it's a sin. Islam and Christianity specifically. And I don't think the Jews are big on homosexuality either. No, the, the Old Testament's not really, uh, not a fan of uh, homosexuality. If you ever say that being gay is a sin, you're definitely part of the problem. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> So if you simply practice your religious beliefs, you're a part of the problem. Hilarious. Hilarious, man.
Oh, man, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, woman arrested for threatening a Trump election. What is this? Trump election. A Texas woman has been arrested following allegations that she sent a threatening voicemail oh, okay. message to Judge Tanya Chutkin, who, of course, is election the judge overseeing judge, okay. the Department of Justice's election interference case against Donald Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump's truth social posts don't do anything to help this situation at all. He puts out his own threats, uh, but they aren't uh, at all as explicit as the threats that we're about to get into. Now, according to a criminal complaint filed last week, on the night of August 5th, prosecutors alleged that Abigail Joe Shry left a voicemail for Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is black, uh, that said in part, you are in our sights, we want to kill you. Uh, the reporting continues to say that in the message to Chutkin, Shry alleged that if Trump were not to be elected president in 2024, quote, we are coming to kill you, end quote, and you will be targeted personally, publicly, your family, all of it, end quote, uh, per the complaint. Um, I don't, look, I think that this is someone who is obviously obsessed with Donald Trump and will stop it, in her mind, stop at nothing to ensure that he gets elected again in 2024. I don't know why they felt the need to name or, or label the judge's race. I don't think that this was inspired by racism. I think this was inspired by someone who's a sycophant for Donald Trump. And No, well, there's a good reason why they uh, mention race in this guy. Didn't she uh, call her a nigger? Uh, again, I'm quoting, I believe she did. So I would think that would make it racial. A context. Um, first of all, she sent it to Chutkin, who she also sent it to Sheila Jackson Lee, oh, who's also black. But hold on, it gets way worse than that. Uh, and so, uh, and they're both, but Sheila Jackson Lee's from Texas, that's her home state. You say, well, maybe it's coincidental. No, not coincidental, because mm -hmm. she also said in the messages, you're a stupid slave. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and and called her the N-word, Okay, my apologies, I, I did not see that. That was yeah. not in the report that I read, my okay. apologies. Okay, so definitely racially motivated. I don't know why they left it out of the CBS report. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. but anyway. Um, uh, but you're right, by the way, I read several articles that didn't have it and, right. some, and some articles that did. And why did they do this? And, 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 I always, and I thought, that's so curious. Why did they leave it out of the other articles? I don't understand why some legacy media outlets omit important information. It's on you, it's on you. <laughs> I loved like when she was on Sitchin Adam, she, her excuse is that she's relying on these sources and no it's on you you're the you, it's your news show and, and look it's one thing like yeah we all use different news sources but well first of all and like i'm not a fan i'm not a fan of the daily wire i do use the daily wire often because for news they're not that bad now, obviously, like, you know, you should probably not rely on them for news about Israel or anything like that. But in general, they're pretty good overall. Um, there's no, like, left-wing equivalent to that. Unless, like, you would consider, I mean, I guess, first of all, there's no corporate media outlet that's reliable that I've ever, that I can think of. There's no corporate media outlet. If you want to get into some lefty independent media, like, I don't know what, what you would consider the gray zone. If you consider the gray zone like lefty, like I think gray zone's pretty good, but they're not remotely corporate media. They're considered, I mean, they they're like on lists, and the FBI fucks with them. Like they they are hated by 
by uh, the mainstream. I don't know what to make. Uh, uh, I, they're very good on Ukraine and things like that. And then I saw the other day Blumenthal was calling out commies. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? That's pretty good. I was glad to see that. I don't know. I don't know where, you know, where to put people like that. They're, they're, they're I guess, kind of like left, non, are the, the non-AIDS left, I guess. It's a very small group of people. Now, now the left considers them right-wingers, which is hilarious. Or like Jimmy Dore, like the, the, the left considers them right-wingers, which is preposterous. Um, the Young Turks, you know, AIDS commie leftists, they think Jimmy Dore is a conservative. But, uh, and look, yeah, are these labels un unhelpful? It's weird. It's like they're easy to use, but they're overall unhelpful. But I do agree that uh, I got a message from a guy who is, I would categorize him certainly to the left of me, okay? But not an AIDS commie, right? And he, he you know, sometimes we, we will briefly correspond He's he's been a, a long time viewer, um, and uh, he just basically in the conversation gave a list of his beliefs. I agreed with like eighty-five to ninety percent of the beliefs, um, and his point was it's like it's not left versus right; it's people versus the mainstream. I see, like I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Maybe that's right. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, all of this is brainwashing and mind fucking and you got to undo it all. You know what I mean? And I think maybe that's really what, what the issue with, the, maybe it isn't left versus right. Even though a lot of these AIDS commies are on the left though. But the, I will say they do all have in common. They do all support the regime. AIDS commies support the regime. They all do. They, they all do. Um, so... You know, uh, yeah, maybe that is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Especially because in the in the context of the CBS News report, you specifically mention you go out of your way to mention that the judge is black, but then in the rest of the piece, there is no mention of the racist attacks against yeah. these individuals. Yeah. Anyway, apologies for that. All right, but okay. So you're, you're going to spend another two minutes explaining why you didn't prepare for the segment. Uh, there are more details to this. So three days after that call and after that voicemail message, um, special agents with the Department of Homeland Security visited her home in the city of Alvin, which is located. Uh, in the Houston metropolitan area. And she allegedly admitted to making the call and leaving the message. And so she even told the special agents that she was not planning to travel to DC. But if Lee comes to Alvin, then we need to worry. I can't believe, like, not only did she admit to it, which I'm glad she did, but then she continues to put out threats as she's talking to investigators. Yeah, look, I get it. People who are going to do these terroristic threats, and in this case, it's quite literal, um, are not the brightest bulbs, right? So uh, it reminds me of a story I've told often. A bunch of my friends got into a fight uh, in New Jersey when we were growing up. I wasn't there that day. They go to court. Uh, the other guy punched uh, my friend in the face, and he says, Your Honor, I didn't punch him in the face. It's not true. I punched him in the stomach. And the judge is like, that's still assault, so you just confessed, <laughs> okay? So, and that's what she's doing here. Like, I wasn't gonna go to DC to murder her. I was only gonna murder her if she came to town. Thank you for the confession. But guys, the fact that she's not the brightest bulb is not any relief at all. So we're not talking about Trump 
Like my main concern, I've said it a hundred times on the show, is not that Trump has going to be, is going to build this incredibly sophisticated system where people are going to attack you and they have brilliant strategy, etc. No, it's called stochastic terrorism. They just say, "Well, no one rid me of this meddlesome priest." Okay, like you do all the time with Trump supporters. That's what you do all the time. You're like Cantano Cantano Habimana from Rwanda Radio. That's you, except. You're you're the you're the greasy baboon version, like someone do something about this biased, terrible person, and then they are expecting that the least bright people will take that cue and go, okay, I'll do it, right? And they're kind of almost halfway expecting them to be not that bright, well, to do something this horrible and 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 reactionary. So something that stood out to me in regard to Donald Trump's posts on on Truth Social was something that he said specifically about this judge. So let's go to the last graphic here, Chutkin, who has overseen several cases related to the January 6th Capitol insurrection, issued a protective order last week limiting the use and disclosure of sensitive material in the case moving forward. And this is the relevant part. Trump publicly attacked Chutkin in a Truth Social post Sunday, calling her, quote, very unbiased and unfair. I don't know how that makes any sense. I think he maybe just made a mistake there. No, this you want an unbiased. So, so we have to ban Trump from calling the judge biased. That's the whole point of this propaganda narrative, to pretend that by Trump criticizing this judge, it caused the the person to commit the crime. Uh, this will not be a standard that they hold themselves to. This will be a standard only for conservative commentators. Judge, but okay. No, I mean you want to talk about not the brightest bulb. I mean, of all the different jack o' lanterns this Halloween, I mean that guy is just the dimmest one of them all. No candle in the jack o' lantern at all. So, but what I always find amazing is that he's a former president. He has all these staffers, right? And no one goes, Mr. President. So sorry, you just have to take out the un part. You meant very biased and and unfair. No one dares to do that. And so to this day, he just leaves it. Who's proofreading his, what do you mean? Yeah, totally. Even though it's totally wrong. People leave up typos on tweets all the time. He's made a thousand mistakes, blatant, over the top, crazy mistakes that nobody ever corrects because he will not take any criticism and he does any, and he's not that bright himself. And so. It's just super embarrassing in a thousand different ways. But guys, the embarrassing part, we've been over a billion times with Donald Trump. The dangerous part is the part we're worried about here. And look, there's this potential silver lining here. Out of this horrible, horrific story, and by the way, they're now his fans are now starting to apparently dox grand jurors. Bullshit, right, we total bullshit. Talked about that on the show yesterday. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so that's an unbelievable disaster that's exactly what brown shirts do okay well that's a tactic your side's been doing for years so i guess you're the brown shirts they uh instigate vigilante terrorism against anyone who opposes them yeah like that's what leftists do making good decent people not but when they do it you celebrate it you celebrate it you call it righteous you you have no problem with it when, when they did the death threats and the assassination attempt against Kavanaugh, you had no problem with that. Want to go into the public square and back away, so only the bad guys wind up dominating the conversation and politics and media, etc. Okay, this is the Anita Sarkeesian bullshit. It's, that's that's uh, that's what he's talking about. But where the hell is the silver lining? 
Look, at some point, the Republican Party and its voters have to decide if they're this ugly. And so if you're- Oh, I'm uglier. What, what are you talking about? I want you to consider me to be the worst monster you could ever envision. And I hope you think about how much of a monster I am or we are when you're in a prison cell. That's what I'm looking forward to. You're a leftist and you say, oh, are you crazy? They made that decision 2,000 times already, right? They did in 2016 with 17 people in the race. They chose him out of that lot. Uh, so now this is kind of the guilt tactic uh, that, oh, look how bad of a person you are. You're really going to be this bad of a person and vote for Donald Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely. 2020, 93% of Republicans backed him, et cetera. I make that case. I make that case in my book, Justice is Coming, right? <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Get the link down below, tyt.com yeah, slash justice. Right, yeah. 923. We have a shot. Should I push hard? Like, I, I'm kind of laid back with a lot of this stuff. Like, should we try to push to beat Shank's release? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, does it matter? <laughs> I don't think it matters. Anyway, uh, oh, I guess, I did I mention it? Yeah, I don't think I've mentioned it. Let me, I'll briefly mention it. And, and like, you know, you know what I'll do? How about this? I'll just mention his date. And if we beat it, great. I will tell you this, if we hit the goal like five days before his book releases, I'll have that book out in five days to beat him. I don't care what it, if it's 48 hours, I'll, I'll fucking put a rocket dildo under the soft gentleman's ass and, and he will, I don't know how that would help him write, but my point is that will, that book will be, a, he'll shit that book out in two days if he has to. Uh, all right. So yeah, we'll, we'll do this. We'll put Chank's uh, date. Every time I bring it up, I'll mention Chank's date. So from what I understand, Chank's book date is nine. What twenty three? Let's let's check the link. Where is it? Okay, let's let's have a look here. Okay, Justice is coming. Is is coming out uh, September nineteenth. Okay, all right. So if we hit. Um, 125 subscribers between Subscribestar, Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, and Rumble. We're at we we're about 16 or so away. So what'll happen at 125 is the Soft Gentleman will release a book to the audience for free called What a Bigot Would Say, and uh, it's going to have a lot of different topics, uh, some of which will be solicited from the audience, so the audience will give us. Uh, some topics for him to write about. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some topics that are mandatory to write about. For example, Soft Gentleman's uh, chapter on racial epithets and why you should never say them and which ones you should never say and which com combinations you should never use, uh, what racial jokes you should never tell, things like that. Um, we'll also solicit the audience for a foreword and for some quotes. Anyway, once that book is released to the audience, then we'll try to get it uh, published on Amazon in the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. So Chenk's book releases on 9-19. So if if we want to beat him, we'll see if we can if we can do it. Uh, and but I will, like I said, if we hit the goal three days before Chenk's book comes out, I'll just make sure that we beat him. And 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 whatever I have to do, whatever the soft gentleman has to do, he'll do. <coughs> um, by the way, he might be my cousin, okay? I'll just put that out there. He might be my cousin and not my brother, okay? So just keep that in mind. Might be my cousin. 
I can't really comment more on that because I want to see what happens. But he might be my cousin, okay? <clears throat> I might even say right now he is my cousin, okay? But look, let's just see what happens. Anyway, so yeah, if you want to do that, go to Subscribestar, link in the description. Or uh, you can go to uh, Rumble and click on the red subscribe button. Or uh, during the stream tomorrow, Soft Gentleman will be streaming tomorrow. Um, you can uh, you can cl click uh, join and you'll be joining the bathhouse. And we'll see. We'll see if we can beat Shank. And that that is this is a key thing here. Before I press play, that is if Shank's book is actually going to be released on September nineteenth. I'm highly skeptical because this has been going. This racket for a pre-order has been going on for three years. So it's very possible that they extend that date to December, January, but we'll see, we'll see. Anyways, but I think he's gonna go over the top and say something significantly violent on the record. Like we know he told Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, that he didn't mind Mike Pence being killed. Bullshit, you have no evidence of that. You have no evidence of that. By his supporters. But he, but it's not on tape. It's you. Don't, you didn't see him saying that, right? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he I'll take that bet. He ain't saying anything uh, remotely violent publicly. Trump's not going to do that. I'll take that bet all day. He'll say it, and MAGA will go. I'm good with it, right? If he said that over the phone, couldn't that recording be subpoenaed? Of course, it doesn't exist, retard. Don't you understand how this works yet? It's not real. It's not at all clear that he said it over the phone. Oh, and if it's the Got White it. House, I'm not even sure what rules apply, right? Mm -hmm. So, but Mark Meadows might be turning evidence against them. But MAGA's not going to believe anyone else. They're not going to believe Meadows. They're not going to believe anyone. But if he's on TV and he says maybe she should be killed, I, you know, like, I don't know that he's going to go. He's not going to say that. You're out of your mind. That far. And I don't know that he's going to say it about this person. I hope he never says it about anybody, right? But he has verbal diarrhea, and he cannot help himself, and his instinct is towards violence. That's not true. When, his, when has Donald Trump's instincts ever been towards violence? All you do is talk out of your baboon ass, and you make up nonstop bullshit. And on top of that, you claim that we are bad people if we don't obey your bullshit and go along with it. It's, this is crazy. This is why I call this guy the Cantano Habimana of America. So Cantano Habimana was a guy on Rwanda radio. Oh, by the way, someone emailed me fucking transcripts. I forget who, God bless you. Someone emailed me actual, I've been looking for transcripts for Rwanda radio for like a long time. Someone, apps, someone sent them. And I and I'm I have to go through them and and I'm gonna and there's a bunch of them, I have to compare. I want to see. I'm very curious. Where was Rwanda Radio? Were they always like extreme in their verbiage, or was it a buildup? Um, and I think now I'll be able to find that out. I have no idea. It could have been. And, and by the way, I'm not saying the Young Turks are equal to Rwanda Radio. Rwanda Radio. If you saw Hotel Rwanda. Um, it, it 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 was the propaganda uh, uh, radio station that turned the one side against the other. You know they called them cockroaches, and then I, I think right at the peak of the violence, the radio guy was like basically kill them, 
chop off their arms, whatever, their cockroaches and things like that. So certainly, has Chenk reached that level? No, he's not. I do think that you get close when you say we should be kicked out of hospitals and ICUs because we're unvaccinated. I think you get very close. I think you get close when you blame us for the little girl getting shot uh, or the, uh, the black girl getting shot uh, or the, uh, remember when the fat black bitch uh, smashed an old Indian man in the face with a brick? Remember that one? That was years ago. And, and in that one, he specifically, because that one inspired the Halloween rant that I did. Uh, when I made fun of Chank and dressed up as Chank for Halloween. We're talking a long time ago. And, and all I did for that is I just copied what he said in that video. E everything that I did in that in that buffalo video, that was even before I was calling him a baboon. I, I was subscribing to the brown buffalo thing, which is a good one. I, I, I think brown buffalo is a good nickname. I just like, I, baboon feels right to me. Um, but uh, all I did is just watch his video and his commentary and, and just wrote down what he said. And, and he, in that video, did, did what he claimed was stochastic terrorism in this video, where he says, uh, he's like, someone, something like, someone's got to do something or something like that. Like, someone's got to do something about these people. Okay, so I think you get close to it. But it's just, it's completely crazy. So this is the strategy for the election. We're going to make, he's going to make up more bullshit than even the media does. He's going to make up his own unique bullshit, and then you're going to be a horrible, evil terrorist if you don't go along with it. It's, it's really, it's a sight to behold. It is a sight to behold. And so if he goes over that line, which I think, I suspect at some point he will, that's my guess, then the Republican Party has a decision to make. Are you still going to stick with this monster? And I don't know the answer. So I guarantee you that's not happening. I don't even now. Is it possible, Chank, or excuse me, Trump will say something like legal and normal and hyperbolic, and they'll claim it's it's violence? Sure, that's definitely possible. They do that all the time. But uh, Trump is not going to call for anyone to be killed. No, if like the mainstream Republican Party has a choice, and, and the reason why I say that isn't because I want to encourage them to continue putting him up on a pedestal or propping him up. Obviously, there have been multiple instances in which the Republican Party, the mainstream Republican Party has tried to kind of purge Trump from the party and it hasn't worked. And the reason why it hasn't worked, Cenk, is because of the, the voting base, right? And the loyalty among that about one third of Republican voters who will no, stand that. by Trump no matter what he does. You get what I'm saying? So I just, I feel like the Republican Party kind of created this monster and now they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, there's only three possibilities. Look, one is that he flat out wins. Let's not forget that possibility. That's okay. definitely a possibility. In fact, right now, him and Biden are tied. I just checked real clear politics average of polls. 44.4 uh, to 44.0. That's an indictment so, on Biden. 100%. I mean, this. Like the Democrats love to talk about what a monster Donald Trump is, and that's fair, I think he is. But your boy's tied with him. So what's wrong with your guy? Mm. But they never, ever talk about that, ever. And I, anyway, so massive bias on the part of mainstream media and Democrats in Washington overall. But so he could win, that's still definitely possible. In which case we're all screwed. I mean, take this vigilante violence and encouraging it and multiply it by a thousand. Right, but he's not encouraging it. You're making that up. They have power. Right, and an unstoppable mic in form of the bully pulpit. Okay, but let's say that he uh, is somehow loses at some point. Well, then there you got two choices there. One is that 
all this stuff gets to him, he says something terrible. And remember that third that Anna's talking about, it's a little bit high on that. 37% say they don't think Trump's ever done anything wrong. This is of the Republican base. And that they can't foresee anything that's gonna make a difference, okay? 41% of Republicans say that it might be time for violence. My guess is that there's a significant overlap between those two groups, right? So those folks are, I'm sorry, but irredeemable, right? So, but now you still have 63%. Of Can I be part of the irredeemable group? I would def, I definitely want Cenk Uger to view me as irredeemable. So I'm going to join the irredeemable group. Republicans that are not hopeless, and so yeah, I want to be. I am a hopeless, irredeemable monster. As Trump could, if he says something just wildly over the top about murdering someone or something. It's possible that that 63% of Republicans go, this is a bridge too far, besides which we're not gonna win, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. We have to pick someone who's gonna win. We're not gonna win with a guy going around telling people that he's gonna decapitate folks. But he's not doing that, he's not going to do that. Again, remember, he didn't say that. That's my hypothetical, my guess as to what, that he's gonna cross the line, right? So that's one possibility. And then the last possibility is, no, they stick with him all the way and he has a 40 point lead on DeSantis right now. So that's the most likely, he goes, he becomes a Republican candidate as Anna suggests. And then uh, whether it's Biden or someone else, like 63% of uh, the country says he shouldn't run. He, and, and he did something very seriously wrong, which is another story we're gonna get to, okay? Um, so it's, sorry, the 63% said he did something very seriously wrong. That 63% is not gonna vote for him. Like I know he's tied with Biden, but Biden is enormously, ridiculously weak. Like just get any other human being and he can get landslided to the point where Republicans think, Man, we just totally screwed up. Like, this was a humiliating defeat. Yeah. I mean, just get me any random Democratic governor, and it's very, there's a good chance it's a humiliating defeat. And at which point, what are you going to come back from? When are you going to come back from getting only 30% in a general election, 35% in a general election? I mean, you can't, those are too low. But so that's a possibility for how this story ends. And a lot of those outcomes, Forget the country are not good for the Republican Party, but you just can't get the voters to believe that at least at this point. That right, you just guys, it just comes down to if you want to help the Republican Party, you just have to obey the Democrats and help them win. That's the theme of the evening. Here is uh, uh, David Pakman about Trump's arrest in Georgia. We now know that Donald Trump will be arrested on Thursday in Georgia. I did everything. Hopefully one day you'll get arrested. That would be phenomenal. Or if you just get another booster, uh, you know, we'll see either one. Right, and they indicted me. That's right. Donald Trump plans to turn himself in Thursday at Fulton County Jail. It is an important detail that this is not the arraignment. This is Trump's surrender. Trump will have a separate court date for the arraignment and as such, Differently than the arrests that have taken place so far, this one is happening at a jail. By the way, Fulton County Jail is a jail that has been the center of controversy over the last couple of years where um, uh, inmates have died in custody. Fulton County Jail is not just like a random jail we've never heard of. Fulton County Jail itself has been the subject and center of news over the last couple of years. Putting that aside for a moment, CNN reports. Former President Donald Trump plans to turn himself in and be processed at Fulton County Jail Thursday 
following his agreement earlier Monday to a two hundred thousand dollar bond and other release conditions. We are going to get to the release conditions separately, so I'm not going to uh, address that in the immediate. What I want to address in the immediate is Donald Trump's post to Truth Social Truth Central. about this forthcoming arrest. Donald Trump posting, quote, can you believe it? I'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested by a radical left district attorney, Fonnie Willis, who is overseeing one of the greatest capital M murder and capital V violent crime disasters in American capital H history. In my case, the trip to Atlanta is not for, quote, capital M murder, but for making a perfect phone call. She campaigned and is continuing to campaign and raise money on uh, this witch hunt. This is in strict coordination with crooked Joe Biden's DOJ. Remember, there is not a shred or iota or scrap or crumb of evidence of that. It is all of, of what of what about election interference. Donald Trump then continuing this. What of it being a political prosecution? Hilarious has been become old hat for Trump. Yes, getting arrested has become old hat, but also attacking prosecutors and investigators has verbally insulting them and criticizing them is completely warranted. Has become old hat for Trump. Trump continuing to troth relentlessly, quote, the failed district attorney of Fulton County, Atlanta, Fonnie Willis insisted on a two hundred thousand dollar capital B bond from me. I assume, therefore, that she thought I was a, quote, flight risk. I'd fly far away, maybe to Russia, 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 share a gold domed suite with Vladimir, never to be seen or heard from again. Would I be able to take my very understated airplane with the gold Trump affixed for all to see? Probably not. I'd be much better off flying commercial. I'm sure nobody would recognize me. It's incredible. Trump is casually admitting he's a flight risk. He's he's casually saying not only do I have a plane, I could also probably more easily get away to Russia if I just flew commercial. He casually admits it. And of course, this only reinforces our understanding that the bond actually does make sense. And if anything, the bond was set too low. Trump to be arrested Thursday. You know, I will be covering it live. Mugshot is expected. Potentially Trump's height and weight. To be I really hope we get the mugshot. Take I suspect they're not going to do it. That would be very stupid for them to do the mugshot. A very exciting day. They're indicting him. That's true. But let's now talk about the bond conditions. All right. Now, conservative group sues target for going woke. Good. It's fantastic. And moving on into other news, oh, because this is just the kind of story face. that absolutely makes my blood boil. Bald fuckface is in for David Pakman. David Pakman was on an international bathhouse tour. I believe he's back now. So this was when David was on his tour and Farron Cousins uh, was in for him. Trump advisor Stephen Miller is running this new conservative legal group. Uh, it's called America First Legal. Now, recently, they filed a lawsuit alleging that 
that uh, uh, Bud Light was, uh, you know, kind of using unfair labor practices because of their whole equality and inclusion teaching. And that violates, they say, the Equal Employment Opportunity Act. But they're back at it with a new lawsuit. This new lawsuit is targeting Target for being too woke. Not necessarily for being woke that you can't sue for being woke. What they're suing for is the company's pride month that they're alleging tanked the company's stock prices and cost investors billions of dollars. They say billions of dollars lost for the target stockholders because of the pride month displays. Yeah. Get that shit out of here in target stores. Let me read you this from the lawsuit itself filed yesterday, by the way, these false and misleading statements about pride month promotions cause targets shareholders to unknowingly support targets board and management in their misuse of investor funds to serve its divisive political and social goals and ultimately lose billions. And those false statements are when targets share a board, I guess, told shareholders, don't worry. The pride month displays aren't going to hurt our stocks. And they say that was false. Here's the problem. You can't sue over that. And this lawsuit is going to get laughed out of court. And here's why. Well, then why are you mad? Why? Let me explain this to you very easily. If I make a statement that at the time can neither be true nor false, but then later turns out to be false. I did not lie. Here's a good example. When I finish this show, I'm going to go mow the grass. Now let's say that when I finish the show, unbeknownst to me, because I'm in a studio with no windows, it started pouring rain outside. Well, obviously, I didn't know that was going to happen. I can't mow the grass. Does that mean I lied intentionally to make you think I was going to do something that I had no intention of doing? No, it does not. And honestly, that is the best possible analogy for what happened with target stock. Yes, it did lose value. Yes, it coincided with pride month. Can you link? their pride month displays to the drop in stock prices. According to legal experts, no, you can't. <laughs> That's preposterous. And even if you could making a corporate wide decision that ends up making the stock go down, isn't something you can sue for. Yes. The shareholders have the, or, or excuse me, the board members have the fiduciary duty to do what's in the best interest of the stockholders. However, they cannot always accurately predict what's in the best interest for the stockholders. And therefore they cannot just be sued willy nilly. Anytime the stock takes a dive, that's not something you can do. That's the course of regular business. And if this group was run by people that had actual, you know, real legal experience, they would know that you can't sue for this. What they're suing over is the fact that they don't like the fact that some companies are being inclusive. They don't like the fact that some companies are it's not inclusivity. That's a made up commie term saying, you know what? You're welcome here. That makes them angry. 
and it makes me angry that they get angry about that. Oh, I'm glad you're angry. People have a right to exist. That's not what anyone's talking about. Just because you don't agree with their lifestyle, it's not something you would like. Oh, uh, they're, thr they're shoving it down people's throat, and people are tired of it, and they've had enough. That doesn't matter. They're human beings. They have the right to exist and live the life that they want to live. But apparently, yeah, in the privacy of their own homes, away from our kids. Apparently, that's too much to ask for conservatives. I'm glad you get angry. Tim Pool suggests Chinese space lasers started a Maui fires. So here is a Tim Pool me. talking about the, the Maui wildfires, um, the horrific Maui wildfires, um, which are now the most deadly wildfires in a century. And um, this guy's definitely not a right winger. Not a right winger, he says. Just a, a fence sitter, somebody who listens to all ideas and comes up with his own conclusions. We actually talked about Tim on uh, the Left Reckoning Patreon because uh, he, uh, we went into his Occupy days because he's uh, doing PragerU videos talk about how he's, you know, got his big start at Occupy doing, you know, journalism. And if you actually go back, there's a, I believe, a Gothamist piece about how uh, he was basically a snitch and uh, recording, say, people taking air out of police tires and uh also he said like you know rather than work within like the um movement of occupy he wanted to be independent of even that that's, and so that neither side shocking. and yeah. so that he was uh he that uh he, you know people couldn't say he was biased toward either side the walk you the the uh, occupiers or the wall street side so uh, thank you for so that. he snitches on the occupiers exactly and which uh, makes him neutral I, I think that I think there's uh, some insinuation possibly that uh, he maybe take uh, tips from cops, um, uh, which I think is uh, something I'm absolutely willing to believe. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I just think that's an uh, important context for this guy who's, you know, talks about psyops and stuff like that. Certainly. Um, here, here he is. This is his his well thought out theory. Maybe I, we, we haven't followed up in the story. Maybe there was an answer as to what this was. They say China's most likely behind the mysterious lights. Chinese pollution monitoring satellite, Daki-1, probably... For a sec? They say... So that's popularmechanics.com. Do it, we have a sense of what that website is? It's... I mean, it's just like a... I think it's just like a sort of, like, trade... Uh, yeah, it's obviously racist and white supremacist. Popular mechanics. Science slash, uh, mecha uh, you know, like, product site, site type of thing. I don't know how like, um, reliable it is as a news source, mm -hmm. but he's responding to a, a piece in February about how NASA reported that some mysterious lights were, were like reportedly found in or observed in Hawaii and that they may have been from a Chinese satellite. And this is from February? Yes, this is from February of, of, this, of this year, so six months ago. So naturally, the mysterious light... Is it responsible for the clear Again, all climate this shit change related fires? It is basically uh, like a very spooky excuse to write more contracts for military industrial contractors. Oh, we need to be worried about. Oh, the balloons. Are they aliens? So he's made none of those arguments. Or they're doing what Chank Uger does. Maybe it's. Uh, we don't know what it is. And they're. Oh, it turns out they're Chinese spy balloons. Okay, yes. Yeah, so let's so shoot those down. Yeah, so just to be. Yeah, popular mechanics, like their tabs on their website, like science, military. Um, stuff like that. Public yeah. mechanics does some good But that's fine. Yeah. But, but I thought but I that just, they were just making... Just to contextualize it. I thought, based on the framing, it was making a claim about this current moment. But this is just an unrelated story. To to then 
backfill the things exactly. that are the wildfires. Okay. So, so the title of that piece is China Flash Mysterious Green Lasers um, on Hawaii, NASA says. Totally over, fine. Over Hawaii, NASA when, says. Totally fine when not connected to this story of mass devastation. Maybe they were delayed lasers, like we talked about, and uh, months later they start a wildfire. They say China's most likely behind the mysterious lights. Chinese pollution monitoring satellite Daki-1 probably produced the light spotted over Hawaii. Oh, so it's monitoring pollution? So oh, you can call it whatever you want, but yeah, right. my attitude is, look, we are, not, we are not on good terms with China right mm -hmm. now. I mean, we can, we can pretend, oh, no, trade's going on, everything's fine. No, come on. They want Taiwan. They're building up their military. There's a chance for escalation, a chance for conflict. They want the South China Sea. And then they've got ships with Russia look at all coming near the Aleutians. It's coming near U.S. territory, going near Hawaii, and then they're pulling off something like this. So, look, how hard is it to start a fire? It's ridiculously easy to start a fire. And they can fire lasers? Okay. It's a little what, challenging what to get the fire to spread, but there were hurricane level, it said it was like hurricane level winds, or there's... I don't, I don't, so I don't... Heavy, high winds so cause they can, it to spread. If they can start 50 fires all at once with a sequence of satellites right. doing high burst, high mm -hmm. energy laser lasers, then getting fire to, fire to spread isn't really the issue because you make the fire instantly in a bunch of different places. And they can monitor the weather in Hawaii. I mean, you could just Google that. They're, like, what I was reading <laughs> from the National Guardsman who was making a statement was that, you know, there's low humidity and high winds. So that's perfect conditions for wildfires to spread, which means any arson fires would also spread as quickly. Like, China can, is perfectly... Okay, so, so I think, I mean, look, I, it could be lasers. I think it's likely arson uh, because you have a track record of uh, particularly leftist arsonists uh, doing a lot of these fires. So that would be my guess. And would I be surprised to find out that it's, you know, lasers, not like surprised, but, you know, like, why would you need lasers when you can just use your arsonists? Like, what's the, you know, I don't know. Um, regardless, even if these are organic fires, this is all going to be used to further tighten their grip of power. Sorry, like these fucking morons. The reason they have to talk about this is because they think climate change is a hoax. Mm -hmm. So it can't Well, it is. It is a hoax. To be that uh, conditions uh, lead to this, it has to be there's actually people starting these things because otherwise Well, I mean again, there's a there is a documented history of fires being started that are blamed on climate change. All the stuff we've been doing that's basically like um, propaganda for the fossil fuel industry we'd be in trouble about that it's actually in my opinion even more insidious than that in call it racist it's got to be racist the fact that they are diverting attention from the real potential and again this evidence is still coming in so i'm not making a conclusive case on this but the associated press other outlets are showing that the likely cause of this fire are power lines um that were downed and not turned off due to high winds based on uh, malfeasance potentially as is being alleged in a class action lawsuit filed by the victims against Hawaiian Electric Company. That's possible. That's a possible thing. But uh, Tim can talk about whatever the fuck he wants on his show and you can talk about whatever the fuck you want on your show. For not yep. shutting off the power lines due to high winds, allowing for the spread of this to continue. So this is what these like right-wing conspiracy theorists do they divert attention and anger from business capitalists. From, from capitalists in and directed towards conspiracy towards chinese people right they need to be doing uh, communism 
they need to be promoting communism. That's what everyone has. That you have a responsibility and an obligation to talk about what Emma wants you to talk about on your show. And if you don't, you should be censored. Towards Jews. Towards reptilian. When did they bring up Jews? What are you talking about? Tim Pool loves the Jews. What do you mean? When is when have they ever talked about Jews on Tim Pool's show? What are you talking about? If you're listening to Alex Jones, aka Jews. So like, I mean, they what are you Alex? What are you talking about? Oh my God, that's amazing. People that are 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 pro-Israel, you're claiming are anti-Semites. It's amazing. They 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 find these in their eyes scary uh, ethnic groups that we're in conflict with and they blame them instead of greed and corporate interests and capitalism what a reach really this is a dumb girl that's a hell of a thing dumb girl gets a show that should be the name of the movie about her dumb girl gets a show and takes xanax this is hallmark and push it and this guy who you were on his show and he was trying to say he was to the left of you on war i was I you were to the right of me on four no, I think he, yeah, uh, he's to the left of her. I mean, what does this even mean anymore? Because anti-war used to be left. That is not the case anymore. Now, uh, it, it, being a liberal, you're like pro-war now. Um, and so, uh, but if that's the, the metric, yeah, Tim Pool is to the left of Emma because Emma buys all the Ukraine bullshit and repeats all of the talking points uh, from the military-industrial complex related to Ukraine. So, yeah, no, she is more pro-war than Tim Pool. That's a fact. Laying yeah. the groundwork for war with China. Yeah, and he, he just had no opinion on uh, our funding of Israel, uh, right? Got, Which, okay, that's a valid criticism of Tim Pool. Yeah, that's a valid criticism of Tim Pool. Tim Pool will absolutely... He will probably stop the stream immediately if someone asked him about that. He, he covers politics for that. a living, but he's never he hasn't considered the number one recipient of U.S. foreign aid, Israel. Very um, obscure. Isn't it Ukraine now? I'm pretty sure it's Ukraine now. It's odd. Right, which means any arson fires would also spread as quickly. Like China is perfectly able to say, like, this happens to be a, a dangerous period for fire in Hawaii. Perhaps now, if if they were to do something, uh, there was also a, a Chinese balloon observed yeah, in interna go. above international waters near Hawaii in, really? in February twenty twenty two. Wow! Um, All right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it it does seem like obviously they have they have a targeted interest in Hawaii. Uh, and remember when Marjorie Taylor Greene? What? She's a smash, but they gotta lower that light, man. That light is brutal. What? They got all that money. You can't get the lighting right on that show. What's going on? Argued that there were like space lasers that could start fires maybe yeah, she was right i think it's really funny because they claimed she said jewish space lasers when she mentioned like uh rothschild's bank sorry. was providing sorry we, for... i just got a jump scare who was that guy ollie london he's like a british right-winger guy okay interesting hmm. during technology or whatever and i'm like well i don't know about any of that but i can tell you that we have video of lasers being fired from satellites their arguing came from a pollution monitoring satellite but lasers did come from this this satellite now Months i don't know ago. the capabilities of this but uh i'm not gonna believe them right i'm not gonna believe china's like oh, just we're looking for pollution in hawaii well and they yeah. said the balloon that went over montana was like oh it was monitoring the weather and it blew off course and we didn't say anything like so the weather yeah i mean that's obvious bullshit uh I Look, the thing it, with the, the propaganda tactics used against people that 
have criticisms of China are are interesting. Like if you say, "Hey, get that fucking spy balloon out of here." They'll be like, "What are you going to want want to go to war with China?" I didn't say I want to go to war with China. I would rather not. I just would like that to to not happen. I think there is there is something in the middle. And and it's probably I guess it's really people that are like sucking China's cock and doing propaganda for the Chinese government. They act like any criticism of China means you want to regime change China. No. Now there are motherfuckers out there like that like Gordon Chang who's you know on some like Gordon Chang is not bad all the time but like, like I said he gave the speech at CPAC years ago where he was saying they should regime change in China because of the fentanyl. Now look, fentanyl is an issue. It's a big problem. Regime China, that's like, you're going to just go to war with China over it? I think maybe, could we try to figure out another way? Can you secure the borders a little better? Maybe have a crackdown on fentanyl dealers rather than go in the fucking war with China? He's like, he's like a more reasonable Bolton, Gordon Chang. Because sometimes, you know, they bring him in on Epoch Times, and he's like, he's a reasonable dude. But I'll never forget that speech. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit, man. But anyway, what are you going to do? I don't want to be too mean to China right Pause, now. But... Sorry, like, okay, I, I will just say this. Even if they were spy satellites, I don't give a shit. I think actually, like, I... I yeah, because you're a commie, and you're also stupid. I think um, more... Uh, th there's a way in which spying actually, like... Um, is like le leads to more peace, like a greater understanding. <laughs> well, we gotta let other countries spy on us because it's gonna make it peaceful. Standing of people, when you see like a whole bunch of spies, you know what would make it peaceful if we take you up to the balloon and drop you out of it. That's what I'm talking about. In between countries and those things being cut out, it means that there's not a lot of information passing between the countries. Like I don't, I'm like the like. Well, you're a sovereign country, retard, and you have the ability to decide if you want to not share information with another fucking country. And, and also, I would just say, like, we are not innocent when it comes to uh, flying satellites and <laughs> uh, glaring... Okay, that might be true, but it doesn't mean you should tolerate this shit. ...down at military <clears throat> installations in other countries. That's actually the entire reason for anything that we do in space. Um, you know the, 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 the death that comes from the sky, from aircrafts? It's off in the United States. Um, we're actually kind of famous for it. Uh, drone strike. Yeah, th that's true. But that doesn't mean that you allow other countries to spy on your shit. Escalated under, uh, you know, The U-2 spy plane. Under Obama, uh, more under Trump. Yeah, I mean, the assassin- I'm sorry, Trump drone striked more than Obama? Is that what- Wow, that's- I, I don't think I've ever heard that claim before. The nation- Care to substantiate that? No? Okay. Of a U.S. citizen under Obama? Like, this is the the stuff that when, when it comes to military- So because of Obama, we need to allow a spy plane to spy on us? <laughs> ...and subterfuge and killing people through the air? The United States has that down, and we have hundreds so of- So we should let it happen to us? ...military bases around the world. China, I'm pretty sure you can count them on two hands, what they have. If we're talking about militarization, the United States is leagues ahead of every other country. So, like, the conspiracy about this is, it's just nonsense, yeah. obviously. But, like, you know, he's not making declarative statements on, yes, it was a Chinese heat laser that started. Bro, they're just shooting the shit. They're just having a conversation. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at but this. they freak out when people have conversations. They hate it.
it's, coincidence, but it's which all is the months focus. apart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's to the end again of like the exact opposite thing he's trying to hit you on, which is he's trying to agitate for war. This is what it's. No, no, no. He was talking about her being a literal pedophile. Now you could argue she's not a literal pedophile, uh, but that she was advocating for pedophilia propaganda to be in the schools. I'm kind of of the position that that's kind of a distinction without a difference. Is that the phrase? A distinction. A difference without a distinction or a distinction without a difference? Whatever the fuck it is, it's one of those. You know, but, you know, I'll concede technically you would be right. But, like, does it matter, really? Uh, You know, anyway, whatever. It's just crazy. Sounds like to uh, demonize a country. She viewed it as censorship, just to be clear what her position was. Yeah. no sound okay. like so the weather, i don't want to be too mean to china right now but they lie i mean they're declining moron. to meet with our secretary of state or lie, there are any delegations for like from anthony blinken blinken so what makes us think that they're feeling like they should give us any honest information right i think i think always right there is a there is a uh general opinion coming from china that america is not in a position of strength i mean i remember being on pop culture Jesus at the end Christ. of pop culture crisis the podcast uh, at the end of this last year and uh we were talking about the fact that china was declining more western movies i mean they are not interested in american culture right now and in fact to your point they're, they're probably trying to insulate themselves from american culture because america well i can't blame them for that I wouldn't want any fucking American culture if I had, was running a country. Get that shit out of here. American culture. Unless you're talking about like old school shit or like, you know, any of the non-aid stuff. But this new bullshit? No way. Uh, modern American culture is largely about the destruction and, and the turning within oneself. And there's no patriotism. There's a lack of civic engagement. It makes the country weak. And so young. in turn, she it does, makes no the idea what the fuck she's talking about. Like it's, no, it does make the country weak. The second part of what she said is true. Especially like the Blinken stuff. Like, they, look, it's diplomacy between like great powers, particularly when there's a fucking war that they're like kind of on different sides on, is going to be a little bit tepid. There's going to be a little bit of slights, but actually, like, I mean, this is U.S. and Chinese officials are talking again. Here's why that matters. I mean, that's June 20th. Like things change, but like her her overall like message, which is that like it's just China shutting down. Like actually, China's pretty active in the world building infrastructure in a lots of different places. Like. And if they're not interested in what the United States is providing, what so that the natural conclusion is that they're going to murder a hundred people in Maui through <laughs> yeah, a space right. laser that causes a fire China, that yeah. that removes. By the way, let's let, let's be clear what happened here in Lahaina. What it burned down was it f- former like a native Hawaiian uh, structures, history, people that died there were uh, were many in many cases native Hawaiians, victims of U.S. empire and imperialism. Like what 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 is the natural conclusion here? Yeah, because because China in her construction is uninterested in U.S. culture. So the point is just like it's time to start war. The implicit if, this, message, if this is proven, it would be World War Three. Yeah, and, and the implicit message here is the same one that Trump did. This is why these are just fucking Republicans talking. Yeah. Is that um, the Democrats are owned by China. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's really the implicit message. Because what else, like, America, fucking America with our military, we're really going to be attacked by fucking space lasers and just cover it up? Are you kidding me? We're not going to say, oh... 
Thank you for giving us a reason, China. We've been looking for one. Take these missiles. Like of the, the idea that we wouldn't respond to Pearl Harbor 2 by China and we would just like say, oh, no, man, I got an election. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I go into Obama when I'm trying to do Biden. But yeah. like, like, hey, man. Like, it's just, we'll it's, just it's we'll asinine. We'll take it lying down, man. And, and it's just like Trump. It's like, it's why this in, in, in so-called anti-imperialism that like Greenwald likes to cheer on on the right where, but they give it away because they say like, oh, you're, you're too, uh, Trump yesterday, Biden is owned by Ch uh, Ukraine and China. Like, it'd be very difficult to make a foreign policy if you were owned by both of those two nations at the same time. Hey, man, I, I, got, I, got, it's, it's, I got a lot going on. Um, but it, it, to, to, and we don't need to play more of this garbage, but, but the point really is that... Idiots. Just notice that they are... Absolute projection evoking an old conspiracy theory when she when when they mentioned the jewish space lasers and then they say but actually they, they didn't mention jewish space lasers when did they mention jewish space lasers it might be china this is a bolshevik uh the jewish bolshevik conspiracy 2.0 which is the combination of red scare politics with anti-semitism except now it's not it's just not the soviet union it's it's china um go ahead burn up hawaii i'm not gonna do nothing i gotta re-election like what is biden Hunter Biden is in such trouble, I can't respond. <laughs> well, because China, setting China on owns fire. him, right? I mean, that must <laughs> and be guess, it. And guess what? I it's not funny. Okay, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through uh, Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Ian's Network says, Are women in the military retarded? Pull down pants, squat, and piss. Female hunters know this shit. Yeah, it seems like... I mean, my thing is, uh, if you can do the job, then whatever, okay? But, like, that's not what's going on now. What's going on is, like, they're, they're, they're like, treating them like children. And that's not... That's no good. That's no good at all. And, uh, yeah, if, if you can't figure out how to do that, then, you know, I think it's probably not for you. And uh, so, yeah, they need all this special stuff. The, the thing about the helmets was wild, though. The easy solution is that there are standards and requirements for hair in the military. That's it. They apply to everyone. So you have to have your hair within the range of whatever it is. That's it. Instead, they're going to make different... What are you going to have, like, horsey helmets that are giant? Because if you want, like, a hair bun, a ponytail, or dreadlocks, that's fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Killer8000 says, look at this shit. All right, let's have a look see what this is. All right. says, uh, wife suffocates to death after being buried in cow dung to treat a snake bite in India. Wow, they bury you in shit in India if you get a snake bite? The 35-year-old woman was out collecting wood for her fire when a snake bit her hand in Bulahanda Hudahar, northern Italy. Excuse me, northern India, not Italy. Uh, she ran home to tell her husband, Mukashi, and the pair decided to call a local snake charmer. Oh, they, that's going to help. And they suggested, the snake charmer suggested a bizarre treatment may su succeed in sucking out the poison. Um, 
villagers gathered outside the house and watched as the woman was covered in cow shit. The snake charmer sat beside her and chanted mantras. But after 75 minutes, she died. Yeah, that's, uh, this is voodoo bullshit, and that's, that's what happens. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically the story. The snake charmer was full of shit. Who would have thought? Man, I really, really thought she was gonna, she's gonna make it there. That's a, that's a hell of a thing. So, yeah, snake charmer said, why don't you bury yourself in cow shit? And she was like, that's a great idea. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Come on. Come on, Pradesh. Help me with this cow shit. Oh, man, that's a hell of a story right there. All right, let's see here. Um, let's see. Oats says, HB, soft gentleman was your cousin, then your twin, and now your cousin again? Okay, in for a penny or a pound. So something might be happening, and that's all I can say, and we'll see. But he... Like, if you believe he's my cousin, you're correct. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> uh, it might make sense one day. It might. We'll see. We will see. Okay. Um, okay, Streamlabs. Big Chris says, How dare the people we're trying to replace and kill realize we're trying to replace and kill them? Yeah, and then how dare they complain about it? You're supposed to be happy about what they're going to do to you. Bozinski says, shout out to Lorenzo Swing Du Bois for getting me to try expert on level f on Left for Dead 2. I got thoroughly owned by the director. And yes, HB, it's Left for Dead 2 where there's a woman crying and if you get close, mauls your face, mauls your face off. Niggers, unquote. He just put that there at the end. It's quoting. Okay, I think I played Left 4 Dead 2 then. I, I think it was. I think it was when I had an Xbox 360. Is it that old? Yeah, I had Xbox 360. I played uh, GTA 4 and um, what was that good Chinese, a very underrated Chinese uh, gangster game? What the hell was that called? That was a good one. It was it, it, it. There was like kung fu in it, like, uh, and the fighting system was similar to one of the Batman games, which I thought was great. Um, what the fuck was the name of that movie? Obvious had obvious inspiration from John Woo movies. Um, it wasn't Stranglehold. That was great. I loved Stranglehold. It was the sequel to Hard Boiled in video game form. What the hell was the name of that game? Anyway, I played that game, and it was through playing that game I got the Red Wing, uh, Red Rings of Death, and that sucked. That was not good, because that means that's over pretty much. And uh, so then I bought a PS3 after that. Yeah, off the, I'm sure someone in the chat knows the name of that game. I will. Uh, let me check real quick. Let me have a look here. Let's see. What is that game? Uh, let's see. No, not there yet. Let me check the other one. One second. Sleeping Dogs. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratio. Yeah, Sleeping Dogs. That's a pretty good game. I was really surprised. I thought there was supposed to be a sequel, but I guess they're not going to make it. That was, yeah, well done. Well done. Okay. Let's go back here. 
Um, Brzezinski says, I used to be really into climate change, but after watching a Brazilian guy that does the same thing as you, but in Portuguese, showing that all of this is for ESG societal control, I want to get an excavator and destroy the Amazon. Fuck, uh, fuck that forest nigger, unquote. Yeah, you got to watch out for those forest niggers. It's a hell of a thing right there. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's such an interesting tactic that they use for everything where they just make assertions. They just make assertions, whether it's about the vaccine, uh, climate change, whatever it is, the election, they just make assertions and they never, they never actually prove their point. And then you, you discover there's like an overwhelming amount of evidence that completely goes in the opposite direction. And uh, it's a hell of a thing. I was listening to uh, RFK on Rogan during the, the drive. And uh, I'm beginning, I haven't, I'm not 100% fleshed out on this, but I'm beginning to think that the phrase vaccines don't cause autism the phrase vaccines do not cause autism is just a previous version of safe and effective, right? So the media is constantly saying there's no evidence that vaccines cause autism and vaccines do not cause autism. But they're using the same tactic because apparently there's hundreds of studies linking it. Um, I think, what was the one in particular, the hepatitis B one? And I, I, apparently it's because of uh, mercury and, and aluminum. And the, the, it's, a, it's, a fascinating, it's a fascinating interview. But what I noticed is the tactics are all the same. They all do the same tricks. So apparently RFK talked to Paul Offit. Um, Paul Offit is this vaccine whore. He's been all over the, the media. He, he, they would bring him in on MSNBC. And they play a little game about the mercury. So, um, they, first of all, they pretend that there is good mercury and bad mercury. Because uh, RFK asked this guy, he's like, how come you're, you're telling pregnant women not to eat tuna fish sandwiches because of mercury, but then you'll inject them with vaccines that have mercury? And he was like, well, there's good mercury and bad mer- mercury. That's total bullshit. And, um, but... Uh, the the trick the trick is that they they found that there was this type of mercury that would leave your your bloodstream okay quickly rather than like i believe the type of mercury that's in a tuna sandwich um will stay in your blood for 30 60 days or whatever there was this other mercury that they were putting in the vaccines um that will leave the blood fairly quickly. So the vaccine horse, they were like, well, there you go, it's safe. Well, it turned out that yes, it was leaving the blood, but it was like going into the brain. And so he he confronted, um, was it Fauci or Offit on this? And um, so he's, he's ta- I think he's talking to Offit or no, 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 no. Who is the, the, the guy that plays the music? Francis Collins, I think. I think he's. I think this was a conversation with. If you haven't heard this interview, I highly recommend it. Um, but he, he's talking to Francis Collins, and 
and so there is a there is a and they cherry pick all the studies you know any study like the same with ivermectin right all the studies showing that ivermectin worked with COVID-19 they completely ignore all of them and they only accept the ones that support their position um well anyway they were doing that uh, with the mercury so there was one study about you know leaving the bloodstream and whatever and then there was this other study that this doctor did talking about how it goes into the uh, the brain and there were like these monkeys and they they killed the monkeys and they you know looked at their brains and they found the mercury was going into their brains and when kennedy said well what about that study dead silence and and the final th- point i'll make is that it, it seems like in the government the the people who are supposed to quote unquote protect us are actually uh, pharmaceutical company shills and so they it, 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 the pharmaceutical companies have just gotten their people into the government. So that's why they fast track all this shit with like um, the COVID vaccine being approved for like infants and six year olds. And like it, it just they approved all of it. And that's why, because they're all fucking it's all incestuous. And I'm not surprised, but it was just interesting that it's uh, it's all the same pattern. It's all the same shit. It's the same type of lying and the same tricks, and it's all the same. It's just, that's fascinating. Now, from what I understand, I don't think there's mercury in every vaccine. And I, I have not, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not in a position where I have to take vaccines, so I, I don't really give a fuck f- f- as far as, you know, I mean, if I had to take a vaccine, I would look into it. I'm not saying, I'm not like completely against every vaccine, but um, I will say the whole zero evidence that they cause autism, yeah, that's bullshit. Um, there's not zero evidence. There's a, there's a solid amount of evidence and, uh, yeah, fascinating, but not surprising. Uh, let's see. Mojack 420 says, I'm old enough to remember the coming ice age, acid rain, hole in the ozone, global warming. Now it's climate change. They were all going to kill us. Yeah. Yeah. Global cooling was a thing back in the day. There's old, was it like life magazine? I think. Uh, maybe Time Magazine. They had uh, the global cooling propaganda. A lot of these climate change people have had predictions very similar to Jehovah's Witnesses of the world ending or, or catastrophes happening. They don't happen, and then they just move the goalposts. And then they're like, why aren't you believing us? I can't believe. What more evidence do you need? How about one piece of evidence? Can we start with that? Amazing. Oh, and, and one final thing about the uh, the interview with RFK. It starts off with Rogan talking for like 20 minutes straight about him coming to terms with how he was believing something because he was simply given a talking point. And it sounded like he was able to realize that and kind of undo that. Um, so, so... He admitted the reason he thought vaccines were so amazing is because that was a that was a narrative he was given that he didn't actually look into it into it himself, and then once COVID happened, and that he saw that they lied their ass off about the vaccine, it was like a wake up call, and then he started to actually look into things, and then realized this guy's not a quack, and they're lying about him. That's a pretty big revelation if it's consistent and it's going to be, you know, like he's going to apply that from now on to other things. 
But that's pretty good. Like that because a lot of people they will not fucking admit that. They will not do that. That's to me, that's one of the key that's exactly the same thing as when I woke up to the cult bullshit. Um so if you apply that in other areas, you're gonna be in good shape. So when I whenever I hear people explain pretty much the process of waking up from a cult, whether it's Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever the hell you would call this modern day societal cult, that's a good sign. That is a good sign. So hopefully he uh, he continues with that in other areas. We'll see. But um, he's got a super large platform and all of those people listening to that show just heard RFK completely break down the bullshit on uh, how the government just covers up the dangers of all of these fucking medications. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. So, okay. Um, let me, ch- let's see here. Okay. Next one. Horatio Nelson says, you know, I made a video for the return of 420, then I forgot to render a high quality version Guess Shitstain's sermon needs to wait for call-in or seven days. Also, 83 Fahrenheit at 10 p.m. with 80% humidity. Was 118 index earlier today. Gonna get worse tomorrow. Woo, that's really hot, 118. It, I don't, maybe there's, I don't know. I just didn't, like, it was hot in Florida, but it wasn't, like, crazy. In fact, on my way back when I hit, I think, North Carolina... And Virginia? No, no, no. That was this was that was yesterday. So that was uh, where the fuck was I yesterday? Oh yeah, North Carolina and Virginia. Um, it was hotter there than it was in Florida. And maybe maybe like I just missed something. I don't know. Maybe you know like uh, I wasn't outside all the time. And like it was hot, but it wasn't like I don't know. It just was like okay. It was. You know, it's hot. What are you going to do? It's hot. It's fucking awesome down there. Who cares if, it, if it's hot, if that's what you have to deal with? Like, who cares? It's like, whatever. But um, but 118 is crazy. That's like, if it was 118 down there, I would have been like, oh, this is insane. I remember the one of the hottest summers in Philly ever. It, it was, um, it was, I think, almost 110. I think it was probably 105, 106. I don't know what the record was. That was crazy. We And we were crazy. Because I had to go to a Jehovah's Witness convention at Veterans Stadium, which was an outdoor stadium. That was crazy. I had to sit through that. Uh, and then when we went... And then uh, we went home, and then I played basketball. Now it's like 17. So, you know, you can do stuff like that at 17. Not trying to do that now. Um, okay. Georgia teacher fired for teaching kids gender identity. Yeah, it's a, it's against the law. You got to go, escort them out. Oh, this is uh, Kyle Kalinsky defending this. So the culture war rages on. Here we have a story in Yahoo News. Georgia school board. Oh, fi- excuse me. This is a different one. This is Georgia. Fires teacher for reading a book to students about gender identity. Good. All right, let me give you the specifics of it, and we'll break it down. A Georgia school board voted along party lines Thursday to fire a teacher after officials said she improperly read a book on gender fluidity to her fifth grade class. The Cobb County School Board and Suburban... I mean, I would say under all circumstances, get this out. I, I could entertain an argument that says if you make it clear before you read the book 
to the students that this is made up bullshit, that this is fiction and it's not real, then fine. I, I'm not saying fine. I'm saying you could, you could, you could make that argument. Okay. I, my position is all of this has to go a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, this is very insidious. It's very insidious and destructive to teach children lies about gender and it should not be tolerated. I'm glad they made it illegal, and I'm glad she got fired. Berman Atlanta voted 4-3 to three to fire Katie Rinderly, overriding the recommendation of a panel of three retired educators. The Excellent. Override that commie panel. The panel found, after a two-day hearing, that Rinderly had violated district policies, but said she should not be fired. She had been a teacher for 10 years when she got into trouble in March for reading the picture book, My Shadow is Purple, by Scott Stewart at... Due West Elementary School, after which some parents complained. The case has drawn wide attention as a result of what public school teachers can teach in class, how much a school system can control teachers, and whether parents can veto instruction they dislike. It comes amid a nationwide conservative backlash to books and teaching about LGBTQ plus subjects in school. Rinderly declined to comment after the vote, but released a statement through the Southern Poverty Law Center, which helped represent her. The district is sending a harmful message that not all students are worthy of affirmation in being their unapologetic bullshit and authentic selves, Rinderly said in the statement. This decision, based on intentionally vague policies, will result in more teachers self-censoring Good. in fear of not knowing where the invisible line will be drawn. Good. We want a chilling effect on the commie teachers. The board's four Republicans voted to fire Rinderly, while three Democrats voted against firing her after unsuccessfully seeking to delay the vote. Superintendent Chris Ragsdale, who was backed by the Republican majority, had originally recommended Rinderly be fired. Good. Based Ragdale. Quote, the district is pleased that this difficult issue has concluded. We are very serious about keeping our classrooms focused on teaching, learning, and opportunities for success for students. The board's decision is reflective of that mission. The Cobb County District said in a press release, her lawyer, Craig Goodmark, told reporters after the meeting in Marietta that the vote was an act that can that only can be construed as politics over policy reiterating that the board policy no you violated the policy prohibiting teaching on controversial issues was so vague that Rinderly couldn't know what was allowed or not the hearing tribunal seemed to agree with that point refusing real quick michael gabriel in rumble says i love how calling out corruption is a tax according to Pacfuck. i think that's pacman Thanks for calling out the commie brain aids fags, unquote. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for watching. I sincerely appreciate the support. ...to agree with a statement that Rinderly knowingly and intentionally violated district policies. Quote, it's impossible for a teacher to know what's in the minds of parents when she starts her lesson, Goodmark said. For parents to be able with a political agenda to come in from outside the classroom and have a teacher fired is completely unfair. It's not right. It's terrible for Georgia's education system. Rinderly could appeal her firing to the State Board of Education and ultimately into court. Goodmark said Rinderly was considering her options, although she was fired effective immediately. She's still licensed and could teach elsewhere. She will be a teacher again, Goodmark said. Go to Okami State. Top County adopted a rule barring teaching on controversial issues in 2022 after Georgia lawmakers earlier that year enacted laws barring teachings of divisive concepts and creating a parent's bill of rights. The divisive concepts law, although it addresses teaching 
on race, bars teachers from espousing personal political beliefs. The Bill of Rights guarantees that parents have the right to direct the upbringing and the moral or religious training of his or her minor child. We should probably come back to this paragraph here. Rinderley is believed to be the first public school teacher in Georgia to be fired because of the laws. None of the board members discussed the decision, but school district lawyer Sherry Culves said at the hearing that discussing gender identity and gender fluidity was inappropriate. The Cobb County School District is very serious about the classroom being a neutral place for students to learn, Cole said at the hearing. One-sided instruction on political, religious, or social beliefs does not belong in our classrooms. That last part is kind of ironic because I think that a lot of these people do want one-sided instruction on political, religious, and social beliefs. I think they want a down-the-line conservative view taught Sounds good. on all of those things. Sure. Okay. So let's dive into this here. From the perspective of the conservative parents who wanted this person fired and the conservative officials in the district who wanted this person fired, they would make the argument, yeah, what you're doing is you're indoctrinating kids, you're propagandizing kids into potentially being gay, or in this case, I would think they would argue trans. Um, you know, it's basically a book about acceptance of yourself, your authentic self, or who you really are. It's pretending that you can choose your gender. And of course, one of the interpretations people would take away from that is, hey, if you feel like you're the opposite uh, sex or feel like you're the opposite gender, it's okay. It's not a problem. That's not what they're arguing, though. You can be who you are. That's, that's again, that's not... This is like they pretend like they did years ago where, oh, it's just a book about two dads and two moms. No, bullshit. It's insidious. book is My Shadow is Purple, and the teacher worked there for 10 years. And um, they say the book is on gender fluidity. So then the question becomes, hey, is it okay to teach that a concept such as gender fluidity exists? Nope, because it doesn't. To a fifth grade class. No, because it's, it's like teaching the Jedi are, are real. It's total bullshit. My perspective on it is yes. Of course, because you're an AIDS commie. Of course you would agree with it. I don't think that they're you know they're actively trying to make kids gender fluid in the same I don't care what they're trying to do this has to go way that in the 1980s even though there was a panic around this nobody was trying to make a kid the kids gay by acknowledging that gay people exist right it's not what they're doing the 80s or 90s it's just like it's okay if you're this self-acceptance is important in this instance same thing it's okay if you're this self-acceptance is important and i think that that's the big disconnect, is the conservatives will argue you're trying to make the kids gay, you're trying to make the kids trans, and you're forcing this lifestyle on them, when the argument from the teacher is, we're just acknowledging that this is a concept that... Yeah, it it's a bullshit argument, and the concept doesn't exist. Exists in the world. But it, 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 it's not a real thing. It's gobbledygook. It's fictional, commie bullshit that should be rejected and ridiculed. We want people to know that this concept exists in the world. To hide these concepts from kids and pretend like they don't exist. I think that's the propagandizing. And to I teach kids that they're real is retarded and insane. And child abuse. Absolute child abuse. I think that's the indoctrination. So an another thing that's indoctrination here. Look, let's read, this, let's read this part again. Cobb County adopted a rule barring teaching on controversial issues in 2022. See, that's astonishing to me. It, controversial issues... You should never avoid touching controversial issues. In well, you, you guys ruined it for everyone, so now we can't do it. A school? Like, what are you only supposed to teach? What, the sky is blue, water is wet, grass is green, 
uh, obey mommy and daddy. These people probably also want to use, like, Jesus is God or what, you know, like, what does that mean? Yeah. It means keep your leftist aides out of the classroom. Yes, everything is controversial, right? If you teach American history, the good, the bad, and everything in between, it's gonna be controversial. You might have some people on the left take issues with bringing up and highlighting the really positive things in U.S. history. <clears throat> you have issues with people on the right who will get really mad at bringing up negative things in U.S. history. Like, everything is political. Everything is controversial. You still have to try to find a way to teach history as objectively and fairly as possible. Well, leftists aren't capable of that, and so then the conservatives are doing it. And touch on all these different concepts as objectively and fairly as possible. And so when they say we don't want to teach controversial issues, that is effectively a way to silence teachers. It's commies. It's effectively a way to say don't bring any liberal ideas in the classroom. Correct. Don't bring your commie bullshit into the classroom. Because the, you know, this area is very conservative, and you have some officials who are very conservative, and you have the parents who are correct. Don't teach my kid anything, you know, that I wouldn't want them taught. And it's like we can't craft a curriculum. Yes, we can. That every single parent is going to agree with. It's not possible to do that. Well, the commie parents can go fuck themselves and they can take their kid to a commie school. So they This is what they're doing. There's nothing you can do to stop it. It's happening. They say, after Georgia lawmakers earlier that year enacted laws barring the teaching of divisive con concepts and creating a parent's bill of rights, the divisive concepts law, although it addresses teaching on race, bars teachers from espousing personal political beliefs. So in other words, keep your own personal politics out of this as much as possible. Teaching that it's okay to be gay or it's okay to be trans, that is political, but it's also, I think, the correct message. Too bad. It is okay to be gay. It is okay to be trans. That's your fucking opinion. It's, you're not the arbiter of it. If they're actively trying to make kids trans, that's a different thing, but I don't think they're doing well, that. Well, they've been doing that, and you pretend it's not happening. I think that's honestly made up on, from the right. Well, because you're retarded. I think it's, it's... You also think the vaccine is safe and effective, which is hilarious. This, uh, this mania, this hysteria, this like... You also think that you do not look like a Miami Vice homosexual narc with your hair. That's also hilarious. They're trying to trans your kids. It seems laughable, honestly. There was a great quote, and I think it was a Washington Post article, where some woman was like, some teacher was like, I can I barely have time to teach your kids math. Fuck that teacher. That teacher was a commie, a lying commie. You think I'm teaching them to be trans? Fuck what's, that what's teacher. Wrong with you? The Bill of Rights guarantees that parents have the right to direct the upbringing and the moral or religious training of his or her minor child. But like, okay, you can teach them your own religion in your own personal time, right? Uh, or you can send them to religious training. But in the school, there isn't religious training. There, nor should, should there be. You could talk... A They're simply saying that a, a parent should be able to opt the kid out of whatever they want about them to. religion, but you can't teach this is the correct religion or what have you. You know, the, like, here's the thing, man. Let's just call it what it is. The conservatives in these districts, they want to teach American exceptionalism. They want to teach Christianity. They want to teach traditional lifestyles. One man, one woman, white picket fence, a, a dog and two kids or whatever, three kids. Like, this is what they want. And if the school district colors outside the lines at all, even to teach, like, basic acceptance, they view that as an imposition. They view that as propagandizing. And that I just don't agree with that at all. I think if there's... Too bad. Any place for these concepts where you touch on all these concepts, it is the classroom. It is the classroom. 
if they were trying to force teach kids that Christianity is correct or that you should all be trans, if there's obvious lines that are crossed, I would object to it. I don't think this woman crossed that line. Not even close. And uh, But the reason why I wanted to talk about this story is because I know there's actually going to be a lot of conservatives who who think like, no, I think they got it right. I think they oh, should. Oh, they definitely got it right. Should have fired them. Absolutely. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, then don't pretend like you're in favor of the the uh the free exchange of ideas and open discussion and you tolerate you you guys have been opposed to that for years so my philosophy now is that commies don't get those things because they rejected them so the free exchange of ideas is only for normal people not for commies commies can get fucked you can get censored and completely marginalized from society that's what commies get disagreement and because, you know, I get it that with little kids it's a little different, but there's nothing I find objectionable in the message that you should be true to your authentic self and it's okay to be who you are. There's nothing about... Well, that's not even what they're teaching, though. So you, you're just sugarcoating it. That I find objectionable. But, you know, in the context of gay or trans stuff, a lot of these people lose their minds and they think, you're trying to trans my kid. And well, so they clearly are. And they've demonstrated it over and over again. Oh. I want to stop you. And this poor woman got fired. She was a teacher for 10 years. Man. Oh, boy. Too bad. So sad. Was this malicious? No. And now the other thing that happens is it's a chilling effect. Yes. We need more chilling effects, just like we need more stigma. It's the same basic thing. Yes. Very good. So none of these kids. This is fifth grade, like I said, but you bet your ass, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, they're going to be not going to touch any of these issues with a 10-foot pole. Absolutely. That would be optimal. And is that what you want? Yes. You want kids who are in seventh grade, eighth grade, whatever it is. Yes, to have their innocence. Correct. Yes. To not be preyed upon by commie teachers, ideologically or otherwise. Yes. And they know the first thing about homosexuality or the gender. Why would they need to even know about that? What the fuck? Are you a predator? Why would they be? Why would you? Why do? Is this incredible? The shit that they say out loud. Why the fuck do children need to know about homosexuality? Okay, look, now eventually children are going to learn about it. They're going to find out about it, maybe through their parents. Maybe their parents don't tell them and they learn about it through friends. But whatever, you know, they're going to find out. But why the need to force them to learn about it as soon as possible? That's predatory. That's very predatory and fucked up. That's just some weird shit, man. Dysphoria exists or that all these concepts that might be quote-unquote controversial exist in our thing. You actively want to keep the kids dumber in that scenario. The, but that's not... So they're dumb if they're not being preyed on by homosexual groomers? Nice try. If that's your take. So this is just a clash of different cultures and civilizations here in terms of the left-wing view of it. This is a clash of normal people versus commies, and the normal people won. Right-wing view of it. And suffice to say, I think the right it has far, far overreached. Far. Oh, you've seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. Far overreached. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs, man. It's a sad state of affairs. And you can add this to the list that we've had the... It's sad... He finds it sad that children are not going to be confused about gender and exposed to homosexual propaganda. Kyle finds that sad. Amazing. Conversation about the Pen America reports and all the book bannings and all the conservative... Again, removing books from a school curriculum or a school library 
is not banning a book. That's preposterous. States, they're banning it in the school library, they're banning it in the school classroom in Florida. They covered up some of the in-classroom libraries because- Bullshit, the teacher did that. Each book would need to be vetted and approved by the yeah, state. Yeah, a leftist teacher did that to, to, to virtue signal. I mean, this stuff is getting out of hand. And if you think, oh, all these books that are being banned are just, you know, explicit, uh, explicit pornographic stuff, that is- Well, many of them are. Definitely not true. We He's lying. Went through the report in a tremendous amount of detail, and it's some- You cherry-picked. It's honestly small percentage that falls into that category, and then that opens a bigger conversation about, well, what is sex ed, and how do you teach it, and what would be acceptable on that front? Um, but a lot of this stuff, like, Mouse was banned. Mouse. Bye. It, it's it's that it's like a, a book on the Holocaust. There was oh, a book well. that was banned about some female black basketball player. See ya. That was banned. All communist propaganda must be removed from all parts of society. General things Simple. touching on race or, or, or gender or Holocaust stuff or even a lot of like mild violence stuff was banned. I mean, it's, get, oh, it's well. getting absurd. Yeah. You want to put all the kids in a padded room? And No, I want to put all the commies... That's actually, that's the, I, I don't know where I want to put all the commies. I think deportation. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, look, provided that we are still at this moment where sun eating is not technologically possible, especially with the fatties, um, there's something really, um, sh not Shakespearean, what's the word? Just if you deported all the commies, to a communist country or to one of these countries that like sends all their illegals over. I don't know. There's something very satisfying about that. But, you know, whatever. I, I'm not picky. Could be either. And, and I like, what do you want? What do you want? You want to hide them from the real world? I don't understand. It's, it's incredibly goofy and I massively, massively disagree with it. And the culture war is still raging. Hey, y'all, do me a And you're losing. You are losing. Trump advisor tells Republicans to start. Oh, yes, yeah, Stephen Miller, the good Miller, not Jason Miller. He sucks. Stephen Miller seems to be very good on policy, very good on immigration policy. So now Stephen Miller comes out and says, look at all the shit that they're doing. I'm paraphrasing, uh, editorializing, whatever. Look at all the shit they're doing legally to Trump. Any Republican worth anything that has a position, attorney general, whatever, they need to be starting the the indictments of the Democrats. A hundred percent. And I don't think that's going to happen, but he's a hundred percent right. Well, ball fuckface, he doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like Former a Donald Trump medicine. advisor Stephen Miller, who, of course, as we all know, was the architect of some of the darkest and, of course, most based fucking based policy. Anti the only criticism I have of Stephen Miller, he doesn't do great interviews. I don't find him likable. I really, I'm just like, get this guy away from the cameras, but keep him in the administration. And like, whatever, I'm not going to freak out if they put him in front of a camera. I just remember there was this one interview he did in the beginning of the Trump administration. I forget, he was like... Uh, he was, he was like something along the lines of like the president will not be disobeyed. And I'm like, yeah, just don't. What are you, why are you saying it like that? The whole thing was, I don't know. It was a bit much. But anyway, whatever. It's a it's a small it's a minor criticism. Like I said, if they decided, well, we're putting them out in front of the cameras. OK, fine. Then whatever. We have a minor disagreement on optics. But policy wise, I, I think he's great. A non-white people 
um, actions from the Trump administration. Uh, he was on Fox news this past weekend where he decided that it's time of course, for Republicans to fight fire with fire and weaponize the department of justice to go after Democrats. You're weaponizing it right now. Here's what Mr. Miller had to say. We've entered a dark new era in American history in which the prosecutor's office has been weaponized and transformed into a tool of political repression. Anyone who is really thinking that it stops here and anybody thinking, well, this will be it, the radical left will move on, is living in a delusion. They're living in an absolute fantasy. If you can get away with having a local prosecutor or main justice take over a presidential election, throw innocent people in jail for decades, potentially, you can prosecute and incarcerate Republican attorneys for the crime, the thought crime of providing legal counsel with which the prosecutor disagrees. There is no ruling principle here. It will be open legal season on Republicans. The only way this ends, and I hate to say it, but it's true, is if Republicans return lawfare in kind. That is the only way you could ever create the political conditions for a ceasefire. Otherwise one side gets pulverized and it keeps getting pulverized. Okay. So basically what he's saying is, as I said, Republicans have to weaponize attorneys general. They have to weaponize local prosecutors. And if they ever take back the white house, they got to weaponize the DOJ, you know, you know, just, just so the Democrats will, will agree that this is bad. Not, not, no, no, no. You need full vengeance. That doesn't matter what the Democrats think about it. Who cares? Not because we, we want to do it, but you know, you Democrats have forced our hand, you know, you're the reason, uh, we have to become so extreme now is what Stephen Miller is telling us. And, uh, it's interesting to point out by the way, that he was in that segment on Fox news with host Maria Bartiromo and also Republican representative Marjorie Taylor Greene who just a few days prior to this appearance on Sunday actually said that, uh, on social media, she said, why, why are Republican AGs and Republican prosecutors not prosecuting Democrats for their crimes? You see, here's what's happening folks. Republicans have been whining and crying all year, launching investigations in the house, claiming that Democrats have somehow weaponized. Uh, incredible. Some, somehow, Somehow the Democrats have weaponized the DOJ. Amazing. They are literally rounding up Trump and his supporters. The justice system to go after Republicans. Now they haven't, unfortunately for them, been able to come up with any evidence to back any of faggot, bald faggot. How many goddamn indictments are there? What do you mean? There's no evidence of this. This, it, this is why I, I say they love to gaslight. They love to gaslight. And uh, I hope that one day we'll get the opportunity to guess like them as they are being let off in, in handcuffs. Uh, and then, well, there's no evidence at all. Oh, there's no evidence of this happening at all. I, I don't see any evidence. Do you see any evidence? I don't, I don't see any evidence at all. Get that up, but they're still making that claim. Why? Because every accusation from Republicans is actually an admission. And that's what Stephen Miller is trying to do here. He's like, oh, we, we don't want to prosecute you, but now we have no choice. He says, he said, we have no choice. We're gonna have to weaponize the DOJ and just go after our political enemies. You know, we, we don't want to, but oh, you are literally arresting your political opponents right now. Gee whiz, you've made us have to do that. No, 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 no. 
it's already been reported for months that Donald Trump was already planning on do that on doing that. So don't act like it's because he's being prosecuted. Y'all, y'all had already planned on this. This, this is out there. It's in the ether. We know about it. I've talked about it. And let's be real here too. Let me tell you why this idiotic talking point of weaponizing the DOJ falls apart under scrutiny. How many Republican politicians are currently being prosecuted? I mean, we've got a dozen or so Republicans running for president right now. How many besides Donald Trump are being criminally prosecuted? Hmm. The big old goose egg. So if you're associated with Trump, a Trump lawyer, a local politician, I mean, they are retard. They just arrested a bunch of Republican politicians in Michigan. You're just dumb. Like, I, I don't even know what to tell you. You're just like, just a dumb guy. How many current Republicans sitting, uh, sitting Republican members of the House or Senate? Oh, so ne- this is the David Pakman technique. Okay. So it doesn't count unless they're as powerful as the president uh, or, or, or if they're in the House or the Senate. So this is uh, David Pakman. Uh, he one time put a call out. He says, where are the... Marxist, show me the Marxist. There's no Marxist. And a bunch of people emailed him and said, Patrice Colliers is a Marxist. She, at the time, she was running Black Lives Matter. And, and then they sent him the video saying, look, she says she's a trained Marxist. And then he changes it and goes, well, unless you show me a Marxist that's as powerful as the president. So now it changed to you have to show him a Marxist that's the president of the United States. Bald fuckface here is arguing that, that that unless they can arrest you and 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 anyone, but it doesn't count unless they arrest a member of the House or the Senate. That like this is just retardation. Are being even investigated by Democrats, right? I mean, Matt Gates is investigate being investigated. You're an idiot. You're just stupid. There's George Santos, but I think both sides agree that that guy's a corrupt SOB. Okay, so there's that's that's another one. And then beyond that, you've got Matt Gates. Nobody. You're an idiot. If Democrats were actually doing what Republicans are accusing them of doing, don't you think the Democrats would be doing it to the Republicans that are accusing them of it? Like, if we thought we could get away with investigating and prosecuting Marjorie Taylor Greene, don't you think they'd be doing that? First of all, you've called for that many times, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. You know, if they thought, hey, maybe we can get Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and Brian Kemp out of there, too, don't... Yes, the whole thing with prosecuting him over the migrant stunt. It's like he, he just ignores all the videos that he did. Don't you think they'd be doing it? Huh? Do- doesn't that make sense? If your talking point were correct, wouldn't that be what the Democrats are doing? They're not going after. They're literally doing that. After their political rival. That's total bullshit. The Department of Justice, the investigators in Georgia, the investigators in New York, they went after Donald Trump because they had reason to believe that this man committed crimes and bullshit. Lo and behold, they were able to show the evidence to grand juries and the grand juries always indict. Grand juries all came back and said, oh, yeah, this happened. We do. believe." Oh, wow. The grand jury indicted. How shocking. Next thing you're going to tell me is the whore came back with cum on her face. Oh, I can't believe that happened. Believe he Amazing crimes. And he now has the opportunity to go to court and defend himself and prove that he didn't. So that's kind of how the justice system works. 
Meanwhile, Republicans have been investigating Hunter Biden for over five years now, and they got him for not paying taxes for two years. So, right. So when Donald Trump takes legal tax deductions, that's fraud and he should be arrested. Um, Hunter Biden does straight up tax evasion. That's totally fine. No big deal. That's the best you got. You can try and say that you're only going to weaponize the DOJ because the Democrats did it first, but we all know that. I don't care. I want you to think it's unjust because that's going to make you cry more. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I don't give a fuck one way or the other. You're going to deserve however you're giving it. It's not the case. You're doing it because that's just who you are as people. Right. You would deserve it. And I think everybody needs to realize that really quickly. I don't give a fuck. I hope you get it too. I hope you fucking get put in prison. That would make my day. That would be the shit. Steve Bannon asks, ask Willis, or excuse me, Steve Bannon attacks ass Willis. Steve Bannon, a Donald Trump ally who, by the way, is likely going to be going to jail for the We Build the Wall scam in the very near future. But for now, Steve Bannon is, of course, a free man. And as a free man, he appeared at Mike Lindell's I'm going to save elections rally this past week. But rather than really talking about the things that Mike Lindell wanted to talk about, Steve Bannon got up on that stage and made thinly veiled threats against Fulton County Prosecutor Fonnie Willis and Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp. Now, I'm going to read you this statement from Steve Bannon. This, it, it, it is truly disturbing. So, so here it is. I keep saying the J6 thing with President Trump in Georgia, we're going to ram the stealing of Georgia down her throat. Her throat, of course, being Fonnie Willis. He didn't mention her by name but it's obvious that is who she's ta- he's talking about. He continues, and we're going to ram it up the ass of the governor. Sounds like a plan. So down her throat, cool. and then up his and ass. up his ass. This, I, this sounds great so far. I am 100% on board with this. Yes, is where the evidence is going to go. That um, if, you, if you have evidence, by the way, those are not good places to keep it. You, pro- you probably want to file that in court. You know, as opposed to sticking it into the orifices of the person who's prosecuting you. He then continued, and this is where things got even worse. He then asked the audience, are you fired up yet? Oh, how dare you arrest him immediately. Mm, those are the kinds of words that those audience members love. Yeah, that's that's incitement to violence, apparently, now. That's the kind of nudge that these Trump supporters of course, yes. need. That's all they need. Yeah, that's all. Steve Bannon should be arrested for saying, are you fired up yet? And then he said, where it gets even worse. That's the revolution of 1776 right there. We're in about 1774. We're getting there. We're getting there. Talking about revolution. We're getting there. Are you fired up? We're going to go after these people. This kind of violent. It's not violent at all. Imagery. And this kind. Completely protected speech. Kind of supercharged language is in and of itself not a crime. There, there is nothing that prevents Steve Bannon from saying this. His statements are definitely not illegal. 
The problem is Steve Bannon is not an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. He is much like Mitch McConnell. He's an evil genius. Um, evil, but a genius. And Steve Bannon understands how to use his words carefully. Trump does it a lot of times. Sometimes he's a little more overt, but this is all they have to do. We throw out this coded language every now and then. We make sure that people are fired up and then we hint at revolution. We're not calling for a revolution. I'm just comparing this moment to a previous revolution and saying that we're, we're close to that because that's all I have to say. They, meaning the MAGA supporters, the Make America Great Again hat owners, they interpret it the rest of the way. Just like Donald Trump's attacks on, on the judges that have now led to death threats and, of course, arrests. Bullshit. He doesn't have to call for the death of her. He doesn't have to make the threats. Did he just say Donald Trump's death threats? Hold on a second. That. Because that's all I have to say. They, meaning the MAGA supporters, the Make America Great Again hat owners, they interpret it the rest of the way. Just like Donald Trump's attacks on, on the judges that have now led to death threats. Oh, and his attacks on the, okay. Of course, arrests. He doesn't have to call for the death of her. He doesn't have to make the threats. He just points out how horrible these people are. They're well, so they are horrible. They're horrible people. So mean to me. They're so bad to me. They're, they're horrible. They're corrupt. They are corrupt. People. And yeah, the, the whole idea here is they want to outlaw criticism of the regime. That's basically the bottom line. You can't criticize the regime. His supporters say, aye, aye, Captain, I'll take it from here. Totally made up. And that is exactly what Steve Bannon knows. And that is why- Oh, Steve Bannon knows the made up thing, does he? Okay, gotcha. Steve Bannon uses language like that because he doesn't have to say the bad things. He doesn't have to imply the bad things. He knows that a keyword here and a keyword there is all it takes to get those supporters to do something crazy, bullshit, stupid, and dangerous. And he gets to keep his hands clean because he didn't actually tell them to do it. What a dumb testicle. Oh, here we go. Mental health expert warns about Trump's mental state. According to a recent interview between oh, yeah. Salon.com contributor and a good friend of mine, by the way, Ch Chauncey DeVega. Chauncey DeVega. Of course, the sanest of them all, <clears throat> meaning the craziest motherfucker out there. One of the craziest motherfuckers out there. And a mental health expert, a psychiatrist, Dr. Mark Goldston. Oh, Dr. Goldston says that I'm sure Dr. Goldston is very credible. Donald Trump is currently suffering from yes. something called impotent rage. Oh yeah. And no, it has nothing to do with actual impotence, but it has to do with the fact that right now, Donald Trump is freaking out and lashing out mm. because he is effectively powerless as a person. He is impotent because he has no power to stop all of the horrible things that continue to pile up on top of him. And that is causing him to enter into this, you know, crazy state of rage, basically. 
here is what, again, psychiatrist Dr. Mark Goldston in a conversation with Salon.com's Chauncey DeVega, this is what Dr. Goldston had to say. One of the things Trump cannot tolerate is feeling powerless or helpless, which triggers something called impotent rage. That is the rage of powerlessness, and the more powerless and now imperiled he feels, the greater his rage. Think of it this way. I think this is the best analysis to really kind of encapsulate Donald Trump's mental state. Say you've got a, a wild animal, a small wild animal that's gotten into your house and you're trying to get it out. So you back that animal into a corner, right? You're sitting there, you've got a, you know, pot and pan as a shield and you got a, you know, net to kind of catch it in. And at that point, that animal that is incapable of, you know, actual reason, they're looking at this and they know there's this big monster there. They have these things. I, I am not as big as this monster. I am terrified. And that is when, you know, a, a cornered rat or a raccoon is going to go into this frenzy. And that is effectively what we are seeing right now with Donald Trump. He is that raccoon that accidentally got into the house or intentionally got into the house. And now he's backed into a corner. He doesn't know what to do. He might be rabid. We don't know. <laughs> and he's freaking out. And we're just trying to get the raccoon out of the house. But the raccoon has other plans in mind. The raccoon wants to attack. The raccoon wants to inflict as much damage as possible because the raccoon believes that it will be the victim of as much damage as possible. You see what I'm saying? That, again, you know, I, I'm boiling it down into kind of layman's terms compared to what the psychiatrist said. But the problem is, the overarching problem, is that Trump's rage is not just with him, okay? His rage spreads like a fire through his supporters. And we have already seen this happen. The woman this past week. Again, it's like every video is about demonizing Trump supporters and pretending that they're a violent threat that needs to be dealt with. It's incredible. Arrested for threatening to murder Judge Chutkin. And There's plenty of leftists that have done shit like that. And Democratic Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. And according to the phone message she left, every Democrat in D.C., the entire LGBTQ community. We have seen Trump supporters dox the grand jurors. They're total bullshit. They're now getting death threats. Total they're threatening Fonnie Willis. They're threatening Alvin Bragg. They're threatening the judges. They are the ones who are the tools of Donald Trump's rage. Yeah, it's Rwanda radio, man. It's, it's, they're all like this. It's just wild. Because Trump himself knows that he can't go out there and do these things. It's only going to create more problems for him. But he doesn't have to. Because even though he's that scared... Do you ever think you'd, like, grow up and be part of a group that was demonized like this? Like, this is wild. Like, like... It, certainly, they're not, like, putting us in camps and putting us on trains yet. But, like, this is some shit to experience. It's really... It's not something I ever thought... I would experience. It's like uh, I, I halfway expect to walk around and see signs and the, them depicting us as animals in the in the in like propaganda posters, depicting us like rats or something. This is where where this is headed. Now there are different circumstances in this country that I do think will prevent the worst from happening. Uh, you know, we're a very heavily armed country, so I think that they know. 
that they can't fuck around. Same with like the trying to forcefully inject people with the vaccine. I think they know that would not work. Um, so, but you know, if we didn't have that, I think we'd probably be in camps already. Raccoon hiding in the corner, you know, lashing out. He knows that the other raccoons that we don't see behind us are about to pounce and they're gonna rip us to shreds. That's what Donald Trump does. So this rage is not only a way of him dealing with emotions that he doesn't know how to handle, the rage is also a signal to his base that I need help and you're the only ones who can help me. Yeah, by voting, retard. We saw what they did on January 6th. We've seen li- they did. What did they do on January 6th? Uh, uh, several of them were murdered. Okay. Uh, and, and what else? Little incidents since then as well. Like what? The rage isn't just for him. It's a message to all of his supporters. And that is why that rage is so dangerous and should be considered a threat to this very country. So it's a threat to the country that Donald Trump disagrees with the indictments. Here's the... Uh, a shop owner in California was sadly gunned down at the end of last week after a man showed up at her store, uh, a store that was located in Cedar Glen, California. It's called Magpie Clothing. Let me guess. He's going to take this one story and he is going to apply it to Trump supporters to make yet another video about how Trump supporters are the most dangerous people in the country. She had a a pride flag outside of her store. According to members of the community, she was a very, very strong ally of the LGBTQ community. She had nine kids in a blended family and some hate-filled, bigoted, domestic terrorist went to her shop pissed off about the pride flag. They had a, an argument according to the reports and he shot her dead because she had a pride flag outside of her, the, the outside of the business that she owned. Now she's dead. So is the goddamn Trump shooter. He died not long after in a con- Donald Trump killed two people. Do you believe that? I can't believe it. And all supporters did too. Confrontation with the police where things became violent. And that also, by the way, is a shame. I didn't want that man to be killed by the police. I mean, let's be honest, I have no sympathy that he was killed by police, but I didn't want him to be killed by police. I wanted him to go through the justice system. He should have been able to have been held accountable. We should have gotten that kind of closure from stories like this because it's not enough for the family of that woman who was killed. They're still reeling from the shock of this and they're not going to get to have that closure of going into that courtroom and watching this man get convicted. They're not going to have the... Cl- well, I mean, some of them might want him dead. I would, I would want him dead. Uh, I would be like, good, he got what he deserved. I'm not trying to go into a courtroom and have the guy... Fuck that shit. I would rather the cops just take him out. If, like, some lunatic killed a family member, and you're asking me would I rather go through a court process and 
or the cops just blow him away. I'll take the blow him away option. I'm uh, that's fine with me. Fuck that guy. Of walking into a courtroom and watching him get sentenced to life behind bars. I don't like. I I, I mean I can't speak. He seems to be very comfortable speaking on behalf of victims of violent crime. I have I have no idea what that would be like. So I don't know. Maybe there are some of them that would rather go through the court process. I have no idea. But he seems certain that they all would agree with him. Knowing that for the rest of his days, he will never step outside of a prison ever again. That's justice. I think eye for an eye is justice, pretty much. But it, you know, it's, it really depends. It's if, if it's your family member, it's your call, basically. Kind of. They don't get that to happen. They don't get a trial now. Why would you need a trial? <laughs> they don't get to hear. They got this guy dead to rights. This is not even a debatable issue. Why this man took their mother away. Why this man took their spouse away. Why would you ask? You would want to. I don't. I'm not interested in his answer for that. Took their child away. The only conversation I would ever want to have with a person that killed a family member, the only question I would have is, how bad does this hurt? <clears throat> and then, you know, he would be being tortured or something like that. Not that I would want to do that. I'm just saying, if you're saying that I have to have an interaction with him, I would rather be driving a nail through his hand in a chair saying, how much does this hurt, motherfucker? Rather than being like, why did you do that? I don't care why you did it. I don't care if it was because you're a cold-blooded killer or you're a crack addict. I'm not it. I don't really give a shit about that. Like I said, follow the rules and regulations of your municipality. Uh, and, and if someone kills your family, make sure it's legal in your area to torture the person that murdered your family, if you care about such a thing. But um, what kind of fucking bullshit is this? You're just assuming that they all want to? And I'm only speaking for myself with what I would want. I, another person, you know, if it happened to you, then you, you certainly, whatever you want to do. It's your decision. He's just answering. They just answer for everyone with every conceivable subject. So now if you're the victim of violent crime, he is telling you what you would want to do and what you should do. It's incredible. The family doesn't get to hear that. Not that that makes it better. Well, then what's the point? But that is a part of the closure. Is it? That this family is now forever denied. So as I said, this sounds like leftist propaganda to get people to forgive the people that harm their families. Now, look, I understand. And there's a difference between like religion or a person's moral code that might allow them to forgive someone that did something horrendous to them. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is a very specific tactic from AIDS commies. A lot of time used, particularly uh, uh, with white people who have had family uh, uh, that's been harmed by migrants or, you know, non-white people. Like in, in, I think, Germany was the last... I, I mean, there's so many of these. I don't even remember the, the last one, but... Um, what country it was but the whole so so you'll have like uh let's say you get a migrant rapes a 
a, a German family's daughter, and uh, uh, and there's this oh, or, or no no wasn't there I think yeah there was a, a shooting I think in America recently. Black perpetrator killed a white person, and yeah there was this whole thing on the news. It was I think it was a local news story, and but you've seen this a lot where they 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 focus on what's the number one priority in that situation forgiving the murderer forgiving the murderer now a white murderer you could have a white murderer from 1865 you're responsible for that white guy you're responsible for slavery okay however if in 2023, a non-white person murders a, a family member. Oh, you have to forgive immediately. So, yeah, that's what this sounds like. Now, I would say it's your call completely what you do as a family, whether you forgive or not. That That is not my business, and I am not involved in that in any way. And I have no comment on it because I, I can only comment on what I would do in my own situation. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it is. Um, but, yeah. That's what this sounds like from him. Ed, I didn't want this man to be killed by police. I wish he hadn't been. But here's the part that we all have to pay attention to about this story. This hateful rhetoric... Yeah, it's got to be. There's only two minutes left in the video, and he hasn't demonized Trump supporters, so he's got to do it here. That we see coming solely from Republicans... Bang, there it is. ...and those on the you right. You knew it was coming. Against the LGBT community. Right. What is hateful rhetoric? Any criticism that they don't like? Not wanting homosexuals to groom your children. Community, excuse me. This is what it begets. No, that's total bullshit. This is what it does. No, it doesn't. That's totally made up. Angry, hateful rhetoric leads to violence. Uh, bullshit, and it's not angry, hateful rhetoric. It is people who are trying to protect their children, who are very reasonably speaking out against total insanity. You don't believe me? How no, I don't. But you just look up human history. That's retarded. You're being retarded. When one group becomes vilified. Right, like you're doing with Trump supporters. Above all others. And that one group is suddenly to blame for all the horrible things that happen in that country. No one's blaming uh, LGBT for all of the bad things happening. That's made up. They become the targets. And Republican politicians, little pipsqueak right-wing pundits, they're putting targets on all these people. Total lie. The members of the community themselves their allies, their businesses, every single Republican politician and pundit out there is taking a big target and setting it upon them. So now we're all setting targets on people. Saying, these are the enemies. Go right. do what you want. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that every day nonstop with Trump supporters. They don't have to encourage any other, in any other way, excuse me, than they already have telling people that these are horrible human beings. They're groomers. Some of them are groomers, and some of them are horrible human beings. They want to hurt your kids. They want to Some of them want to hurt their kids. Indoctrinate your kids. Some of them want to indoctrinate the kids. For some people, that is all the push they need.
be lied to about just a handful of little things and they suddenly become vigilantes out there to kill people because some right-wing politician or pundit told him these people were evil. They bullshit. had no evidence to back up the claims that these people were evil. They're also bullshit. Never is. Uh, again, you just claim that. <sighs> but they don't need evidence. Ring of fire. Yeah, nonstop. There was a, uh, just every video. Every video is about how dangerous Trump and his supporters are. It is wild. It's fucking wild, man. And, and we're not even... It's like the very beginning of election season. This is going to be... It's. I'm telling you, this is going to be... Unreal. All right, Cooper Sees the Truth says, uh, There may be good and bad mercury for you. However, I highly doubt that. But one thing I can guarantee you of is that any naturally occurring form of mercury, like what's in tuna is one million times more likely to be safer than the mercury that Anthony Mangala cooked up in his laboratory. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and the, this real Fauci book. I, I've not read it. I've heard multiple people uh, talk about the, the book after they've read it, and they, they've said similar things in that it made them so fucking angry. Now, I know some of the stories from the book, like with the orphans. That was That's sick shit that they did to those kids. So I, I understand, you know, why they're angry. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and it's banned in a lot of places, that book. And I, Although you can get it on Amazon. But I think Barnes & Noble and a bunch of other places have banned it. It's a hell of a thing. Cooper also says, I think depositing commies to Antarctica... Until sun eating is possible is the best solution, since they'll freeze and remain frozen, preventing their pollution of the atmosphere. That's true, because that's that's you can't have commies polluting the atmosphere. That's going to be no good. And the North Pole is a no go, because they because uh, they'd uh, bother and give Santa AIDS. Yeah, you can't have that. You can't have that. Got to keep Santa pure. Yeah. Wonder if the thing is down in Antarctica. Have them deal with the thing. Oh, oh, you know what though? That wouldn't be good because the thing, it kind of like morphs into whatever it hosts. You can't have the thing become a commie. That's no good. The thing has to be whatever the fuck it is. You can't have the thing be a commie. So we'll leave the thing alone. That's a hell of a movie. That holds up too. I, I saw that again not too long ago. It holds up. I was a little surprised. They, they, they really did a good job with that one. Soundtrack was very good. Very dark and eerie. Gritty. There's a good grit to that movie. I think that's why I like it. Same with the first Aliens. There's a good grit to that movie too. Just like filthy. It just seems filthy and dirty and, and dark. I like that. Same with Hellraiser. Hell, especially Hellraiser 2. What was the scene on the mattress? That was so filthy. <laughs> I was like, this movie is awesome. Hellraiser 2. I think that's my favorite one, actually. Although the first one was great. Th uh, I, 3, I remember when I saw 3 in like 90... I think I'm, I'm getting the time right. I remember watching it on cable at my buddy's grandmother's house in like 95. I think that sounds about right. Because I think it came out in 93, if I'm right about that. 
remember when I saw it then, I I liked it. When I saw it recently, it's, it's a little corny. It's a little corny. And it's kind of like the club scene, and they're like cutting people's heads off with CDs. And I was like, this is a little, a little corny. But whatever, it's fine. After the first two, you can you can be corny. That's okay. Um, where, where was I? Oh yeah, Streamlabs. Okay. Oh, is there supposed to be a new Hellraiser show? The problem is, any of these shows are most likely going to suck. You know, it's a shame they got this new Star Wars show, and I did see. So one of the trailers I saw was Total Aids. There was this other trailer I saw was not bad. Now, I think the show's going to suck. But the lightsaber battle uh, w that was going on between three people was... I was like, this is pretty good. Um, the problem is... so, And, I, and I'm, I haven't seen it, so maybe I'm wrong about how this is all going to go down. But so, you have this character, Ahsoka, who's a woman... She's like an orange woman with eyes. She's like an alien. But she's a woman, right? Okay. Now, I had no problem with this character. This character was in Clone Wars. I liked Clone Wars, actually, even though it was a cartoon. I thought... I, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, th I thought it was fine. Um, I have a very low... But that's the thing with Star Wars. Like, I am easy to please with Star Wars, okay? Uh, as long as you're not full-blown cringe aides like Episode One with Jar Jar Binks, who was the worst character ever. Um, but even that movie has some qualities, like the lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. That's, a, that's amazing. I always thought that was great. So anytime I decide to watch the entire trilogy, I only acknowledge the six movies and, and Rogue One. Um, I will just start... Um, episode one at the uh at the end okay but episode two i'm not saying it was a good movie but i i i liked it i i'm just being honest i liked it um was it the best star wars movie ever no but it, i i was okay with it episode three i thought it was pretty good okay not it wasn't empire strikes back or anything but okay so just to understand my threshold is very low so anyway so i can buy Ahsoka being a Jedi that kicks ass. I can buy that, okay? So what you already have is a show with an established female character that whips ass, okay? Now, what you do not need in this show are more women like that. Well, what I saw in the trailer that was AIDS is you have Ahsoka fucking people up with the lightsabers, these white lightsabers. That looks pretty cool. And then you have these classic AIDS leftist characters. There's one with white eyes, a woman, and this other Asian woman. And the way they're talking, it is the classic modern-day full-blown leftist AIDS characters. These Mary Sues that destroy everyone. They even did it in, uh, I think, Mandalorian. Uh, first two seasons were decent. But that redhead chick, she was like too over the top she's just I, I didn't really think she was a good actress but it's the same thing and i think now i didn't see it season three because i heard it was total aids but apparently does she save him or something that she becomes the hero i read that i don't know if that's true so you're you're already going to destroy this show by having too many fucking mary mary sue women when you already have one that you based on the story in the past 
you could sell that Osoka was very skilled and very good because she's a Jedi and she's she was trained by Anakin Skywalker. So you don't need. Why would you fuck this up with more women? Okay, it's it's just ridiculous. So anyway, I haven't seen it, but I think it's going to be totally. It's, I hope I'm wrong because it's a shame. The source material is so incredible. How do you fuck up Star Wars? How do you fuck up Star Wars? Not only have they fucked up Star Wars, they have fucked it up in unimaginable ways. Absolutely crazy. Those, what was it, six, seven, and eight? No, 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 wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, no, seven, eight, and nine, right? Six is uh, Return of the Jedi, right? No, that's fine. I, I like Return of the Jedi. But yeah, Force Awakens. Oh my God. How do you fuck that movie up? crazy commies they just ruin everything it's really it's a sad state of affairs okay all right let's see where are we here okay all right turd whisperer says dude hb i sat on the toilet after eating a hearty meal full of fiber Besides taking my daily fiber oils, I sat down on the shitter and wrestled my toilet for five hours straight. And in the end one, when I shot out a turd so fat it looked like a softball. Now that sounds like a hell of a thing. Hopefully you flushed quickly because if you don't, you run the risk of the turd, at least according to the first episode of Turd Talk. I don't know how authoritative Turd Talk is. But anyway, I mean, I'm a fast flusher, so I don't even worry about it. But if you're not a fast flusher, according to Turd Talk, you uh, you run the risk of the turd uh, somehow spiritually taking over you and and, and possessing you. So you got to watch out for that. Something like that's got to be true. All right. So the SL. Okay, I don't know what happened here. Was this a breaking news submission? It's SLIDO4. C64EF and it's blank. I don't even know how I would identify this individual because I don't think that's... Is is that what they put in the numbers if you leave it blank? Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. So if you think you sent that, um, I guess uh, send an email and let me know what you had in mind there. Um... Horatio Nelson says, please use First Link as 420 bumper tonight. We're, we're doing 420 next, next uh, we're going to start it next Tuesday. Um, but I'll put all these in the queue. No problem. Horatio Nelson says, remember the Farron knows what he's talking about. He's just a linguistic bullshitter. Weasel word fucker. He is a lawyer after all. He would make a perfect politician being able to lie right into the camera. Lie by omission. Classic court technique. Yeah, he's... He pretends, uh, the way he does his bio, he pretends that he's a lawyer. He'll be like, uh, what is he, he, what was it like, editor of uh, Lawfare magazine or some bullshit like that? It's ridiculous. Rachel Nelson says, uh, U.S. DOD Army moves to domestic policing role as the war has moved to the home field. The threats we face today aren't the threats of 20 years ago. 
The fight has moved to combating domestic extremists influenced by foreign misinfo. So this is, yeah, they're coming after Americans for protected speech. That's what's going on. That's what that means. Man, who... To think that you are in a country where your military and government is going to war against you because of your memes and opinions. That is not something I had on my life bingo card. That is not something I had on my life bingo card. I don't know what the fuck. That's just, it's just wild. It is completely wild. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, there you go. This is, that's what the article's about. So, yeah, they're, they're, you can already see, I mean, they're, they're storming people's houses already. So what are they going to do? They're going to do it with the military too? Not just the FBI? Yeah, they're going to do something for the election. They're going to do something crazy for the election. Wow. Okay, one second here. Why is this loading? I didn't need it to load again. Okay, still loading all day. All day, still loading. I didn't even hit refresh. It just decided to load. Almost there. Here we go. Okay. All right, here we go. Next one. Images included in the article of female military police unit taking down domestic extremists in schools, stores, warehouses, campuses, and homes. Ruby Ridge was 23 years ago. By the way, most blue states moving to hire illegals as troopers slash Metro PD by 24. Yeah, I think that's another indicator. Um, yeah, I mean, look at the propaganda. Just... Based on tonight, look at the propaganda that we went over. Um, it does seem like they're just trying to set it up where they can just arrest us all. But can they arrest us all? They can arrest some of us. But all? I don't know. I don't know, man. This is wild. This is just wild to see. Holy shit, man. Well, what are you going to do? This is, this is the hand you're dealt. It is what it is. You're living in a country taken over by communists. You're living in the greatest country on earth. And then it gets taken over by communists. And then they decide that you are the enemy. And then they point the power of the government inward against against you. It is a, it's a hell of a thing. All right, well, hopefully uh, Trump can win and figure this out. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. You never know. Maybe it's not that bad, though. Maybe there's something in my perception that's off. Hopefully. Ian's Network says there's a lot of genocide talk from them tonight. Yeah, they're really... This was, and, it's, and it's election season, and there's all these... And Trump is going to keep... It's almost like... Are they setting this up to try to get Trump to shut up? They're going to go after his supporters? And, and so every time Trump criticizes Ass Willis, they'll, like, raid some houses and be like, See, Trump, look what you did. Maybe. Who knows? All right. Very good. All right. That's the end of the stream. Uh, next. Well, okay. Next new stream is Thursday. Tomorrow, I'm going to cover the uh, Trump interview and then the uh, debate. I want to see. I want to see if DeSantis can take out Vivek because I'm not convinced of that. I think Vivek versus DeSantis is going to be interesting. And I, 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 uh, I think Vivek might pull it off.
we'll see. But we'll I'll cover that. I what I'm hoping is the Trump interview will air at the exact time of the debate. Uh, I I want Trump to suck all the air out of that room. That would really be fantastic. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully Tucker gives a good uh, interview. And uh, but yeah, we'll we'll watch. Uh, We'll watch the debate, and it's going to be interesting to see what Rumble does. So I believe Rumble has the online rights to the debate, okay? So Fox has it for TV. Rumble has it for the debate. Are they going to allow content creators to cover it live? That is going to be fascinating to watch. We'll see. I have no idea. So, yeah, I'm not sure what time it's going to be, 7, 8, whenever it starts, but we'll cover that. And also there should be a soft gentleman stream tomorrow. Okay, very good. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for.